If you want to rock and roll, you can go down and rock and roll. You can go see Kiss, and you rock and roll all your way down the pit. Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. Well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Signal of Doom. I'm Dave and I'm here with Aaron the Head Moss. Aaron, how are you? Doing good, Dave. How are you doing, man? I'm fantastic and it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. I know you from, I jumped on board um, listening to your Real American Headcast um, G.I. Joe uh, um, show, which I thoroughly recommend. Um how how long have you been doing that, man? How long has that been going? Um, well, I've been podcasting all together for about five, six years now. Okay. I started my GI Joe show is probably my third show I started. Wow! So you're quite prolific, aren't you? Which I didn't realize. You've got a whole network. Is it called the Headcast Network? Is that it? It's, yeah, it's called the Headcast Network, mm. and it's all shows that I'm doing, or there's a couple of shows me and the wife, the wife and I are doing. See, you've got your wife involved. See, my girlfriend doesn't read comics, does no interest, actually has an active disinterest in being on the mic with me. Um, I think she finds the whole thing just appalling. Um, how did you rope your wife in? Was she always kind of into this stuff, or was it after you got married, or what was the story? Uh, well, she's always been kind of geeky. Right. Not as much as me, of course, but she's always been, you know, we worked together originally. Gotcha. In an company. And so, you know, I when. Right when we first met, I'd said something about, you know, uh, oh, my stars and garters. Yep. She looked at me, she's like, all right, Hank McCoy. Okay. And then, wow. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, uh, look, and by no means do people have to be geeks, but that is, that's someone, you, you flashed the geek card and she's gone, I recognize that, and she's flashed her own. That's it. You know, it's exchange <laughs> yeah, of information. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, she, she's not a big fan of podcasts. She doesn't listen to them, but sure. we were talking one day and she, uh, I even forget how it came up, but she said she wanted to give it a try, and she wanted to talk about uh, Quantum Leap. Yes. Yep. Cool. Oh, and you've got you've got a Quantum Leap show, don't you? Is that right? Yes. Yeah, it's one of the ones that me and her, that her and I do. What What's that called? It's called the Starbright Project. Okay, because I and you cover because we are going to bring this up in the in the news because ironically, my girlfriend was a massive fan of the original Quantum Leap. I wasn't. But we've made the couple show the new one that's just started. Yes. So yes. that's a couple show for us. So I'm 100% up to date, man. Um, so we can get into that. So, and you've only just recently started this Starlight podcast, yeah? Um, I started a year or two ago, but we've had some delays. Okay. And the show's kind of changed from the original conception. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want me to talk about that now or when we talk about Quantum Leap, whichever. But yeah, yeah. But, uh, originally, it started out as, like I say, uh, me and hers, the re- or her and I is the reverse of you and your girlfriend. Right. I was a Quantum Leap fan. I watched it when it first came out. Yep. Uh, I'd watch it whenever I caught it on reruns. Mm. I bought the Blu-ray. Wow. So I'm a big fan. So you've, su- you've supported it from the get-go. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was like episode, uh, I forget now, six or seven of the first season. My yep. mom, I was living at home at the time. Uh, I was 18, 19 when it first came out. How many seasons of the original? Is it five? There was five seasons of the cool. original series, okay, and then cool. there's the new season, which a lot of us refer to as season six. Gotcha. Uh, well, we can jump into this right now. So, like, um, 
I, I do want to say, so is it Starlight or Star Bright podcast? Star Bright. Star Bright. Star Bright. Star Bright. Thank you for, for that clarification and check that out. Um, yes, that came from uh, Scott, uh, I'm sorry, Sam Beckett before he started the Quantum Leap Project was working on a project called the Star Bright Project, which kind of right. led into the Quantum Leap Project that got him leaping through time. So that's where I got the name from. Okay. Now, um, in terms of obviously we're like five issues in five episodes into the new one, which I think we'll, we'll, we'll save that for deeper in the show, but just reflecting on the original. See, unfortunately for me, I, I like, I saw it in the worst possible conditions. Like I was a fan of all the stuff around it, very sliders, you know, a lot of stuff, X-Files, you know, a lot of shows in that genre. But unfortunately for me, whenever I saw Quantum Leap, I was pretty baked in the 90s, whenever that came on. And I always thought it seemed really cheesy, but I didn't give it a chance, you know? Right. And, it, like, it, it was kind of, at least in my memory, played for laughs quite a bit. Am I wrong, wrong in saying that? I wouldn't say it was played for laughs. I mean, there was... And, uh, again, that's one difference between the previous show and the current show. Mm. Uh, there was more humor in the other show. Yeah, uh, and you know what? I was, like, I'll be brutally honest with listeners, I was pretty stoned when I saw it. So I, I wasn't seeing it, like, you know, nice and clear, objective viewer. I was, it was kind of a, a late night, you know what I mean? Like, tension was down. Um, things were blurry, Aaron, Aaron. You know what I'm saying, man? And, like... It came on, and I was kind of like, "Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know." But, um, but with that said, this new show has kind of made me reevaluate, and uh, I'm like, I'm enjoying the new show, frankly. And I, I, it actually really is similar to the original. But what I was wondering is, in the original, am I right in saying he could only go back inside his own lifetime, but there is an episode where he goes back to like the civil war or something. Is that right? Yeah. The, the whole uh, original project was uh, Sam could leap in his own lifetime. As he describes it, it's like, imagine your life's a string. Yep. If you loop the ends together, you've got a circle. Mm-hmm. If you bought this, the, each transit touch, you could leap back and forth in your own lifetime. And so uh, right. there was an episode where he leapt further. Well, actually there's an episode where him and, Al switched places and Al leapt back uh-huh. further and then they switched back. And then there was an episode where he leapt back into like his great, great grandfather, some of that effect. Which was a civil war time, wasn't it? Or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, okay. So they kind of already sort of slightly broken enough. Whereas in this new one, I believe he can just leap whenever. Can't yeah. He? And that's what they explained in episode two or three Yeah, is that, um, he, uh, him and Al's daughter have been doing some side work on it mm. and they made some changes to the programming, which allows them to go further back than his own lifetime. Okay. Now, um, just moving away from Quantum Leap at, the, at this point in time, um, we always ask uh, our, our guests when they come on the show, a very simple question uh, for you, Aaron, Betty or Veronica, which one, which one do you go with, man? If given the option. <sighs> I'm gonna say Betty. Yeah, Betty. She she gets a lot of votes, man. Like in fairness to Betty, Veronica certainly gets her fair share, but Betty is pretty bankable, frankly, in terms of how people. Chuck Dixon made a great comment: Veronica to date, Betty to marry. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah much like with uh, Gilligan's Island, I, I prefer Mary uh, Mary Ann because again, she's more wholesome, more yeah, yeah, sure. The girl you want to keep compared to yeah, Veronica and 
ginger are. Uh, you know, it'd be fun for a night or two, but. <laughs> yeah, they sure would. <laughs> High maintenance <laughs> for a long term. So. Oh, yeah, 100%. Now, another thing, and I'm kind of, uh, Rich can't be with us, uh, listeners. If you're waiting for Rich to tune in, he will not be with us. He's at work today. But um, uh, Rich is very familiar with my obsession with aliens and aliens inside history. Um, I'm kind of convinced there was a crash landing in 48. And um, where are you on the alien question? Um, Where are you on the birthing chambers and the pyramids, uh, alien infiltration in history? Are you a believer or not a believer in this kind of stuff? Uh, My masters tell me I shouldn't comment on that. (laughs) (laughs) We got a live one here. (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I believe that there's a possibility. I mean, out of all the billions of stars out there and all the billions of planets, yeah, why is ours the only one that has life? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Only reason I, I kind of don't know if there is alien life or that came to Earth. Yes. Is looking at Earth and, uh, again, I'm in America, so looking at our previous presidents, if we're dumb enough to vote him for president, I don't see aliens wanting to come to this planet. But that's my own <laughs> <laughs> I see. Well, uh, like, even though I am a believer, obviously, in alien um, alien life for me is not even a question. Of course, in the universe, there'd be other planets. But contact with uh, our planet requires a technology far, far in advance of what we've currently got um, that we know about. But um, I don't know, man. I just sometimes... I don't know with me, man. I just... I really feel... It, there's been some crash landings and some reverse engineering of tech and stuff. You know, I just, I just feel it, man. And I don't know if I'm a believer, but I, I believe there's a possibility. Yeah, yeah. I'm along well, the leaning towards. We'll take yeah, that. <laughs> we'll, we'll take that. That's better than rich. Yeah. So look, we're going to take your vote as a maybe. Uh, I'll take maybe as a yes. The op- absolute opposite of what my mother's maybes were as a child. Maybe was no, uh, but I'll take maybe as yes. Um, which is better than Rich, who's a hard no and just refuses to believe. I sometimes think just to annoy me, you know, like just to frustrate me, basically. Um, now, in terms of the headcast, Aaron, you've obviously got the Starbright Project. You've got the Real American Headcast, which I can't say enough good things about the G.I. Joe one. Anything else on the headcast that people should know about? Well, yeah, headcast Network is the network for all my shows. My main show that I originally started everything was called, it's called Head Speaks. Gotcha. That's where I talk about anything geeky in general yep. uh, right now covering the power of the atom series. Okay, cool. And then whatever else movies, TV, whatever comes up and catches my eye. I've got a, uh, task force X, which looks at the, uh, Ostinger suicide squad run and cool. the Paul Kupperberg checkmate books from cool. the nineties. We did, um, Paul Kupperberg's peacemaker on the show, the mini series a while ago. It's actually very nice. That was great. That was a great book. Also. I loved it. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I hate the HBO series just because it's so far afield. I uh, see. I love the HBO, but it, it's so different. Like it's just so different. Like yes, that's what I don't like. It was a different character, a different name, maybe. But yeah, it, it's just so far from what Paul did. And when, again, Peacemaker was a, a big character in Checkmate, and so yeah, he's to- and Vigilante's totally different, also. So mm. speaking of Checkmate, um, I've I've not read it, but I know of it. Um, what did you think of the Greg Rucker Checkmate, like in the two thousands? Have you read that? Yeah, yeah, I read again. I'm I'm a sucker. I'm uh, I'm addicted to comics. So yeah, I read that one. Uh, I it was enjoyable. I mm. didn't like it as much as what Paul was doing because mm. Paul kind of kind of kept it as a uh, more humans, I guess, just regular humans mm. doing it. Where Rucka kind of combined the meta and the 
human into it. Yeah, so. there was both. It was interesting. I, I've read a bit of it, and I thought it was pretty interesting. It was um, enjoyable. It just to me, it wasn't quite as good as what Paul did. Just yeah. again, because it's not Paul's work. But <laughs> have you have you had Paul Kupperberg on the show? Because I'm trying to get him on it's, Signal, actually. Yes, yeah, so I'm actually I'm friends with him on Facebook, and I had Excellent. him on my uh, show early on. Oh, yeah, he seems like a lovely guy, and so much right. knowledge and history and. I listen to John Sumter's word balloon a lot, and he comes on there. And in fact, I was just listening to an episode he did today, and um, you know, just so much. I, I just I I love people who were there, who have the stories. He's made a real effort to find stories out. Like he's just so much information, which I love. You know. Oh yeah, no, yeah, he's a great guy. Like I said, I'm, I'm friends with him on Facebook, and cool. yeah, I talked to him the once. Yeah, he's a great guy. Excellent. Well, hopefully, uh, he'll come on Signal Doom at some point. Um, and so there's the main show, which was what's it called? Head Space. Head Speaks. Head Speaks. I like it, man. Like this, you've got this whole moniker of the head. I like it, dude. You, you almost should have like a um, graphic just of your head floating, like Modoc style. Yeah, what it is is my uh, that's my nickname for forty right. some odd years. Wow, the head. And yeah. I, what it was is I, I'm very, as I say, as a kid, I was very forgetful, but I still am. Right. So my friends started calling me Airhead. Gotcha. Eventually got shortened down to Head. <laughs> and so yeah, Head, Brother Head. <laughs> brother Head. I love Brother Head, man. That's good. <laughs> so that's why I started Head Speaks. You know, it was basically me speaking. Yeah. And uh, then I, the next show I started was the, I'm trying to remember now, Task Force X. Yeah, that's a good one. And then I started the uh, – next show I have is uh, – I forget which one I started first. But I have the Starman – well, it used to be called the Starman Manhunter Adventure Hour. Right. It's covering the Will Payton Starman and the Mark Shaw Manhunter books. Wow, so really specific. Like yeah. um, Will Payton, is he the 90s Starman? Yeah, right? he, he, before, uh, late, before James Robinson, I mean, yeah? Yes, yeah, yeah. late yeah. 80s, early 90s. Yeah, okay. that, that's my – area like i've talked about before to me the golden age of comics like from 1985 or so uh-huh. until 1995 wow yeah well it's a strong strong period um wow and is that it is that all the shows that's a lot of shows and i've got my gi joe Roe american head cast it, it started as a, a monthly show where yep. i cover the original comic and car- we started talking about the comic yes and then one of the guys i was, I was on my show mentioned the com- cartoons so we started covering the cartoon also love the cartoon as well and i started a secondary show for that called bravo team where we talk about anything else gi joe related yes whether it's movies or toys or and that's anything. in your podcast feed that comes into my apple you know podcasts feed it's part of the gi joe feed it's the, and then i more recently i've made it now a weekly show mm. uh, the weeks where i don't have one of the two main shows uh, I met a guy online, and there's a new GI Joe role playing game out, and he asked wow. me to that. So we were playing that, and I'm recording those episodes, those sessions, and playing them as a podcast episode. Wow! So tell me about the the role playing game. How is that? Like, is it good? It's pretty fun. Yeah, no, we're enjoying it. Uh, there could be some minor tweaks. I mean, you can only make a. They've only got instructions right now on how to make a, a Joe. Mm, no cobra. Like maybe later on, do a you know make it so you can make a cobra soldier. Hell yeah! But. Yeah, our adventure takes place, uh, Eric, our game master, has said it. So, you know, G.I. Joe started in 1982, and it's gone on, and so we're 40 years later. Right, so you're deep in. So most of the retired Mm. and what have you. I was just looking, and uh, my Paul Kupperberg episode was on episode 19 of Task Force X. Awesome, I'll check it out, man, because I'd love to hear that. 
Um, speak. Look, we've got a. I mean, you, you, you and I met over the GI Joe thing, and I'm much more of a novice, but I love it. I, I, I've read quite a bit of the comics. We, we had Chuck Dixon on. We've had Chuck Dixon on many times on Signal, probably ten times. But we had um, the last time we had him on, we went pretty in depth on the Joes with him because of his his run. Um, right. man, such a good run that 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 run with Mike Costa doing Cobra and Chuck doing GI Joe. Yeah. Such a strong it. period. Yeah, I like I like that. Again, I like Larry's a little bit better just because the original stuff. Oh, you but, can't go past Larry Hummer. Like, but, I mean, yeah. yeah, he did a good job. Yeah, no, it's 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 it, and it's fun to hear the stories. And I mean, I'm I I don't know your current feelings, but I just feel like I know that IDW have lost the license. The last right. few years, IDW have been floundering with GI Joe. In my opinion, they've had writers on who who hate America. You know, which is weird to me. You know. <laughs> I, the only book I've really gotten into on IDW is the Real American Hero run that Larry is writing, which is fault, which which is perfect. That's Larry, but there was that guy I want to say I forget his name was it Aubrey someone, and he was yeah, yeah I mean he was one step away from burning the flag. I don't yeah, know what yeah a couple other books I, I'm like yeah. I tried and either the artwork wasn't that great or yeah. the writing so the writing wasn't just with it. Yeah, interesting. I saw, because um, I've been reading through the IDW collections. That's how I was reading Chuck's run, and they're on Kindle Unlimited. Uh, Max Brooks, um, who did World War Z, uh, had a G.I. Joe Hearts and Minds thing at some point um, in IDW's run, which was kind of interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that was it. There was a major blood book, and oh, it's been a while, and I forget. There was a couple of different books that oh, came out. Yeah. He, he kind of did, like, origins of uh, Joes and Cobras, you know, yeah. like uh, – or snapshots. Maybe not origins, snapshots is a better word. It was interesting. I, I, I thought it was good. I mean, Max Brooks, uh, interesting guy. I mean, Mel Brooks' son and um, did World War Z, did the Zombie Survival Guide. You know, I feel there's a bit of gas in that tank that maybe he could do a bit more, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah no, he did a good job on it. I, I enjoyed what he did. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, look. I just want to ask you, so how, how, you say you've been into comics forever, like at what age are we talking? Were you were you like a 10-year-old picking up? Were you picking them up when you were basically born or was it later? How did you get into this whole thing? How did you get? How did you make this deal with the devil, man? Well, see, I wasn't into the comic books per se when I was a kid when most people are. Sure. I'd read one or two here or there, but I didn't actually go out and buy them. Yep. I was into the, you know, the TV shows, the cartoons. I watched, you know, The Incredible Hulk, Wonder Woman, oh, Batman. Yeah. Oh yeah! Oh, you man, the Incredible Hulk show, dude. Come on. The Sp- what about the Spider-Man live-action movies? Remember those? Yeah, I mean, I watched those. The Captain America live-action shows. Okay. I watched all that. Um, so you're a kid of the '70s and early '80s, basically. Yeah, yeah. I'm 52. I was born in '69. Okay, so. So you, wow! Finally, got someone on older than me. I'm 40. I'm 48, and believe you me, every single guest I have on, other than my, some of my, you know, interview people, I'm always, you know, grandpa. But uh, thankfully, someone's finally come on who's a bit older. But so, can I just say, dude, as a kid, and I'm talking like a little kid, that Incredible right. Hulk show that blew me away. You know, yes. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's great. I think that I think that opened a lot of doors of kids' minds to the potential of the comic book characters, you know, just the characters themselves. Yeah, but yeah, I didn't actually get into buying comics until I was like seventeen. Wow! So uh, later in the pace. Yeah, when most people are like, I say most people are getting out of them. That's why I decided to get in. Well, that's exactly where girls and stuff become more of a thing for a lot of guys, you know, that's and. You At that point, I realized, you know, I'm not going to get any girls, you know, yeah. I'm overweight, I'm nerdy, I'm, you know, <laughs> hell with it, I'm not going to worry about it. I've comics full time, and actually, G.I. Joe, he started. 
I'd, I'd watch the cartoon. I was buying the toys. Yeah. And uh, I was out at lunch with my mother and her couple of her friends one day. Yeah. And I got done early, so I went next door to a uh, the market and was looking around, and I mm. saw the cover of GI Joe Fifty Eight. Okay, cool. Or Fifty Nine, I forget now. I get too confused. But it's right. the one with a Cobra Commander, new battle armor. Oh and yeah. There's someone laying on a bed behind him that says Cobra Commander Reborn. Right. And you know, I didn't know what was going on because I hadn't read the comics. I'm like, Cobra Commander, what? Is that Cobra Commander in the bed? Is he? What, what's going on? Yeah. So I did that one up to find out what's going on. And, right. and then you and were hooked. Hooked. Yeah, I went back and started buying back issues. I found a comic shop in a town nearby yeah. where I live. My town. I live, come from a small town, so we didn't actually have a comic book shop. So sure. I the next one over and buying back issues. And I'm there. I'm, I'm seeing these other books. I remember I saw Spider-Man. Uh, it was the Christmas issue in the late 80s where they show Mary Jane and Peter being kicked out. And there's a, uh, a Santa Claus ringing a bell outside. Yeah, I know. it. Yeah. The McFarlane, one of the McFarlane issues. Yeah. I saw, so I picked that one up. Uh, and I started I, Transformers. I got into, uh, again, I watched the cartoon. Sure. I picked up the Headmasters comic books because that's about when I was getting into comics. Yeah. Which led to the Transformers books. So I jumped over the Transformers, bought the back issues of that. So, yeah. So you were the, in, man. You were in. End of the 80s. I was early 90s. I was buying almost every DC and Marvel comic out there. Fuck, really? Wow. Like I, I have an addiction. How did you fund it? Like at that age, were you working or what? Yeah, I, I remember I'm 17, 18 at the time. So yeah. I had a job. Yeah. So yeah, so, like like you're working for the co- – I love it, man. Um, yeah, I, that I, would I'm have been an that. investment at the time. Have you got them all still or what? I've got a lot of them still. I've got, I've got uh, what, 35, 40 long boxes of comics. Um, sure. Some it's, I've gotten rid of over the years. And uh, have you guy, kept it up, or did you drop out at any time? Like most people walk away at a certain point, you know, and come back. In, the, uh, in two thousand, so I got was I was married in ninety three. Gotcha. No ninety two, and I was still buying comics. I got ended up getting divorced. I'm still buying comics. <laughs> uh, I love it. Yeah, you're just like fuck this. <laughs> so yeah, I'm buying comics this entire time. Um, at times, got a little so I'm like, I may not have the money, but I I ripped it up. Yeah, I found it somewhere and sure. kept comics. And then uh, I got married in 2005 for the second time, sure. and then moved to another town further away from my comic shop that I usually go to. And yeah, again, I, I've got two kids. My wife was pregnant with a third child. Sure. And so yeah, money just got too tight, so I ended up stopping buying comics and I was reading them online. Gotcha. Wow. Found places to read them, and then here more recently, I've started picking up the GI Joe books. Yeah. Um, my youngest son, he's seven now. His name's Grayson. Mm. Oh, good Grayson. So we, we bought him the Grayson comic series for him to have. And I've been picking up Nightwing for him. That's cool. That's a, so good, that's a good character and a good, you know, a great character actually, Dick Grayson. Like those, um, I tell you my favorite Nightwing is Chuck Dixon's 70 issue run. Uh, and, and Devin Grayson's not bad either right after him as well. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I like Chuck better, but yeah, Devin was right. Oh, yeah. Chuck, Chuck, Chuck's, Chuck's is yeah my favorite of the of the stuff. But Nightwing in the nineties, man, when when the Bat Office brought him back and, and Chuck was riding him, that was great guns. You know, that was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a question. So I saw, I was in the um comic store the other day, and they had a big hardcover, uh, Rise of Serpentor or something. It was it was obviously it was like a hardcover collection of Larry stuff from the eighties. I think. Yeah. Um, are you familiar with this collection? Like, was this around? Was this an eighties thing? It looked like it was. I didn't really stop to check too long. Um, yeah, if it's what I'm thinking of, yeah, they reprinted a lot of the Serpentor. 
right. stories. Yeah, mostly uh, Larry stuff. Hmm. Interesting. I, I might pick that up. Um, I, um, I've got to be honest. I've got a massive like trade and hardcover collection, and I'm kind of at that point now where you know the girlfriend's giving me a bit of grief about it, and um, you know, got to kind of bite the bullet and you know, cutbacks and uh, mostly space considerations more than anything else. And, and also yeah. the availability. I'm a big digital reader. I, 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 like, I have a huge collection, but I'm a big digital reader for the ease of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 I collect a few books just to help basically support the business. Sure. But yeah, I prefer reading them on my computer because, well, again, as I said, I'm 52. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't have 18-year-old eyes anymore. Gotcha. It gets hard yeah. <laughs> read some of the books whereas on the computer i can blow it up bigger and i hear you yeah it's the same thing when reading on kindle of of um my dad for example like you know he loves his kindle and um you know they can you can punch up the the um the text the font or whatever you call it like to make it bigger and yep. stuff i always say as long as you're reading it's as so long as you're still involved you know it's it's a pleasure if you're reading the right stuff um yeah. yeah man so yeah you big history dude in terms of in terms of your knowledge and man we you know if you ever want to do an incredible hulk show you know who to call man i've got the dvd set man of the incredible hulk show i'm i i love it i still will occasionally watch an episode every now and then just uh it takes me back to childhood you know what i mean you know i love that show i loved uh i picked up again i was picking up the whole comics in the late 80s i i loved uh uh peter david's run oh yeah 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 the and all that. I, I love that run. In fact, the professor's oh. incarnation of the Hulk for me, I think. What did you think when they did the professor in um, the Marvel movie? Because I wasn't a huge fan. Well, how did you feel it was? Honestly, and I'm a lot of people oppose me on this, but I'm not a fan of Mark Ruffalo as as the Hulk. Yeah, yeah as Banner. I, I, I like Ed Norton better. I think yeah, Ed Norton was, good. was a good Banner, and I thought his Hulk was pretty good. Yeah. So I... I I like that they tried the professor, but yeah, I, and part of it is just I don't care for Rufulio as the Hulk slash Banner. He's so, almost too friendly to me, you know. Yeah, that he just yeah he's just yeah he's not. I don't know what it is. It's very he's soft. Not, he's very soft around the edges, kind of thing. Yeah, you know. Well, and part of it to me is I, I loved Ed Norton as I love Ed Norton as an actor, but I loved right, him right. as Bruce Banner and the Hulk. So yeah. when they replaced Norton with Mark, I'm like, eh. yeah, no idea. <laughs> yeah, well, I think Norton was difficult, and I think Norton wanted a lot more creative control than Marvel would ever have given him. And you know, uh, was from what probably... I hear, he actually made the his Incredible Hulk movie what it is. Yeah, no, I agree, but they, they but he yeah. wanted to retain. I think he did a rewrite of the script or something along those lines. And um, a lot of rights on it. Yeah, I'm sure I mean, money was a factor too. You know, I'm sure. Yeah. Let's not forget. I'm sure that the numbers floating around. And um, yeah, I will say this for Ruffalo. He has been very prolific, and he, he knows the characters is bread and butter. So he's given us a lot of Hulk, really, yes. you know? Yeah. So in, in that sense, he has been a very good ambassador for the Hulk. So I give credit okay. to him. Oh, I like him. I just – I like him, but I I hear your point exactly because I think Norton brought probably a different edge to the character. Um, and if I read, yeah, Norton was a big fan of the Hulk. So he, a lot of the rewrites he did was to bring in more Hulk yeah. characteristics and more – of Bruce Banner into the show or the movie. So, yeah, but yeah, part of like I say, I heard he was hard to work with partly because of that. So, yeah, I look, I, I think some of these actors, man, are pretty big egos and you know, you know what I mean? Difficult. He, oh, yeah. did, 
he gives that difficult vibe, you know, brilliant but talented, you know, talented but difficult, Ed Norton, like kind of it just goes together. Um, <laughs> now I've got a question for you. Um, we do a lot of Superman chat on the show. I had Elliot S. Maggot on uh, a week or two ago. Are uh, you a big Superman guy? Because I know you're a big DC guy. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm for the comics. I'm more DC than Marvel. Yeah. The movie, I like the Marvel movies better. Sure. But yeah. No, I love Superman. Yeah. Have you seen Black Adam yet? Not yet. No, I, I money's a little tight this week, so I'm gonna have to wait until. <laughs> hey, what hey, are hey. we taking it day by day? <laughs> yeah. I love it, man. Yeah. You're down there on the corner. I like it. <laughs> and, um, you know, no, but seriously, I'm going to see it um, next week. So Rich and I, for listeners, will have a full review of it for next week's show, Black Adam. Rich, as usual, is death riding the movie. Rich is one of these guys, man. He always death rides the movies. Like, I, I, I feel I'm kind of, I like The Rock. I'm down for it. Like, you know, I'm sort of like, yeah, bring it, bring it on. And we do know um, that uh, Superman does turn up in the post credit scene. So that's um and I and look I don't think I'm telling anyone anything that the internet hasn't said they don't fight apparently he just says we have something to talk about or we have a lot to talk about or something and it is Cavill he does have the curl um you know the the classic Superman curl so there's that yeah see I I've got my I don't know I'm I still going to see it because again as I said I have an addiction and I love comics but sure. I I'm afraid the Rock is it going to be playing Black Adam? I think it's going to be The Rock playing The Rock. 100%. 100%, and, yeah. And as I said elsewhere, as I've talked about elsewhere on my own podcasts and on oh. Facebook, I always go on about it. I don't like when they change the race of characters. So I, I'm not liking the actor playing Hawkman. I like the actor. Sure. I don't like the black guy playing Hawkman just because in the comics, he, he's a white guy. Carter Hall. Yeah. Am I right? Yep. Yep. Carter Hall. Yeah, I hear you, man. I I get you, and the sort of race will be back in that. Look, I'm no expert, okay, but in the in the I know Hawkman has a very convoluted history. Back in Egypt, was he black? I don't know, was he or not? He was always portrayed as as white or maybe a, a very light brown in the comic. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, he was never a black guy in the comic. Yeah, look, I I hear you, and I've actually heard you say that, and I and I get it. Like Rich is the same thing. I guess part of me is I'm just I, – I, it doesn't ma- matter to me. You know, I'm just I, – look, I, I'm not – I'm sort of like, eh, like, is The Rock Middle Eastern? You no, know, he's like Pacific Islander, isn't he, slash American? Yeah, something like that. But but does it matter? Like, is – I'm just kind of like, do we care? Like, I don't know. I just – I don't know. I just sort – of... I think he's got to – I mean, as far – again, I, I don't like The Rock as – Black Adam in concept, just because. Sure, he'll play the rock. He'll do the rock. He probably will even do the eyebrow. You know. Yeah, yeah, but I don't mind someone looking like the rock playing because again, he's got to me. And again, maybe it's just because I'm a stupid American, but he's got that that indistinct. Sure. Not quite sure what race he is. Yeah, he's a mix. He's a mix. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's harder to pin him down. Sure. As to what race he is, at least to me. So. Oh, I hear. But you don't, don't like it when they're like, we've brought in Wally West and he's black. And you're no, like, that. Well, you know. In fact, yeah, the, the new uh, the Percy Jackson TV series on Disney, mm. one of the main characters is uh, in, the con- in the book, the writer describes her you now has brown hair and mm. she's got tan skin and they cast a black girl to play her. Sure. Anything, anything that I, I like, I don't like. You know, if it's something I don't really care about, it's not so much a big deal to me because I don't care. Sure. Like, say, I'm not, I, I've read Thor, but 
Thor is one of the books that I read for bits at a time and then I lose interest in it. Sure. When Thor came out. I forgot that. Uh, I can't think of his name now. The gatekeeper. Uh, uh, Hemdell or whatever his name is. Yeah. Hemdell was, I forgot. I forgot he was white. Sure. So I saw him playing, being played by the black guy. I'm like, Oh, that's, that's, that's cool. I just know, but yeah, it's like, Oh, okay. Well, it loses a little some because they changed his race, but it doesn't. It's, I've gotten a little no horse in that battle because you know not, you, you don't like your favorites being swapped, race swapped right. and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. What about gender swapped? Because that happens too. I don't like when they do anything any race. <laughs> I like it. I like you, you'd I fit in well with Rich on the show. Then hey, you, you, you two would be a good. I, I'm. I, everyone knows. Uh, I'm one of these guys. I, 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 I don't care. But I guess you know what I did care a little bit. And, and, you know, crucify me, internet, when they said Superman was going to be played by Michael B. Jordan. I was kind of like, I think we've gone too far. See, that didn't bother me. Yeah. Because he wasn't playing, from what I heard, he wasn't going to play Clark Kent. Oh, no, I assumed play. he was. I thought he was. He was going to either play Val Zod. Oh, well, then that's fine. Then I don't Then I don't have a problem. Oh, sorry, I yeah. thought he was playing Clark Kent. No, no, no. If they brought him in as, like, whoever, I don't. I couldn't have kept Yeah, so I don't mind if they change, like, like Peter, uh, Spider-Man. In the comics, they brought in Miles Morales, which is a oh, that's fine. Black but that's guy. a different character, you know. That was that was Bender's being diverse, Bender's yes. filling diversity quotas, like you know. That I'm fine with if they change, if they you know bring in a new character, same character but a different uh, identity. Sure. If they you know if this wasn't Cater Hallhawk, man, if this was like for instance, I'll give you one on. I don't know if you watched the uh, Naomi. Oh, yeah, I, show I watched two fucking no. episodes and I almost killed myself. Yeah. <laughs> It was all right, but uh, on there they, they had a, a hog man in quotes, but right. it wasn't your hall. It was a different guy, and he was, uh, I think he was American Indian. Cool. Actor. That's cool. Yeah. And I didn't mind that because, again, it wasn't Cater Hall. He was a different hog man. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. No, I hear what you're saying. I, 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 get, I get what you're putting down, and, and I kind of pretty, I, I sort of partially agree, and partially he doesn't care, but some of me agrees. I mean, um, but well, you know, it's interesting. I like it is one. If you're a newbie and you come in, you go and watch Black Adam mm. and you see this Black Hawk man, mm. you go to the comic shop, you're going to see Carter Hall, a white guy. Exactly. Yeah. Or yeah, I've, I've seen some people, a friend of mine, his girlfriend saw a picture of, of Aquaman from the comic. Yeah. And who's that? She's like, who's that guy with Wonder Woman? Yeah. Oh, that's the hot. That's real Aquaman. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. And my second reason is to me, it's just lazy. Yeah. These creators are banking on these characters' names, so we don't have to be creative. We just have to, you know, change the race, sex, whatever we want of this character. Yeah. Just these people. But but it's it's laziness and it's it's uncreative to me. That's that's my other problem with it. Yeah. Well, you, you're right. I mean, they're certainly lazy. I mean, there's definitely no no but you are Aquaman's a great example because Momoa, I mean, love him or hate him, he he strongly plays that role in his own way. You know, it's a completely different Aquaman than I've ever read, ever. Yeah. You know, That's why and, like, oh, I like him as Aquaman. Well, do you like the regular Hawkman? Hawkman? Well, no, I don't like him in the comics. Well, what? see, he's a completely different character. So why? Yeah. I don't know. I just, but like saying, yeah, Aquaman. Yeah, he's he's a he's not a big bodybuilder guy. No. Aquaman's a swimmer. He lives in the ocean. He should be more like yeah. Michael Phelps, not Jason yeah. Momoa. You know, that's my own complaint. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Um, are you excited by Cavill coming back? And, and please, give the guy a proper Superman movie. You know, like, it's... Well, I love Cavill as, as Clark Kent and Superman. Yeah. Uh, I, ha I I enjoyed Man of Steel. Mm. 
and Batman versus Superman. I enjoyed them. I enjoyed Batman versus Superman Ultimate Edition quite a lot, frankly. My main problem with Batman versus Superman was I didn't like the fact that Batman's been around for 20 years and Superman's just starting out. Yeah. I also had problems with Lex Luthor. That was a terrible fucking performance. That was a horrible performance by Jesse Eisenberg who should never be allowed. But I I hope they recast him for a Superman movie. I, I hope when they do Superman, they do it. They do that kind of like we're kind of ignoring a continuity a little bit and get a new Lex Luthor because he was horrible. You know Either that leave Lex Luthor out for once and bring because yeah. Superman's got Brainiac. such a rich pantheon of villains. Give me Brainiac, man. Yes. Give me Brainiac. Yep. Give me space. Give me Wongle. You know, give me yeah. No, no, yeah, you are right. No, no, you can leave Lex Luthor out completely. Like, yeah, I mean, I love Lex. I love Lex, but he doesn't need to be in um this Superman. And well, I, just want, I just want to say shout out to my girlfriend who just brought me a coffee. Shout out to Michelle. <laughs> Maybe this will encourage her to come on the signal sometime, like your wife does. <laughs> my wife's name's Michelle also. So. Oh, really? Well, we're just we're just brothers, you know. Like, let's face it. That's right. <laughs> uh, well, this incredible Hulk show is happening, man. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, you know? yeah. Anything comic related, let me know. I'm. I love it. Especially um, 90s stuff. So the, where the we? Yeah, man. It's, it's there's a lot of options now. What about um, just to get your view? Because obviously, I thought the original Just League movie with, that Whedon directed was just appallingly bad. And frankly, when they finally put Zack Snyder's Just League out there, it like. I appreciated it. I didn't love it. I appreciated they did it. Um, are you? Do you think DC will be able to pick the pieces up and, and get a Justice League movie going in the next five years? I'm not holding my breath. Yeah. I wish. I say Justice League, what I originally heard, was going to be sound like a good movie. It was going to be a two-part movie. It was going to be Dark Side is the main villain. Yeah. And, and Avengers beat him with uh, Thanos mm. and... Thanos, so they they kind of and that's my problem with DC's uh, media as far as like movies and stuff. Mm. They 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 won't pick a direction and stick with it. Totally, yeah. They're they're always chopping and changing and seem very yeah. confu- They seem very confused, you know. Yeah, saying Black Adam is supposed to be the beginning of the DC universe. Well, what about yeah. Green Lantern? What about the you know Super uh, Man of Steel movie? Yeah. How many how many number you know starting of the DC movie universe we're we gonna have? No, totally agree. Totally. Well, what about Aquaman? What about fucking Shazam? Like you've had, yeah. you've had, you've had movie. This is the thing. The first Wonder Woman. You've actually had hits. Uh, you've had disasters, but you've actually had some hits. But it's almost like that they they're, they're building on very shaky sand. You know. And yeah, they don't people. You know, the fans in quote don't like a movie. Oh, hey, fuck that screw. Let's, let's go ahead and start over here. Then let's do. Let's yeah. redo it. Yeah. Pick a direction and go with it and. Well, I say the first Suicide Squad movie was okay. I, I did a, uh, mm. a commentary on it. I've talked about that. It mm. was okay. Mm. I like the way they did Amanda Waller because there they made her more of a, in quotes, villain. Sure. Where in the comics, she, she's, to me, she's not so villainous. She she's a hot in, ass, basically. In yes. The, yeah. She wouldn't go in and shoot her own t- uh, support staff as she's leaving the building. That That's not Amanda. Yeah. But and I thought the second one, the Suicide Squad, I thought that was a better start at the mm. Suicide Squad. Though I, I don't like Peacemaker's jokey jokes, mm. which led even more so into the Peacemaker TV. I, I watched the first like two episodes of Peacemaker. I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't do this. Really? See, I really enjoy. Look, I get what you're saying though. Like, it's kind of like I'm a big, big Punisher guy. If they went, we're going to do Punisher, and we're going to make him wacky as hell. I'd be right. like, I'm sorry. 
I, as a as a Punisher fan, no matter how good that was, I would hate it. You know, well, like Vigilante, he, he yeah. shows up in the Peacemaker, series. and he's just a clown. He's a clown. You know? I don't know if you read the Vigilante comic. I, do, I read a couple of issues, you know, for the, the show. Series, yeah, it was written by Marv Wolfman. Kills himself he, at the end. Half, and then the end of it, Paul Kupperberg yeah, takes and, over, and he right kills himself, doesn't he? In the end, yes. yeah. Wow. It, the Punish, uh, the, sorry, Vigilante was supposed to be like a more. I don't like saying this, but more in quotes, real world yeah. Punisher. Because, you know, everything he was doing got to him and all the death. And he tried to quit a couple of times and other people stepped into the role and they ended up dying. Yeah. So Adrian Chase took up the role again and ended up, yeah, at the very end of the 50th issue, spoilers for a 40 fucking year old cop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He nibbles the end of his gun and blows his brains out. He fucking ate a bullet, man. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm amazed that, like, I actually think I asked, um, uh, someone would, would you look? I asked, you know, who I asked? I asked James D. Mateus okay. about Craven, you know, because Craven ate a, ate a bullet at the end of Shotgun at the end of Craven's last time. I said, Do you reckon he could do it now? And, and he said, I, I, I think I, from memory, he said, No, I don't think they would let you do it. Like, whereas at the time, no one cared, like, they do it just like, do it, go for it, you know, same time frame, yeah, the, yeah. And Paul Kupperberg, like I said, wrote the end of the vigilante, killed him off. And then that kind of led into Checkmate because mm. uh, Harry Stein was showing up in P- Vigilante, uh, Blackthorn, and they all ended up merging into his new book, Peacemaker. Or I'm sorry, uh, Checkmate. Right. You brought Peacemaker into it. and but well, yeah, so he- I, I'd like to read a bit of this Vigilante stuff. I mean, but isn't it weird? Do you find it weird that like in the mid-80s, like 86, you know, whatever it was, 87, 85, you know, like TV has gone. Like, think of TV from then to TV now. It has gotten. They've gotten so much more room to do stuff now. You know, oh, in yeah. terms of. But like, it's weird that a comic now Marvel and DC are so scared that they wouldn't do something like that. Whereas back in like eighty five, eighty six, they would. I find that so weird. Yeah, well, I agree with you, and I understand why because we're more politically correct now, and. But people and, still kill themselves, man. You know what I mean? People, definitely. The oh, suicide's a real thing, so, you know. Problem is, yeah, at one time, yeah, we were too far. The world in general was too far to the right. Sure. Too far, you know, too violent, too this, too that, too, you know. Mm. Uh, insulting women all the time, doing this. You know, women didn't mean anything, you know. Uh, sure. People of color didn't mean anything. But I think and that needed to change. But I think the bar has swung too far to the left. Yeah, like backlash style. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it went from, you know. Oh, yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, it's gone now, crazy okay. now, you know. Well, me and the wife watched, or the wife and I watched uh, the latest uh, Gabriel Iglesias special. Where he was <laughs> the in singer? A, uh, the singer? No, Greg, uh, uh, comedian. Oh, I've never heard of him. Sorry, go go ahead, yeah. Yeah, his nickname's Fluffy. Okay. He, big fat comedian guy. Right, okay. And, and this, this last special he just aired. He's apologizing. I need to apologize for stuff I said in the past. Oh, Jesus know. Christ. Really? <laughs> it is a joke, but he was also kind of serious, you know, because he, 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 and he's, you know, and he's not wrong that sadly there's too many people looking at things you did 10, 20 years ago. Well, look what you did, you know, here. Cancer culture kind of thing. Yeah. I, I fucking changed. Yeah. You know, I'm not who I was at the time, you know. And also the times have changed too. And a comedian yeah. is kind of commenting on the era they're in a lot of the time, you know, like, yeah. and like, uh, for a second I thought you were talking about Julio Iglesias. No. And I was like, is he still rolling? Like, <laughs> <laughs> still, I, I don't know. Uh, 
he's still with us or not? No, I'm the, yeah, right. I was impressed. You and the wife pulled out the new Julio and Gacy's DVD. I was like, wow. <laughs> that's, a, that's a night of the races. <laughs> um, yeah, that's funny, man. Well, look, you know, that that, that gives a, a really nice um, sort of entree into everything. And um, I did want to mention, um, in terms of some news, R.O.P. Robbie Coltrane, um, a lot of younger people will know him. He was in the Harry Potter movies, obviously, very big in those. Um, had some great, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, a British guy, um, had yeah. some really good crime TV I'm just pulling it up now. I remember he had a really good show um, in sort of the 90s. Um, very good actor, and I th- think he'd been quite sick. Uh, the, I, I, I think he, like, fully, like, was in wheelchair-bound kind of style in his later years. So, yeah. um, you know, unfortunately, he looked like he, he, he'd kind of aged pretty, pretty badly. His body didn't look in great shape, which is sad. Um, but I'm just trying to... I'm just trying to... Were you familiar with the guy? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying to bring up what the show was called. Um, it, it, I think it had a one-word title, um, but it was yeah, it was it was big at the time. I'll bring it up for some reason. My internet, just when you're trying to do a show, you're trying to do you're trying to do a show, and my internet always working. And then now that you know, I want to actually talk about Robbie Coltrane's fucking show and bring it up so we can talk about it for the fans. You know, my internet. Okay, so let's have a look here. I think, he might, like I think he might have been a sir. He was... Oh, I'm not sure if he was a sir. He was an OBE. No, got an OBE. Um, there was a show up. called Cracker from 93 That's to 2006. It. That's the one I'm thinking of. It was a very good show, and it was kind of dark, actually, as well. He was also in James Bond. That was what I was trying to think of. He was in the yeah. James Bond movies. Um, good actor, man. I have to look that up. He suffered from osteoarthritis. God, I have that. He was in constant pain all day in 2016, and from 2019, he employed a wheelchair. He was only 72, looked older than that. Like, uh, you yeah. know, he was in rough shape. Um, but, but no, seriously, um, if you want to, um, a good recommendation for a really good show, that Cracker was a good show. I used to watch it just on and off over the years. And um, and then, obviously, he was very good in um, James Bond. He Was he, was he kind of like yeah. a weapons dealer or something? He was something like that. I, I believe so. It's been a while, but... yeah. It was, yeah, it's been a while. Cracker was one of those shows that I think he came back and did over the years. So, like, there was only 25 episodes in total, but it was short seasons, like Luther kind of thing, you know? Right. You'll uh, have to add that to my list. Oh, it's good. It's good. I mean, you know, don't go in expecting, like, you know, the world's greatest show. But if you're after a kind of dark crime drama with a very good sort of central uh, guy, you'll enjoy it, you know? I've got um, to my, so I'll yeah. have to check that out. Yeah, so R.I.P. to him, man. Rest in peace. Um, now let's let's dive in. We're obviously you're you're completely up to date with Quantum Leap, aren't you? You've seen the five episodes so yeah. far. Okay, yeah. so let, I, I've seen them all, and I've got to be honest, I'm enjoying it, man. Um, I I know the critics are sort of poo powering a little bit, but where are you? You're obviously a fan of the original. How are you on the new one? Yeah. I like the original again. That's who I am. I like the original better. Mm. I think Al, the, the Al character, uh, Dean, Dean Stockwell, Stock, yeah, brought something special to it with his, his charm and his, his just how he played the character. Yeah, but I'm enjoying the new Quantum Leap. In fact, before it even started, again, I, I'm on Facebook and I get I got an argument with people all the time. People on Facebook, oh, the show's going to suck. And, uh, give it a fucking give it a chance. Yeah, exactly. You, you, until you watch it, who knows? 
you know? Both Don Belisario and his ex-wife, uh, Deborah, mm. uh, who are both, they created the original Quantum Leap. They're both involved with the show. Right. With the new Quantum Leap. So give it a chance. Exactly. So I'm enjoying, I say, I, Deborah, in fact, Deborah, who did the voice of Ziggy in the original show, she's doing the opening narration of this show. Really? Yeah, that, that's Deborah Pratt. That's cool. Don Barrow's ex-wife. They, like I say, together they did the original Quantum Leap. So Ziggy in this show, because I'm more familiar with the new show, Ziggy right. is kind of, I'm picturing it, it's almost like a really big fucking computer server with running out of sort of simulations and stuff, isn't it? Like, is that what it was in the original? Well, in the original, yeah, it, basically Ziggy was running the entire project. Um, Ziggy had a personality in the original show. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Like a talking computer kind of thing, was it? Yeah. A few times we got to hear Ziggy speak, and it. it was actually Deborah Pratt, Deborah Pratt doing okay. the voice of Ziggy. And now she intros the show. Yeah, and she entered the show then uh, as basically Ziggy, that kind of monotonish yes. female voice. Cool. And originally Ziggy in the original series – it would change from being a he to a she, mm-hmm. different episodes. Okay. It's originally, they started talking about, you know, Ziggy, and they'd say he did this, and you know, he did that. And then at some point during the show, it changed to she, and then occasionally they revert back to he. So Was that a plot point, or was that just by accident? That was just, I think it was just different writers writing in yeah. different ways. Gotcha. Back to, I mean, the wife was talking the other day about that, and we're like, actually, I guess Ziggy was probably the first <laughs> yeah. trans yeah, she was. Yeah, she was all over the shop. Um, but, but that's funny. But it was really just a computer, like an artificial intelligence. Yeah, it's yeah. Just an artificial intelligence. Oh. It's, it's the original one. One second. <coughs> Excuse me. You're right. Uh, in the original Quantum Leap, yeah, Sam and Al's talk, and they, you know, they they gave gave Ziggy an ego as big as Stri- Barbara Streisand. <laughs> uh, that's... They used parts of Al and Sam's uh, neural netrons or something to help build the computer. Oh. And, he basically ran Quantum Leap. I've got a question. Um, the this is the something I heard. Now, as I said, I hardly watch the original show, although I'm familiar with the concept. I heard, like, let's say he's, like, let's just say he's Joe Blow in 1970, and he comes into the body. You know how he does, right? And I heard that the person in the original show, the person whose body he comes into, goes into kind of like a limbo somewhere. And there was oh, no. occasional episodes where they were kind of like sitting around. Is that true? Okay. In the original show, what it was is Sam's body would leap from 19. He started out in the show. It was, uh, he left in 1993. Mm-hmm. No, 1995. So a little bit ahead of real time. Yes. Okay. He left in 1995 and his body would leap into the past. And whoever he leapt into, their body would go into present time. In quotes, present time. Yeah. And, but whoever would look at either Sam or who Sam leapt into, they would see who, who, who was supposed to be there. So anyone yes. in 95, if they went into the waiting room, they would see Sam Beckett standing there oh. for Al. Al, and that changed over time. At one time, Al saw who the person was uh-huh. because in the, uh, Second season, What Price Gloria, where he leapt into a female for the first time. Yeah. Al kept talking how, you know, I'm talking to my, I was talking to a psychiatrist. I'm in love with my best friend because he saw Sam as a woman. Right. On, they switched that and they made it so actually Al could see Sam for who he was. Right. 
So is the person there? I don't. That's what I'm struggling to understand. The the person is in, in quotes, the present in 1995, whatever year it was. Um, Because it went from like 1995 to like 99 or 2000 was the last year we got mentioned. Right. Uh, But yeah, so that they were actually transported, I guess, to the future. Yes. But there's like, and we talked about this on our Quantum Leap podcast. I've got our co-hosts on there all the time. Uh, Hayden McQueenie from Australia also. Cool. Um, he describes it like, uh, I don't know if you read the per- per- Percy Jackson books. No. Uh, they describe that there's a mist. Yes. That makes, so they don't see all the supernatural stuff. It was kind of like that. There's like a mist or an aura uh. around Sam. So whoever he interacted with in the past saw whoever is. So if he leapt into, you know, a teenager in 1970, they would see this teenager in 1970. No, I get um, that. I get other people see the teenager. I understand but was, that. But it was actually Sam Beckett there. So yes. the teenager he leapt into, uh. that teenager would be in 1995 in the waiting room. So yeah, but yes. I under, and are they conscious of that? Yes. Okay. Yes, well, so when they're in the waiting, we only saw a couple of times. Right. Uh, one with Dr. Ruth. We saw one where there's a, a guy that uh, a murderer that escaped from their action and Sam or Al had to hunt him down. Gotcha, right? So they're conscious, and, they, and if they look in a mirror or something, they see Sam. Okay, and do so they like, are they then amnesic when they come back? And then when they come back, they've only addressed it a couple of times. Uh-huh. Uh, there was an episode in the second, first, second season, first season mm. called Double Double Identity, mm. where Sam he was in this uh, gangster's body. And he didn't do what he needed to do. And the project was trying to get him to leap. Yeah. And so he left into a mob boss that was there also, the Don. And so the guy that he originally was in, he let back in and he thought he had him. He had amnesia. Right. Because when he left in, he was making out with the Don's girlfriend. Right. At someone's wedding in an upstairs attic. Right. When he let back in, he's like, well, you just came up here. What's going on? You know, oh, Don, what are you doing? So he didn't know anything that happened over the previous Gotcha. Sam was there. I really – that's that's really interesting. I really liked in – I think it's the most recent one. It might have been episode four where uh, – what's his name from Ghostbusters, Ernie Hudson? Yeah, and he's name. saying that Sam leapt into his body when he was in Nam. That was cool. Yeah. That was in the fourth – third or fourth season opener. Uh, the first episode, Sam leapt back into himself mm. when he was 15. Okay. And then he was trying to, you know, he's, you know, so the project, he's not supposed to do anything to affect their personal life. Yeah. It's one of the rules they set up. Mm-hmm. He spends the entire episode trying to you know, change his family's future because his brother dies in Vietnam. His uh, father dies of cancer. His sister right. marries some bag. So he's trying to change all this. And I was like, we well, can't do that. He's You're trying to go back to the future kind of thing. Kind of. Yeah. And so at the, he's, so during that episode, he's telling his brother, Tom, he's like, well, you know what? Yeah. You're going to Vietnam. Next year, you're going to die on this date here on April 1st, 1970. Yeah. I want you in the deepest, darkest hole you can find and dive in and hide. Yeah. And he's, I'll do that. Just to make just to make his brother happy. I'll do that. And as he's getting ready to leap out, he looked over at Al and he's like, Sam, you know, Al, does my brother live? And he's like, Al kind of hesitates and he kind of shakes his head. No, you know, says his brother's going to die still. Right. Next episode, which was a two parter, he leapt into magic. Yeah. And he ended up saving uh, Tom while he was in Vietnam. Was that played by Ernie? No, it was a different character yeah. at the time. 
I, I love, but you know what? And I'm, I'm sure you'll appreciate this more as like a fan of the original. I love that instead of a, just a reboot of show, this is actually a sequel in a weird way, you know? No, and I love the fact that it's a sequel. Yeah, I think I'm it's cool. Yeah. Playing because a lot of reports reported it as a reboot. Yeah, but it's not. It, it, obviously, they're rebooting the fucking franchise, but like it's actually it, it, technically in continuity, it's a sequel. Yes, because in fact, yeah, that's why it was episode four is when you're referring to. Yeah. And as I talk about on the show, that's my favorite episode so far, just because we actually find out from Ernie Hut for Magic what happened. And yeah, Ernie describes it in that episode that, you know, he has amnesia. Yeah, when he, he does. Back. It was really well explained. I, I thought it really, it kind of dumbed it down um, for the, I think they're doing a good job. You know what I think they're doing a good job? I, I remember the show was a little corny, you know, which I think turned me off because I was an edgy fucking, you know, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you know, I was at that age where I was too cool for school. But I think they've they've just tailored it enough for modern audiences, but they've they've explained it well, I think. Yeah. You know, um, I really, I felt the last show, um, much more the B story was more prominent. Like the actual storyline back in the past wasn't as interesting until the very end is the twist that yeah. someone explain the twist to me because I was confused. He, someone he he's tracking someone. Yeah. So what what it is is the first couple episodes was a little, I don't want to say weak, but in the original series it mainly followed Sam. Yeah. We only saw brief periods at the project. Yeah. And that wasn't until like he left home or there's a couple other times we saw the project, but not very often. Yep. Or, and that's one thing my wife complained, kind of in quotes, complained about when we do the podcast is that, well, I'd like to see more of the stuff at the project. Yeah. 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 This new series, it's more half and half. It is. Yeah. And so in the first couple episodes, I think they were, they were just trying to get their footing and it was a little, uh, they weren't devoting enough time in the past. So you couldn't really feel for the characters as much mm. as you used to. But I think after that, the first couple episodes, and then they kind of got their, their footing on it. So what's going on in the show is that uh, Dr. Ben Song and his team, they're trying to recreate Project Quantum Leap. They're trying to find out what happened to Sam. Yep. And we find out later that apparently Ben was working with one of Al's daughters. Yes. And they're doing something. We're not quite sure. They found a, a in quotes, a map leading somewhere in time. It's like different points in time that uh, Ben is leaping to. Uh-huh. And he's trying to get somewhere. We don't know where yet. Uh, there's all sorts of speculation, either back to the beginning of the original project to stop Sam from leaping. Uh, I personally wonder if maybe he's leaping to Al's bar, which was in the season finale of the original series. Right. Because uh, that's the last place anyone saw Sam. Yep. No one quite knows where that end point is. And I think that's just a MacGuffin device just to say, you know, well, yeah. hey, we, he's like, well, you got 10 to 20 leaps probably before you get there. Yeah. So, it's, you know, it's given a reason for the show. Um, so and I just, and I think Scott Bakula will turn up at the end, even though I know he, he said he won't. I'm sure he will, you know. I, we're hoping, yeah. All of us are hoping that he shows up at some point because that'd be yeah. magnificent. It would. But, it would be fucking cool, you know. So at the end of the last episode, in fact, that guy showed up a couple times throughout the episode. I caught him once when uh, Ben was talking to uh, Addie Addison in the bar and they kind of walked away and they showed this, you know, this white guy sitting there watching him. Yeah. Basically Ben talking to himself in quotes. Yeah. And the guy at the end of the episode, he's like, you know, quit following me. Yeah. And he, I know who you are. You know, he ben was, he was intense, man. That was, that, that shocked me as a viewer. I was like, shit. 
we don't know as fans who this is yet. Right. Again, there's theories. There's either an evil leaper because yeah. of the original series at the last season, couple last season, that's a couple episodes with an evil leaper. That'd be cool. Yeah. And there was a project called Lothos. Yeah. That was set. They never actually set a time in the show, but somewhere in some notes or something, it said it was supposed to be set like in 2020 something. Right. Is where the pro- Lothos came well, from. Well, it could be like a serial killer leaper or someone who's trying to disrupt history, you know? Yes, that or is it because Ben is looking for Sam? He's yeah. basically falling, in quotes, following Sam. So some of us are wondering maybe that that person at the end of the episode, you know, told him to stop following him. Maybe that's Sam Beckett warning him off. Uh, we don't quite know who it is yet, so we're all at a, a at a loss right now as to who oh, it is. Oh, so you mean it could be so, Sam himself? Yeah, Sam leapt into somebody else. Yeah, but he was pretty oh, aggressive. Oh, whereas I don't see, I don't know. He Sam's been leaping doing this that we haven't seen for 30 years. You'd be going crazy by this so, point. Or 20 you know, years. You'd, you'd be going yeah. nuts. Would, don't you reckon yeah. you'd be going absolutely nuts so by this point? It could be, yeah, maybe Sam's, I don't want to say, because again, I love Sam Beckett, so I don't want to say he's suffering a mental break, but he could be suffering a mental break. Yeah. And and that's why he's so aggro. Yeah. Or, or it could be an evil leaper. Uh, some people have suggested Janice, which is Al's daughter that's shown up in the show. Yes. Yeah. Suggested be her. So yeah, no one's really quite sure at this point who, who that person is, and when he told him to quit following him, why he said that, and exactly what it, you know who the guy is, what his goal is, what his plan is. Dude, I've got another show because you obviously like this sci-fi stuff. I've got a UK show which I'll give you a heavy recommend called The Lazarus Project. Um, it's it's new. Um, there's only been one season. It's a short season, so it's it's easy to get through. Like we're talking about eight to ten episodes, basically. I'll give you the concept. Um, it's, p- it's a pretty serious show. Um, uh, oh, God. Like, the world is kind of doomed. And so what happens is they there's this organisation called the Lazarus Project where um, if the world's about to uh, die due to whatever, nuclear war, asteroid crashing in, you know, whatever the, whatever the emergency, the they make the decision to turn back time to like the start of, I think it's the start of the year. So, um, Oh, I forget the exact concept, but there's, there's a point. And so a year goes by and like, let's say it's first of June, um, 2022. If, if on the 30th of May, there's, they realize they're running the projections. China suddenly launching nukes. US is launching nukes. Like it's globally assured, you know, mutual destruction. Right. They'll make the decision to turn back time to the previous first of June, the, the year before. And okay. everyone forgets, except there's these people who don't forget, like who are part of this project. I, there's some right. reason. There's some reason I forget what. But anyway, and they have the knowledge of everything that happened in that year before it got turned back. So right. they're all, so it happens all the time. So it's happened heaps of times, like since they've started the project, like in the 50s or whatever, um, right. that Earth has actually died and they've had to bring it back and blah, blah, blah. It sounds corny when I describe it like that. I haven't described it well, but it's actually a really good show. Pretty dark, um, well, gets into the characters, you know. You may have not described it well, but you described it well enough for me to want to find, watch it. So Check it out, man. Lazarus Project. And season two is confirmed. And there's a lot of personal stakes for the characters. So on top of it being kind of a cool concept, 
they do get into they it, it's a character thing as well. So it, sometimes I wish it was more the big picture, but it actually is a really interesting show. And uh, Michelle yeah. and I watched it; we very much enjoyed it. Is one of the main leads a black guy? Yes, he's okay, he's sense. he's like the POV character. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. He's I'm like watch shows on. I found it. I was making sure I had the right one. <laughs> if I think of it now. Uh, he realizes that it, that's what happens. Actually, he keeps living his life, and then it, then he wakes back up again, and it's like the year before, and he mm. remembers. So there's some gene or something these people have, and it's driving him kind of nuts because it's happened yeah. like four times, and then they, the project finds him, um, and makes him an offer, and yeah, he didn't join the project. But it's actually pretty good. Um, okay. I've got on my list to watch. I'm going to start watching this next week at work. Yeah, I think so. I like it at work. Yeah, that's good. I like I'm it. Working. I can I throw a show on. and Yeah, exactly. Throw a show on. Why not? Um, so yeah. in terms of Quantum Leap, I, I like the boxing episode. I thought that was a fun episode. Yeah. Um, and another, another theory that me and Hayden are floating around, mm. again, my co- one of my co-hosts on the, the project, uh, Starlight Project, mm. is that we're wondering if maybe the leaps he has to go to are somehow linked to something – Al, uh, Sam did because yeah. one of the early episodes, the thing was the second episode, Sam leapt into a boxer. Yes. Right. One of the early episodes, he leapt into a woman. Yeah. So he, there's a lot of loose ties to things that Sam did. So we're wondering how close, you know, which also could be fan service, you know? Yeah. So I don't know if it's fan service or if it's just like, you know, a wink and a nod or yeah, yeah, yeah. some, actual store import, story importance to that. So that's one thing we're looking at right now, trying to figure out. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I, I, it's probably me sure. I'm, I'm, look, I'm confident. I wouldn't bet my house on it, but I'd put a substantial amount of cash on the fact that I think you're going to see Scott Bakula turn up in the last episode of the final, of the first season, you know? I agree. That's what, that's what we're thinking. Yeah, he's probably showing up in the last episode or two. And he's done the right thing. I'm not involved. But the thing was, his face and Al's face were in the first episode, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, yeah. And you wouldn't put that in if you weren't trying to sort of, you know, sort of point to it. Like, it was a bit of a clue and they reference him and stuff so much. So, interesting. Um, so, overall, like, positive for the show? You're definitely going to stick with it? Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm loving the show. Like I say, it started off a little little shaky trying to get, you know, but again, even Quantum Leap, the first season had it. It's some, you know, weaker episodes. Oh, so. Dude, most shows. First yeah. first season of Seinfeld is in its strongest. First season of Star Trek Next Generation is shaky. Like, a lot of great shows. It's you know. time to get its footing. And I think it, it's getting there pretty quickly. So, yeah. I'm loving it. I, I can't wait for the next episode to come out. Cool. Uh, That's my, cool. See, originally, the, our, our quantum our Starbright project was, as I said, Michelle never... It's, she's seen an episode here or there, but she hadn't watched the show. Sure. So, we sit down. We were watching the series from the beginning me being the expert, her being the first time watcher. Yeah. Got through, well, I've got recorded up to like second season, like 13 episodes. Yeah. But released like the episode, uh, season two, episode seven or eight. Cool. And the new series started. And so we've been doing that one instead. So we kind of switched gears from looking at the original show right now to looking at the new show. Yeah. And Michelle's like, well, can't we do both? I'm like, no, because I don't have a <laughs> fucking time of the day to edit you know again all my other shows i do i don't have enough time that you're gonna kill me <laughs> how much editing do you do because i don't do it every and then i have to edit out some of rich's comments i have to go you know what maybe the audience doesn't need to hear his views on such and such <laughs> it varies um 
on the shows I do myself, I don't do much editing. I kind of edit on the fly. Yeah. But the shows I do with other people, I edit out, you know, long gaps. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and I say on, I try to make people sound, you know, smarter than they actually are, I guess. Or oh, I hear. Yeah. You know, when people talk, um, uh, uh, I hear, but so you, you work harder than me, basically, is what you're saying. Okay, I probably enough. go more than I probably should. I like that. But, I get to be anal, a little anal retentive at times. So <laughs> you do a lot of, from what I've seen, and I'm not an expert because, again, as we all know, time is a limited commodity. But I've listened to some of your stuff. You, you often will just be sitting there with the microphone, kind of back on the couch, just kind of solo. Yeah. And most of my shows, I say head speaks. Occasionally, I get someone on there. Uh, Task Force X is just me normally. Occasionally, I'll get someone on. Right. And the I'm calling it now the Starman Adventure Show. Uh, those are usually me. Sometimes I get other people on. But do you, do you just... find that heavy lifting? Because I've done a few solo shows and I like it, but I like to have someone, you know. Yeah. And that's why I've, I've, ta- I've talked to different people and they say, well, you know, they, honestly, you know, your shows where you have other people on are better because it goes a little, flows a little smoother. Mm. And, you know, you're not doing all the lifting yourself. You have other people. I find but... I run through it too fast if I'm just by myself, you know. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't worry about so much about the time. Mm. But I do have a one of my problems is, and I've been told that by some of my fellow hosts on my shows and other people that sometimes my podcasts do run a little long when I have other people. Yeah. My GI Joe show because again, if we're talking, we got a good conversation going. I love I'm, it, man. Yeah. I, I'm not the type to say, okay, we oh, look at the time. We need to cut this down. Let's go and stop talking about this. Screw and that! Like I, I'm the opposite. Like I because yeah. I, I at work, I if I'm sitting there. Doing, you know, my stuff, my finance stuff. I love to have a show on. Give me, give me the content. I enjoy it. You know, that's why I am. I, I, I don't like limiting myself. If it takes, yeah. if it takes me thirty minutes, what I got to say? Okay, it's a thirty minute show. If it takes me five fucking hours to say it, well, that's it's a it. long show. That's it. And <laughs> hey, listen, is you're getting it for free half the time? So you know, calm and down. It's not like it's not on, you know, something that's airing like radio, yeah. where you have to listen to the whole thing. You, you know. You break it up in segments. I enjoy it. Dude, that's one of the pleasures uh, of audio drama and podcasts, that I mm-hmm. can have it on and I can save it. I don't have to listen. If it's a two-hour show, I don't have to listen to two hours nonstop. Yeah. I can I can, I can, can take a piece of it, listen to 40 minutes, take a break, come back. I enjoy it. i, I got to tell you, your shows are fantastic. Uh, John Sumter's shows are fantastic. Like It's content, you know, good content. Yeah. Yeah, my problem is getting it out on a regular basis, but that's something I'm working on, but that's life interfering. Well, you've you got know. kids, you've got grandkids, don't yeah. you? You've got work, yeah. you know, wife, everything. It's all, you know, chores, yeah. uh, cleaning. I uh, Believe you me, I, I get it, man. <laughs> so, that's my main problem right now is just trying to make sure I, I get content on a regular basis, which I'm having a problem with. Sure. So <laughs> overall, though, you're, you're positive on Quantum Leap. You think that oh, you yeah. think this reboot, sequel thing's pretty cool? Um, yeah, enjoying it. I'm loving it. What are the ratings like? Do you think it's going to get a second season? I think it'll, I think it will get a second season. Surely, a lot of excuse me, a lot of people are reporting that the ratings are dropping on it. Right, but I don't know anymore how the ratings affect things, and yeah. I don't have a looking at it because again, I don't watch it live. No, I don't have I don't have regular TV at home. I've got uh, I drop cable and satellite and all that. Yep, and I've just got streaming services now. Yeah, well, that's so fair. I so I can't watch it until the next day, anyways, when it airs on Peacock. Right. So how does that, you know, if I don't watch it for two, three days later, how does that count on the ratings? Peacock's the NBC app, isn't it? Is that right? Yeah. yeah. That's the ABC, uh, NBC app here in America. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then some people, you know, I know on Australia, Hayden says he has a hard time catching it. He's got ways of watching it. <laughs> Frankly, but... I just downloaded it, I'll be honest. <laughs> I 
figure I don't want to under the bus. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't even know where the fuck it is in Australia. Like where to find it, you know? I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's airing anywhere in Australia. Well, so hey, like, guess what? We're watching and we're promoting it. So be happy, NBC. That's what I'm know? saying. So I mean, I don't know how the ratings are working nowadays, seeing how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The streaming services and other ways downloading it. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So I, I'm hoping that it stays at least good enough in their eyes to warrant a second season because I'm enjoying it so far. I think it's name recognition will probably give it a second season. You That's know? what I'm hoping. Yeah, and if, especially if they bring Sam back. Yeah, because like I say originally it was it was slated for, I want to say twelve or thirteen episodes. Okay, really? I need I need twelve or thirteen. Okay. But then here recently, here in the last week or two. Uh, they've announced that actually they've got another like eight episodes. So it's Excellent. Full- so it's getting the twenty episode order. That's good. It came out to a full season. That's so. a good. That's a good sign, actually. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm. You know what? If they've got enough confidence at this point to give it a full season, as long as something bad doesn't happen, I could see it getting a second season. I'm fairly hoping so because if yeah, I was I'm, betting on it, I'd be betting it get a second season. Um, yeah, I, I, I would, I'd be right with you. <laughs> yeah, and God, I mean, oh, look, I'm enjoying it. Like, it's it's fun to, I, you know, with with Michelle, it's you finding a couple show that you can both enjoy and watch. It, yeah. it can like sometimes it's really easy. Like we're still watching all the Walking Dead's, and believe you me, we're burnt out. But we're like we're like fucking abuse victims, you know. <laughs> we just keep coming back. But but it's nice to have a fresh show. Quantum Leak, she liked it back in the eighties and nineties. You know, I'm enjoying it. I like the concept. You know, so it's it's fun to have a show. Unless it's really bad, like I say, time travel is one of my things I love. Yeah. In fact, that's one of the other shows that the wife and I do is a show called Voyagers. Yep. Have you ever heard of that from 1982? I hadn't. You mentioned it to me offline. Um, you, a is it a U.S. show or U.K. show? What is it? U.S. Okay. I've yeah, never, I've never heard of it, man. Um, yeah, when I say Voyagers, like, oh, cool. Star Trek? No, no, not Star Trek Voyager. No, <laughs> it's a, another time travel show from 19, when one season. It was 20 episodes. Cool. Uh and basically, it's about a guy that has a, a looks like a watch that allows him to travel through time. Mm-hmm. And it's the most it was supposed to let him go up to was like the 1970s. Right. Malfunctioned. It dropped in this kid's bedroom in 1982. And the kid's got this big furry dog that attacked the guy. Uh, and he took the guy has this thing called a guidebook that tells him what history is supposed to be like. And he's going through time fixing things. Right. Well, the dog grabs the guidebook and the little kid, he's 12 years old. He gets knocked out the window. So uh, the main guy's name is uh, Phineas Bogg. Uh-huh. He jumps out the window to save the kid, and he grabs him, and he leaps through time so they don't crash on the side because they're like in New York and like in a you know, 20 to- 20-story tall building. Wow. So he grabs the kid, and they leap through time to save him. And Oh, kind of I like, see. Right, yeah. yeah. The kid's dad was a history teacher. Right. And this kid's like a savant because he knows everything about everything. Right. So he's basically turned into uh, Phineas's guidebook. His name's Jeffrey, the kid. And so he basically, you know, he tells Phineas, well, this is what needs to happen at this time. And they're basically fixing time. And then they leap to the next point and fix another point in time. That's cool. So it, do, you, do you think Quantum Leap, considering he can go back, do you think he could go back to ancient times, like ancient Rome? Or do you think the budget might be the thing that's stopping them? Yes to both. Yeah. I think that with the restrictions then that's been lifted as far as in show wise, I think they could go back that far. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I would like to see that. And again, that's kind of more, a little more reminiscent of wagers because they would travel to ancient Greece or yeah, it'd be cool. Or all over, you know, all over. Time. Well, it really opens the show up. You know what I mean? Like, so, and, and I don't know if, and honestly, I don't know if, if going to 
ancient Greece or whatever nowadays is too much of a hindrance budget wise. I, I don't know. I wouldn't mind seeing that because again, that's a totally different thing for yeah, Quantum. Yeah, I, I had another concept. What about yeah. this? And you you said that in the original show he leapt back to himself, which is cool. What about you did like a sort of thriller episode where maybe he went back like half an hour or uh, you know a day, it, right? You, you you and so you do a real sort of very close to the present, and you kind of do sort of like a Quentin Tarantino-y sort of Pulp Fictiony thing, like you know, like Run Lola Run or something, and right. you could you I I I could see a clever writer coming up with a pitch like that. You you, you kind of get what I'm feeling. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and yeah, the only, yeah, and I'm just debating that in my head because I know he's trying to get back home. So if he's only half an hour away from when he reads the lap or home, whatever. Yeah, but that, but that uh, makes it, but, but that makes it all the more cool when he when he can't achieve what he wants and he leaps out again. So he gets so close he can almost taste well, it. And he's not in his own body, so I mean, yeah, yeah. So yeah, would you want to live even though you're you know you're in present time, you can be with your your fiance. Would you want to do that in someone else's body? Well, the answer to that in the end will be no, but it's a it's a good episode. It's a good idea yeah, for an episode, you know. It is. that's very I, I, that would be an interesting episode. And I'm always pitching ideas, dude. You know, I'm a, <laughs> I am a writer. I've got three books out, so you know, I, I like my I like my ideas. Um, yeah, so check it out. Um, it is it is it is a fun show. This this reboot yes. and and check out um, Aaron's Starbright podcast. Now, we have an email uh, from. Um, Michael Kellishim, one of our regular listeners, which I'm going to read out, uh, he always updates me on the news. So he says, um, it's entitled Cancel Culture. He says, Dave, news. He calls me Lois. I call myself Lois all the time. But um, you may have already heard the good news, but John Kent's Superman comic has been cancelled. Tom Taylor denies it, but the numbers are in. The thing barely had 30K in sales. God, that's appalling. A couple of months ago, the allegedly popular Brazilian Wonder Girl comic was also cancelled. On how DC cancels all these fan-favorite titles, huh? Remember how the Western comic book companies proclaimed victory with record sales of comics? The only sales figures from last month revealed that only one graphic novel in the top 20 was a Western comic, and that ranked 19. All the rest are manga. Um, and then he's got this thing about, like, um, in local Michigan news, my hometown of Dearborn takes a national spotlight in banning books from school libraries. Parents are furious that the elementary school teachers are promoting LGBT grooming and pornographic books to their classroom children, some as young as 10. I almost feel like we've, we've done this before. But anyway, so, um, yeah, we have. We did this last episode. So they're basically um, banning all these books. And I did a bit of an op-ed where I'm like, well, this is Michael's opinion. Um, I personally, uh, obviously, like, there are examples here where it's crazy. Like, people can... Uh, one parent spoke how his kid rented a book for the school library that described in detail how children can download sex apps to find adults for sex meetups, which is crazy. But I do think that, just my opinion, just my opinion, I, in this day and age, I'm glad, I, I, I do believe that the kids should be reading books where cause some of the kids will have two mummies or two daddies or whatever. So it's very, I think it's, I I, I, I am, we, I run a very pro-LGBT podcast so i am down for that now obviously i'm not down for fucking crazy sex shit to five-year-olds like but yeah and i actually on it i actually wonder how much of this sex stuff for kids is actually there and how much of it is just people grasping at straws just because yeah. a lot of these people on again speaking from an american point of view sure. a lot of people on the right are very much against you know the, the gays the transsexuals sure. the trans 
or and all this because you know it's not the Christian way in quotes. Sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> they're, they're on the wrong. We have a lot of look. We have listeners from look. We have listeners from all across the spectrum. And one right. thing they know about me is I ain't too religious. I believe in the money God and the death God, and that we're circling the fucking you know the the burnout nuclear wasteland. So. Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, the, it is what it is. Um, but you, yeah, it's kind of, I, I think some of it's a bit of a media beat up at times, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we do have this though. Now, big friend of the show, Mike Barron. Um, he's been on several times. Um, so now I found Michael's correct email. So sorry, Michael, I was reading out your email from last week. Dave just finished reading Jack Kirby, Superman's, uh, Pal Jimmy Olsen runs on a news reporting mood. First off, he reminds me that um, Harrow County Volume 1. Yes, we will do this, Michael. Um, that's coming up very soon. Now to the news. Mike Barron has been banned again. This time, uh, Twitter deleted his private American comic book page from their site, offering no explanation and denying an appeal. It's so crazy. Mike Barron, he's such a lovely guy and he's such a talented writer. And I mean, honestly, like, it's just like really like... Mike Barron is not a dangerous person. His ideas aren't that revolutionary, you know, and, like, let let the guy express his fucking ideas in a comic book and stop trying to just censor him for the sake of it. Uh, number two, Marvel cover artist Mark Brooks is rumoured to have been told by corporate lawyers to stop engaging comic book create comics gate creators online or he'll lose his job. He was publicly challenging Ethan Van Sciver to a fight at New York, New York Comic Con. But now that'd be hilarious. But now rumors swell that he has been told to leave them alone or he's out. Um, and then three, the most shocking news: media magnate Morgan Edge is a servant of Darkseid. From his first appearance, Jack Kirby had Edge coordinate with Intergang to assassinate Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen to further Darkseid's plans for Earth. He had Clark run over by a car and placed a bomb in Jimmy's camera. Worst boss ever. Um, it's hilarious. I, be- I I believe. I have not even read it. I believe they retcon it and say it's like a clone of Morgan Edge, who is an asshole boss, but not to that extent. Um, pretty funny, but I don't see that's see that's where I I'm really anti censorship and trying to block Mike Barron's thing. And Mike said it's all about illegal immigrants and stuff, and that's you know why because like PC Nation, you know, can't handle a story where you know the borders are being defended. But um, I don't know. It's just. I, I'm I'm kind of like put it out there and let and let the crowd react. Don't stop it coming out. You know what I mean? That's where are, where are you on this kind of stuff, man? Well, as far as I like, say, yeah, if someone wants to publish a book or a comic or a movie or whatever, go for it. I mean, I don't, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with that. But I also don't have a problem with Twitter or Facebook if they want to ban somebody because they they in quotes violate their policies. Yeah. I mean, I myself, I've been. Uh, Pen and Facebook jail several times for stupid comments. <laughs> Have you? I, I've done a little bit of. I did light jail time. Did you get full jail time or just the light version? Um, I, I was banned for a week or two, and I couldn't do anything. <laughs> or one of my one of the times I got the last time I got banned for like I, thirty days. I couldn't do anything. Really? Like, oops! I'd made a new profile so I could interact with my groups and stuff. But yeah. the funny thing about it is, is if you read, if you follow me on Facebook my personal stuff i'm very I, i'm politically i'm more middle stream with sure. a left yeah uh, i hate trump yeah I, I grew up growing up i was uh i was a christian pentecostal christian but i i stepped away from religion when i got old enough to think for myself sure i realized it's a cult it's a sham you know it's, it's bs so yeah I, and i i'm very vocal on 
when I don't like something. Yeah, you've, well, got, you've, you've, got, you've used men. You're entitled to them, you know? Yeah, so I, I will come out, you know, I'll call people morons or whatever, Love you know. It. Love it. The few times I've been blocked is because of jokes. Uh, one of the times I got blocked is someone posted a picture of some guy with, like, piercings and those uh, horn implants on their head and... <laughs> And the thing was like, what would you say if your daughter brought this brought this guy home? Yeah. My comment was burnt with fire. Yeah. I stand for that. Uh, there was another one of <laughs> just a joke. Like you got, yeah. you got banned for that, really? Yeah. That was one time I got banned for that. I got yes. banned for um, oh crap, I can't think of his name now. It's not Sam Neil. Um, Sam he was in the Ghost Rider, the first Ghost Rider movie. Is Nicholas the, the Cage? Ghost no, the, the Western Ghost Rider, the old guy. Uh, Sam Elliott. Is it Sam Elliott? I think it's yeah, Sam Elliott. Yes, yeah. Sam Elliott. Someone posted a picture of Sam Elliott from like four different decades, and the man looks identical. He does. He's yeah, he does. So, yeah. Is this an immortal? And again, I'm a big high fan of the first Highlander movie. Yeah. My response was, well, let's chop off his head and find out. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the last I got banned was someone was posting a picture of uh, a Starbucks line going around the corner. Yeah. And they were complaining about, you know, people being stupid enough to complain about $5 gas and yet sit in line for a $5 cup of coffee. Sure. And some guy from overseas, England or somewhere, comment, you know, cause someone was commenting how, well, you know, it's, it's, it's Biden's fault that gas is so high in America. <laughs> Got uh, Brandon stupid. and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And someone from over, you know, in England or somewhere made a comment, well, you know, gas is like, you know, if you equal it out to American money, it's like $9 a gallon here. Right. The guy replied back, well, yeah, but you're, you're from overseas, so no one cares about you. <laughs> and again, me being me, I'm like, I'm like uh, to the guy that, you know, from overseas, I'm like, sir, let me apologize on behalf of all stupid Americans. Uh, we're not all this ignorant. Some of us do realize there's other countries in the world and that, you know, you, you do count. I right. got banned for that. Yeah, which is, I mean, basically just banter. Like, it's nothing. Like, yeah, you know, but yes, but the things I, you know, I say, you know, fuck Trump or, you know, you, are you a pedophile? Things like that. I don't get banned for. Yeah. But making a joke or, you know, apologizing on behalf of a stupid person, I get yeah. banned. For well, it just shows you that these psychopolicies policies are all over the place. But, like, you know. but my point where I was going for, if I got sidetracked on my own point there was that, yeah. And I, why well, I didn't like being banned. I don't like Facebook jail because again, especially with my podcast. Yeah. You want to, you want to promote your stuff. Yeah. Um, it's all right. Yeah, it's their organization. It's their fucking crappy, huge yeah. media conglomerate. They can, you know, do whatever they want. Like. Twitter banned Trump. People are out that's because uh, censorship. No, it's not. Censorship is when the government sure. tries to control what you say. A private company can do what the fuck they want. You don't like it, make your own platform and get out, you know. It's true. It's not, you know. No, I hear I, you, man. I hear you, dude. Um, I wonder, though, if we're almost at that point now where corporations have almost, if not more power than governments, you know? I think the corporates these days, it's it, they are getting scarily close to that dystopian yeah. future. But I no, I hear your point. You make a good point, and it is hilarious. I've done light light jail time. Like I could still post, but I was restricted to sharing because I promote the show. And every now and then, someone's complaining. Like, oh, you promoted this in the wrong group. Well, go fuck yourself. Is my response. Yeah. Like <laughs> you, 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 you know, you, you know, like I'm just like whatever. You know, like I'm oh, so sorry, so sad. Um, but I, I try to stay out of arguments because I, I my personal opinion, online kind of culture, if you right. want an argument, there is always one there for you, you know? Mm -hmm. 
and so it's endless. So what's the point? You know, I've just I've hit I hit that point probably. We've been doing the show five six years. I hit that point within probably the first six months. I was like, there's no point. You know. I should probably hit that point, but I'm still... No, I hit, but every now and then, every, like, I'm a big... You're in the US, but I'm a big cricket fan, and every now and then I'll get involved in a cricket debate, and it's pointless. You know what I mean? Like, it, but, you know, I'll get into the weeds, and, and at some point I'll think, what am I doing, really? You know? It depends on what it is. Yeah, there's some things I'll, I'll finally give up. You know, fuck, I don't care. But then there's some things, I say, especially when it comes to, like, you know, in politics and things yeah. like that, I, I will be vocal on it because... Sure. Again, you I forget who it was now, you know, once someone once said, you know, all it takes for a good man to become evil is not say anything or something along those lines. Sure. So uh, if I see something I think is really wrong, I'm going to comment on it. And if people don't like it, fuck them. Oh, totally. <laughs> well, I tell you what, some people, I wish they would stay quiet, you know. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I, I remember, though, I, and I'm not big politics guy, um, you know, Biden, you know, remember when, like, we're probably talking six months ago, remember Go Brandon was a big thing? Do you remember that? Yes. Oh, yeah. There oh, was yeah. that fucking hilarious... Like, I've got to be honest, I pay respect to this guy. So on a call with Biden, who I think is a bit of a clown, um, he was on a call with a guy who went, go Brandon to him, and Biden was like, go Brandon, repeating it. <laughs> yeah, I heard, yeah, I heard about that. And that guy copped some heat, and he's like, look, it was a joke. And I'm like, yeah, it was a joke. Like, fuck, like... It was funny, you know, like, you know, like, you know, sometimes I think on like both sides, they blow shit up and it's like, look, it was a fucking joke. Get over it. Like, you know, Biden's repeating it made it funny, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I I guess, and it's easier for me. I'm not in the country, so I'm really an observer. You know what I mean? It's hard for me to get too connected. Like I, you know, like... I gambled on the last election just for the sheer fuck of it, you know. Like we we had we had money on Trump, dude, and we thought we were we at one point thought me and one of my pals we thought we were going to make some cash because he because he kicked off Will in Florida, and we were hanging in there, and eventually we, we lost our bets. But you know, it was it was it was your observers. It's kind of fascinating, you know. Got no real horse in the race, so no, not really. You know, like, not really. Like certainly no strong feelings either way. But anyway, so but I can understand. You're there. You're live on the scene. You, right. It's your government. So, of course, you give a shit, you know? Yeah. Anyway. So, that's why I'll be commenting on Facebook and the wife, Michelle, look over. Are you, are you, are you trumping again? <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, not, and as I've talked about before, as far as politics, I mean, I, I've got nothing against Republicans in general. Mm. I grew up a Democrat, but I've kind of moved away from that because, again, I realized that they're as fucked up as the Republicans. Exactly. They've given it. They've given you just as many bad presidents, you know. Yes, but to me, Trump was just over the top. Oh, yeah, he was with yeah. his words and actions and everything. So I, I just, and I've got friends I've unfriended just because. Sure. Facebook friends, actually, people I really know in real life, I've unfriended just because. Whenever I well, what Trump did this, well, that's fine. Why are you accepting this? Well, that's for. Yeah. So I, I just, I find you know some people are just too stupid to bother with. So I just start unfriending people. <laughs> That's fair enough, Ben. Um, now, moving away from politics, which is always probably a pretty sensible move, I always feel. Sorry um, if I drew too no, far. No, 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 no. I love, I love having all the different views, man. I, it's cool. Um, House of the Dragon, Michelle and I are really enjoying this. Um, I think it's a really good show. And we, we, she, we're both big Games of Thrones fans. I know that the finale was a bit crap, but like overall as a show, I loved it. I find this House of the Dragon really brings you back to the early days of Game of Thrones. Are you enjoying? 
Yeah, we're we're I, that's a that's a show me and Michelle watch. Usually we watch it at night. Mm. Uh, we're we're behind. We actually, we only watched the first four or five episodes. We've gotten okay. behind on. But you're, you're not too far behind. You've seen a fair bit. Yeah, but uh, almost half of it. And yeah, we loved Game of Thrones. In fact, I enjoyed the final season of Game of Thrones. Mm. I think it was as shit as a lot of people said it was. So that's my own opinion. But yeah, I'm enjoying House of Dragon. Yeah, it is very much reminiscent of the original of the early seasons of Game of Thrones. Yeah, like Matt Smith is excellent. I, I, you know what I think? I think the cast in general is very good. You know? Yeah, yeah I, and then like it, it's talking about older stuff than Game of Thrones, but yeah, it's got new characters, new new actors. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Um, I've got a question. Are you have you read the books? Like, do you know much of the history of the world? Because I, I don't. I. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've read all the books. I've read some of the prequel books. Well, okay. So answer my good because you're you're talking to a dumbass here, like me. Um, I I struggle. I I I dug out the map. So where um Matt Smith's character, I, I find that character fascinating. So when he goes with his wife, uh, with the dragons to that other country, I want to say it was called oh fuck, what's it called again? It starts with P. Have you seen that episode where he's there with his wife and they've got the dragons and they're kind of like guests? I don't think I'm there yet. Okay. He just fought the crab people. No, so it's it's like the episode after that, I think. So I think I'm right up to that point. Okay, so um, what I'm trying to work out is, okay, so you've got the Tangarians. Is that how you say it? Tangarians? Yeah. Tangarians? Tangarians. So they're the... I, I stupidly always thought they had magical powers, but they're just humans, right? Yeah, they're just humans that... Uh, well, any, but they have a bond with dragons, basically. Yeah, I don't know if... I wouldn't say necessarily magic powers, but they are rumored to have... Like I said, they got the bond of dragons. They're, they're the dragon. Uh, there's a lot of inbreeding going on. Yeah. Uh, there There's insanity running through the the family. Yeah, so, okay, so uh, I understand that now, and, and like, I, I always thought they had, so they've got that going on, but then, you know, the sea people, like, or whatever they're called, the, like, the black guy and all that, who they're sort of heavy allies with, um, uh, you know, the guy I'm talking about, the guy with the dreads yeah. and all that kind of yeah. stuff? Yeah. Okay, so they're always talking about some prior continent or something that sunk. Can you explain that to me? Like no, I don't remember offhand. Well, they're always talking about like um, some previous civilization, and so's the old king. He's always going on about this previous civilization that they're sort of discards from or survivors from. I guess is the right word. I was wondering if there's some sort of cataclysm that, that I don't know offhand. I mean, I'm not sure on that mm. because I'm 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 getting super confused. Like, I'm like, is it a cataclysm or is it just like a civilization that, like, Rome that fell? But I always get the impression that, like, you know the guys with the dreads that I'm talking about? Like, the right, guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, those, those people, I believe, Valeria? Is yeah. That, is that ringing a bell? Yeah, Valeria. Well, what's Valeria? Can you explain that to me? Do you, do you, because I'm, I'm struggling with it. Like, I think it's the old civilization. I was wondering, is that in the books? At all? Yeah, they do. Again, they don't. I don't remember mentioning anything about a, a cataclysm. It may be. I think it's more like like you're talking about like Rome falling. Gotcha. Okay. Their civilizations kind of fell. Okay. Right. Okay. But yeah. Valerians are an older. I don't want to say race. An older. Uh, uh, Here we go. It's a ruined city. 
Valyria is a ruined city in Essos. It is a long dead city of wonderment and was once the capital of a great empire called the Valyria Freehold. Valyrian Freehold. It was destroyed by a cataclysmic event known as the Doom of Valyria a century before Aeon's landing, blah, blah, blah. So it's the ancestral home of House Targaryen, which is right. those guys, House Selagar and House Valyrian. And House Valyrian is the, is the black guy with the dreads and he's like gay son and all that stuff. Yeah. And in fact, yeah, I know in the Game of Thrones, they had the Valyrian, the swords made of Valyrian steel, which is supposed to be like super strong. Wow. That- so, you know what impresses me? God bless George R. R. Martin for doing kind of like a modern-day Tolkien world build in such depth, you know? Yes, my only problem with it is he's getting sidetracked with other projects, and oh yeah, there's still two more books in the series, the, the actual Game of Thrones series. Yeah. He hasn't written yet. And he's old. And, and he, he's old as fuck. He's old so, as fuck, overweight, doesn't look that healthy. Um, yeah, and as a fat guy, I, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, he doesn't, you know, I, I don't know if he's going to live long enough because it takes him, the other books, it took him five to ten years to write each book. You know, I'm going to give you a so, counterpoint. All that's true. You know what I think it is? And I, and I say this as a writer and someone who, you know, you, you're constantly fighting uphill. He's right. finally, after a whole career of being a very respected writer, he finally hit that jackpot that every writer dreams about. And with that came shows, obviously money, adulation, you know, side in projects that he probably makes a lot of money from. What I'm saying is this is maybe a guy who hit the jackpot and part of him is like, fuck it, I just want to smell the roses, you know? And again, I'm coming from two different angles because, again, I'm I'm a wannabe writer myself. So I understand that portion of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, fuck it. I've got the money. If I don't get them done, I'll get them done. Fuck it. But as a reader, as a reader, yeah. That's where me like, God damn, he finishes damn. I want to read what happened, but yeah, no. As as a as a wannabe writer myself, I understand exactly. Yeah, it's just so rare to hit that jackpot, and he is such a good writer, and he was so well respected even before this. So Mm -hmm. I mean, he he trucked around like TV genre fiction for for uh, like a decade, fifteen years probably, and then he finally, you know, twenty years in, he hit the jackpot, and he did pump out more books, and I just feel that like. At his age, I think he struggles to be motivated to keep going because of yeah, you know, I'm sure there's other stuff, you know. And again, like I say, as, as a reader, as a fan of the stories, mm. fuck you, write the books, George. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. as a realist and as a want to be writer myself, I understand. No, you know what? Well, he fuck. knows he's going to die. Like this is the thing. This is what people forget. Like, unfortunately, money. Yeah, it can make your life fucking easier, but you can't yeah. stop the aging process in the end. You know, yeah. like exactly. the reaper, the reaper's gonna come no matter what, no matter what you're worth. Like even fucking Steve Jobs, even like Rupert Murdoch. At one point, the reaper will come for them against their fucking wishes. You know, and yeah, as a reader, I want to read the story. As a writer, I understand that. I don't know, maybe I don't know his feelings on it. But if he's not enjoying it like he was, I don't blame him for not wanting to continue. Because mm. again, if you don't have, if he doesn't have the joy for it like he used to, yeah, I can understand that. Maybe another again, I don't know. I haven't talked with George Martin. <laughs> Be good to get him. I, I'd <laughs> yeah. love to get him. You know, because I have oh, yeah. nothing but re- like I, you know, like I've got nothing but respect for the guy. Because because I, I just think what he did is so hard to do. You know. No, he yeah he created yeah. This, you know, I know he's been, he was involved with the Wild Card series of novels. Yes, yeah, he wrote um, he wrote a good vampire novel, Fever Dream, which I really liked too. 
I have to check that one out. It's a good one. It's a good. It's, but, a, it's a good one. It's set back in um, oh, I don't even know what century, like nineteenth century America, like all about riverboats and stuff. It's cool. Oh uh, yeah, but yeah, so yeah, it's interesting. I don't want to say now, but yeah, no, uh, no, no, no. It's it's the classic. You know who? You know who is kind of the opposite of George R. R. Martin, but similar. Robert Jordan, um, he struggled with. A cancer diagnosis and he pumped out as much as he possibly could to the day he died then he had huge notes left over that brandon sanderson finished from and wrote stuff from quite well actually too uh there was a guy who was so committed to just grinding through the books and maybe they're not of the same caliber but i tell you what they're not bad you know right um yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure I've read it, but I've heard of them. So, oh, the Wheel of Time, like it's not as it's yeah, it's not as literary worthy, probably, but it's similar. It's fantasy. It's you know, it's a long running series. It, it does have a strong, um, you know, a background world. Um, it's very Tolkien esque. Like I enjoy it, but but he really like focused like a beast. And those right. novels were huge. They sold like hundreds of millions of copies. And he he wrote till his dying day. And even and he had cancer and unfortunately passed away. Brandon Sanderson picked up like copious structure and notes and managed to flesh out the final two books. So it's kind of the almost opposite of George R. R. Martin, who you know, um, that, I, who I think has clearly struggled for motivation over the last decade to finish writing the books. Yeah. So yeah, come on, George. I mean, and but it happens to um, I don't know if you're familiar with this book, The Name of the Wind. Ever heard of this guy, Patrick Roth Rothus? I think his name is. It sounds familiar, but I I couldn't point it out. Well, younger guy familiar. doesn't have any of the excuses that George R. R. Martin has. Two very good, successful books has barely written a word since, and just constantly right. and, and frankly, you know. Um, there, I think the criticism is a bit more valid because it's kind of like, yeah. dude, you've been teasing these books for, you know, you wrote two good books and then it's been a decade plus. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I don't understand how come their agents aren't breathing down their necks, you know? Yeah, I, I don't understand. I mean, like, like you said, totally different situation. Yeah, Martin's been in the field for mm. 100 years. Yeah, a long time. A long time. Yeah, he he was he was back in the old days of like the seventies is when he started. Yeah, you know? yeah. And he's done a lot of work, either editing or you know writing, and you know, like you said, film, TV, mm. books. So I, I I can and again, as I said, it's just the part of me that's a reader that wants to finish the series is saying hurry up and get done, Martin. But the realistic part of me realizes, yeah, no, you know what? He's done. If he doesn't finish the books, fuck it, he's done enough. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, compared to someone that's just got two books out, I'm like, yeah, what are you doing? You know, get get some work done, boy. You know. Yeah, no, totally, totally, and and that's <laughs> and that's the best. And, and 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 frankly, George R. R. Martin is kind of too big to fail. But this other guy isn't. You know, like yeah. he his his fan base is is decaying by the fucking day. Um, yeah, but he's anyway. got so many fans, and he's got so many. Again, he's got as we talked about, he's got so much different type of work out there. I mean, yes, Game of Thrones is arguably his biggest sure. property. But like I say, he was involved with wild cards. He's done a lot of this other stuff. Yeah. So he he can and again he he's and, and he and he works on the TV. Like he's involved in that. In I I think a lot of it is the side projects as well. Yeah. They probably so, pay very well for doing a lot less work. You know. I'm sure that he has enough money to again as old as he is at this point. Live comfortably. Uh, to live comfortably and not have to. 
uh, put out work. I mean, and again, he's got a big enough fan base that the fans aren't going to well, he's leave a, him at this point. He's a non-controversial figure too. You don't ever hear George yeah. Martin like speak. He's wise enough to say nothing, really, you know? <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, no, fuck it, I've got this huge fan base. Why why disintegrate it kind of thing? Like, Unlike... Uh, Harry Potter, J.K. Rowling, yeah, who who goes in stro- very strongly on a point of view that is only going to alienate certain fans. You know, you're not going to win too many fans with that kind of viewpoint. And from what know. I've heard, I, I don't entirely disagree with everything she said. I know, but oh, yeah. as a big writer, it's got, you know, like yeah, she's not doing. Like I, 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 I agree. I think it's the backlash is a bit too strong. Um, yes. It's just not wise. If your agent, her agent, I'd be like, you know what. Like let's stop. <laughs> Let let's stop tweeting out this shit. It, it, it's not helping, you know. But again, mm-hmm. she's probably saying, "Well, I've sold hundreds of millions of stuff, and it's all still selling. So what's the problem?" Yeah, she, she has enough money, you know. Yeah, I was just looking. Martin is seventy four years old. Yeah. So yes. I tell uh, you, I tell you, a writer that um I'm really getting into. He's passed away now. Richard Matheson. Have you ever heard of him? Yes, I've read some of his books. Yeah, so I'm going through a real phase of him at the moment. I, I watched um I'm I'm I, I love I Am Legend. I fucking love that book. And I love the movie The Omega Man, if you've ever seen it. Yeah. With Charlton Heston. I love that movie. That's actually what got me into it. Then I realized he'd written a lot of Twilight Zone and I watched Terror at twenty thousand feet with uh, oh. Will Shatner last night. Oh great. Yeah, it was a great one. Great episode. And he did he did um Steel. Which, which then became the movie Real Steel with Australia's Hugh Jackman, a movie I love, is based on a Richard Matheson story. And his fingerprints are everywhere. And next show, just so listeners know, Rich and I are going to be doing um, a Star Trek Mirror Universe graphic novel collection by Mike Barr. Um, and it's the, you remember, if you know Star Trek, the Mirror Universe original episode with Shatner, the evil Shatner and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I recently actually sat down and did it because, again, I've seen Star Trek on and off throughout the years, mm. but it was on Paramount, so I sat down here cool. and and binged the entire... That's fucking cool. So he did the Enemy Within episode where um, Kirk becomes, like, split. Right. I think that's that's a Richard Mathis episode. We're going to do a review of it next episode. So I just wanted to point out, I am going through um, a real Richard Matheson phase, and, and listeners... Check out I Am Legend, the original story, because The Omega Man is a fantastic movie. I thought the Will Smith movie was interesting, though not perfect, but nothing beats the original storyline. This guy could seriously write. Like, he's an, he's an inspiration to writers, frankly. Oh, yeah, very much so. Yeah. No, so it's good stuff. Um, now, She-Hulk. Uh, have you watched this show, Aaron? Yes, that's another show that the wife and I uh, ben- well, not, didn't binge. We watched that. That was one of our, our nightly shows because uh, we are sundown about nine o'clock or so, nine, nine thirty, mm. and give her another half hour. I give her till ten o'clock or so to watch a show right after I get up the next morning. So yeah. that's one of the things that we, we would watch when it came out and I, I enjoyed it. I I really like it's I, a fun, light watch. I felt like it yes. was a you know, and I and I'm not a, a lover of every single Marvel show. Like I thought some of them were a bit boring actually, but I felt this was one of the most fun ones they've done. And I liked, I, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> I heard, uh, the CGI for She-Hulk to me was a little iffy, totally. but I was able to overlook it. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I, I enjoyed, it was very, to me, very John Burnish. Yes. He wrote the series. Oh, yeah. She-Hulk. Yeah. I loved the last episode, spoilers for the last episode. I, I loved when she broke the fourth wall and, That's you great. know, the, 
the, the Disney platform app. She was on the like, Disney Plus app. It was fantastic. Exactly what we see when we log in. Yeah, she's, wait a minute. She's like, what the heck? Oh, oh And how wow. about Kevin being the AI? That was kind of clever. Yes. And I, I like the fact, because you know, I've enjoyed most of the Marvel stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Thor and his the movie, those Thor movies. Sure. Uh, but for the most part, I've enjoyed most of the Marvel stuff. Um. Yeah, no, it was good. But did you like in the um, – I loved in the last episode where they did the start of the Incredible Hulk show, but as, as Savage She-Hulk. That was so well done. Like, oh, I, I, I busted up. I love that because, again, as a fan, as we talked about earlier, of the, the Bill Bixby Hulk show. Oh, yeah. I, I love that intro, and I, lo- I love the – and that's where I was going earlier. Uh, I love the fact that they called out – that again, like I said, I like – Anywhere from like to love most of the Marvel stuff. Mm. I, it, it does have that very formulaic, formulaic, you know, way of doing it. And so I like how at the, this one here, they didn't have the big battle at the end. They started yes. doing, wait a minute, I mean, that's you busted out of the Disney and went and talked to KEVIN. And, you know, we have well, that this- was clever. And it was, well, it was, it was yeah. good because, like, it would have been a disappointment if they just did a real sort of like very um you know like predictable ending yeah i would have enjoyed it but not as much as what we got because yeah she called it out you know why we have to do you know every every marvel show's got this you know big third act you know big battle why do we have to do that yeah exactly (laughs) like like scarlet witch which i thought was an interesting show one division i think that 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 struggled with a very formulaic ending but um you know, and I think I, I think they learned their le- like. It's always good to me when something because look, I'm not a, so much a fan of this of Disney Star Wars spinoffs, but I think Marvel they've still got some like I I don't think this phase has been as strong as other phases, but they but they're showing signs that they're a bit aware. You know, right. they're they're a little bit aware of some of the pitfalls that they've got. Like, I'm sorry, Ironheart, my interest is zero. You know, it's actually at zero. Echo. Very close to zero. Um, Hawkeye, I haven't even watched the show. Maybe I'll try it at some point. But yeah, I think, I, you know, I'll probably enjoy it. But, but like, what I'm trying to say is, I think they're aware in some ways that, that they've plateaued as a brand. And, you know, maybe they'll take some steps to redress it. Maybe. And that's, and that's kind of what this called out. So, yeah, maybe yeah. I'm hoping maybe they will. Because like I've enjoyed, I, I enjoy the formula because, again, it, it's comic books. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. What comic books do. So I don't expect anything different. I enjoy it because, again, I'm a big comic book geek. Sure. But I, I do like when they shake, like, say, like the ending of She-Hulk. I like That's when right. they shake things up. And, yeah, like I say, this was very John Byrne break, breaking through the panel and talking. Oh, yeah. It was great, man. Like, it was a pleasure. When we, when I was watching it, I was thinking, man, they're really, they're really, I mean, she broke the fourth wall every single episode, but she really broke the fourth wall. And I was like, yeah, this is, I'm actually glad I'm watching something like this, you know? Yes, yes. I I, I, I don't want every show. I say uh, I could see the Peacemaker show doing that. I don't like that for Peacemaker because that's not the type of character it is. Yeah. But She-Hulk, fuck it. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah, yeah it was great. I, it. I was thinking um, during the – I love and I, I love that start where they homage the original Incredible Hulk yes. show. I was thinking, I wonder if the reporter will show up. Well, I've just Googled him while we're talking. Sadly, dead. Um in real life. Do you remember the reporter that was always tracking down the Hulk? Jack McGee. 
Yeah, Jack McGee, real thorn in the fucking Hulk side. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah, sadly, Jack Colvin, who played him, cashed out in 2005, so yeah. uh, not available. Um, that would have been nice. But... It would have been nice. Would would have required a necromantic act. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so... a, you get a Bernie's type, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Wowee, that would have been fun. Um, yeah, you're almost 20 years later. He probably would have been stinking a little bit. So, yeah, he would have exactly. Unless they had the um, idea to sort of taxidermy, you know, <laughs> him at the time. If they'd had the foresight, but who knows and what sh- shape he was in. And I do like. I think it was in the the Ed Norton Hulk movie where they they made a reference to Jack McGee. Yeah, definitely. One, one of the kids that they were taught. I say kids, the college students. Yeah. I think it was one of Sam Wilson. That was Jack McGee. I chuckled when I heard that. Like, ah, Jack McGee, I like that. Yeah, I mean, he was he was fun. Like, I, I I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, no. So I mean, look, Rich Rich is like one of these guys who will not watch the She Hulk show on principle. But 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 I will say this: I thoroughly enjoyed it. My favorite of the TV shows is probably Loki, followed by She Hulk. That's that's the two that I really kind of dug. What, what about you in terms of the Marvel TV? I would say it's hard for me to pinpoint because again, my my. Uh, my mind changes from day to day. Sure. But probably the top three is probably Loki, She-Hulk, and probably for me, WandaVision. Yeah. WandaVision was very interesting. They're doing a spin-off with um, Agatha, uh, Catherine yeah. uh, Hahn, is it? Um, which yeah. I think is interesting. Where are you sort of sort of spitting out of the Marvel stuff, but still Disney? I have found Andor incredibly boring. I, and I thought I was going to enjoy Andor. We, we, we've actually only watched the first two. Uh, and we're like maybe three, and we're struggling to be motivated to continue. Have you tried it out? Yeah, I'm, I haven't watched the latest episodes yet, but I've caught the rest of them, and it is slower paced, but I, I'm enjoying it. Well, uh, t- t- tell me because I don't give a shit about spoilers. Does it get fucking more exciting? Because I, we're three in, and I'm like, my god, it feels like it's moving like a snail. Like, do we start seeing anyone we know, like any cool bounty hunters, anything? Not really. Um, yeah, I, if you don't like it yet, I don't know if you're going to finish it because it is, it is a slow burn. I just, I just question if we needed a prequel to a prequel, you know, probably not. Yeah. I just, I like, I, and believe you me, I, I really liked Rogue One. It's actually one of my favorite movies that Disney have done of Star Wars. Like I, I really enjoyed it, but, and when they were like, we're going to do a prequel with Andor and I was like, okay, well, all right, but they, they, I, for me, they haven't made it fascinating, you know. I was excited to get more Star Wars, but mm. yeah, hearing there's an Andor show, I, I wasn't like, oh yes, I want to know more about him. Uh, but I am, I'm enjoying it to an extent. But yeah, it, it is a slow burn. And do we see anyone we know, like any characters, like Princess Leia or anything? No, no I'm trying to think. Um, you know, does what's I, his name turn up? Uh, Jimmy Smith at all or anything? No, I I can't think anyone we've seen. Okay, that really ties in anywhere. It, I know the internet I mean, fucking hated Obi Wan, but I actually quite liked Obi Wan. I enjoyed Obi Wan. Yeah, I, yeah, I was that. I was like I don't know why everyone's complaining so much. I'm actually enjoying it. You know. Yeah, no, I liked Obi Wan. Boba um, Fett. I I liked Boba Fett, even though I know it was it, Boba Fett was a pussy. I still enjoyed <laughs> the show. You know. And see, I don't. I don't blame where they went with him because again i mean he he went into a sarlacc pit and survived that so he, of course he's going to be beat down and sure but he was a bit too much of a pussy man for but, boba fett you know 
Right. And but see, I, I didn't mind them trying to build him back up. So I, I know a lot of people complained about, you know, oh, they went out on Boba Fett. Well, again, he's had a lot going on. And yeah, he has. I don't understand what they were doing with him. So I, I didn't mind it. I'm enjoying uh, Mandalorian, of course. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked, you know who I liked in Boba Fett? I look at it and believe you me, I enjoy, I did enjoy it. Um, right. The blue bounty hunter that turned up. I forget what his name, Caden, someone or other. I don't. Yeah, he's from the Clone Wars. He was cool, man. He or, was cool. Yeah, he's um, from the Clone Wars cartoon. Yeah, he was pretty cool. Like, yeah. look, but I preferred Obi Wan to Boba Fett. I, Boba Fett, I thought I would really enjoy because he's one of my favorites. And then I was like, okay, it's good, but not great. But I thought Obi Wan with you and McGregor, I really thought that was a pretty good shot. Oh yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought that was great. That's probably probably the best. Star Wars show. Oh, I think so. It's done. Yeah, no, that was great. I enjoyed Obi Wan in in Andor because I will. Even though I have to solo watch it, I'll watch it because I am a bit of a Star Wars fan. Um, right. Is the uh, what do you call it? Like Rebels? They're a, they're a proper thing by then because this is just before the um, New Hope. So Rebels were it's around, aren't they? Five years before, I think a New Hope. So do they call themselves Rebels or is it Resistance? What is it? Um, I, I believe they refer to them as both, but yeah, there's 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 references in here, especially the last couple of episodes to the resistance and the rebels. Okay. okay. So yeah, no, they, they are a thing, and they're they're not the rebels, but yeah, they're they're slowly becoming and working on. Is building. um, what's his name in it? Uh, Forrest Whitaker's character. Uh, they've made references to him, but I haven't seen his character now. Okay. Well, all right. I, I tell you what, I, I, I've, I've said this so many times. I'd love to see a TIE fighter show, you know, with the TIE fighter pilots, because I fucking love those guys. Yeah. I, yeah, tend to I, side, I tend to side with the Empire more of the time. I just feel they're just trying to institute order across the galaxy and just constantly disrupted by these anarchists, you know? Some, sometimes I agree with that feeling. <laughs> sometimes, yes, I, I do. But, but, but seriously, what about an X-Wing versus TIE fighter show? That'd be cool. And I know Mar- or Lucasfilms, the, the novels, they had a... a Rogue uh, Squadron. Rogue Squadron uh, series of books. So, yeah, and I've heard rumors that they were talking about doing some sort of... I'd love to say a Rogue Squadron series. But that, that would be cool, too. Oh, that would be a lot of... Like, do it like... It'd be almost like a fighter pilot series, you know? Like, more about the war and stuff. Like, and then you could have the background shenanigans, you know, like they did on Battlestar Galactica. But it would be... I think really interesting, kind of more of a war story. You could set it, you know, maybe post New Hope, you know, right. in, in that gap between New Hope and Empire where the Empire, you well, know, so it, it's a perfect uh, time. Yeah, it could fit right before right before New Hope. It could fit between a New Hope and uh, Empire, between yeah. Empire and the Jedi. It could fit almost anywhere in there. Exactly, because the war was ongoing. and Or uh, even afterwards, like a cleanup effort or something and try, yeah. you know, remnants of – because. When when Palpatine died in the Death Star, I'm sorry, in quotes, died mm. in the in the, uh, Return of the Jedi, I mean the, the the Empire didn't just collapse overnight. No, no. So yeah, they they could have even done it after you know, do a series after Return of the Jedi, you know, where they're cleaning up the galaxy and, and fighting remnants of the Empire. And when I was a kid, I assumed like a stupid kid that like it all just collapsed at once. But you are right; yeah. in real life, that wouldn't happen. Um, yeah, and I'm like, oh, okay, the good guys won. You know, it's good guys won. We're dancing around the fire. Everyone's happy. 
uh, Ewoks have got you know stormtrooper skulls and, <laughs> and I mean, as I got older, yeah, I came to that realization. Well, no, it wouldn't have just the empire itself wouldn't have collapsed. It would. Yeah, have. There, there certainly would have been, been regard actions and et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. like in parts of the imperial fleet. Now that guy, I always forget his name. He's the blue genius, um, like imperial general who's in like all the post Return of the Jedi. What's his name? You know the guy. Uh, Grand Animal Thrawn. Yeah, is he in any of this live action stuff? Has he turned up? Not yet. He's supposed to show up somewhere. He showed up. Where, where did I see him? At? He was in like Rebels or something, wasn't he? He was in Rebels, and there's rumors he's supposed to show up. Uh, Ahsoka is supposed to be getting a right, show. Right. Yes, that's yeah, you know what? That's that's it. Because Ahsoka's the character Rosario Dawson's playing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She was. She was uh, Anakin's uh, Padme. Yeah, see, I, I found Mandalorian Season 2... I found Season 1 actually a bit overrated and a bit dull, but I found Season 2 was really cool, and I liked that they were bringing in, like, um, uh, the the chick from Battlestar Galactica and Rosario Dawson, and we saw Luke, and, you know, it was... I, for me, it was ticking a lot of boxes, you know? Oh, yeah, no, definitely. You know, so it's funny, because, like, I know, and I'm kind of with people, like, I, I hated the last two Star Wars movies, but they've kind of started to redeem themselves a little bit with all this TV content, other than, obviously, I'm finding Andor a slog, but that's okay. You give me seven shows, one of them's a slog. That's not a bad conversion, you know? Well, that's one thing I, I've been saying for quite a while now, is now is a great time to be a geek. Yeah. Because, like, so you're just a couple years younger than I am, so when we were kids... Sure. You... you took whatever they gave you because 100%. you didn't very yeah. much. Nowadays, I say, I love the Teen Titans by uh, Prez and Wolfman. Sure. I, I I should have loved the Titans TV show, but I think it's horrible. <laughs> but I tell you who's not horrible on that show, Minka Kelly. Oh, my God. She's, who, she, she's, she plays um, uh, the blonde chick. She plays Dove. Oh, okay. She, See, I, oh, she's gorgeous. I'm a big man. fan of Hawk and Dove, wow. uh, the comic book. In fact, I'm going to cover that at some point in the future on one of my podcasts. Yeah. I'm not sure how yet, but somewhere down the way, I'm going to talk about Hawk and Dove. But yeah. I don't. I love Hawk and Dove. I don't like the way they did him in the show. Yeah, but she is beautiful. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Just oh, purely oh, as a sexual kind of comment. She's, oh yes, she's just fucking fantastic. I was like, who is this angel that's entered my life? You know, um, I yeah, hundred percent on that. <laughs> I, I don't like the way they did the characters. They're making her too, in my opinion, too dark. Sure, but. Yeah, no, she's beautiful to look at. I will, I will agree a hundred percent with you on that one. <laughs> yeah, the rest of the show is—I mean, I can't even remember the show really. It's—it's it's unmemorable, you know. Like it's okay, but I'd watch a show here, a couple episodes here and there, and yeah, I, I don't like. Again, as I talk, I don't like race changes. I don't like you sure, know. Sure. When they deviate, and you know, I say Hawk and Dove in the comic is magical. Right. Really. Here, there's just a couple, you know, a couple of kids that had on costumes. They're, they're just uh, sort of vigilantes. Yeah, in the comics, they actually get their they they say their names and they become Hawk and Dove. Really, it's, it's very magic based. Yeah, like a Shazam just, kind of moment. Yeah, they're they're powered by the Lords of Order and Chaos. I did not know that, man. Well, yeah, none of that's, that's in Titans, man. Yeah, zero. That's why I like it because I'm a huge fan of that era of, of Hawk and Dove, and they don't do any of that. They didn't consult with you, man, on this one, did they? That's... They need to. Con- that's what we talked about like, on the GI my GI Joe show. We've talked about. <laughs> G.I. Joe, when they do these movies, they need to consult. Not maybe not with, well, yeah, with me, but with uh, G.I. Joe fans and get. Yeah, yeah, as well. I, as we've gone on and on about on our shows how horrible it was. It oh, was the cool. G.I. Joe movies, they are like, look, 
I enjoyed Retaliation. I, the know, I know you did, and, and I don't mind it either, but, like, I don't think they've ever hit it out of the park, put it that way, no. you know? I, said, I enjoyed Retaliation, but, yeah, no, it hasn't been hit out of the park. I even enjoyed bits of the first one, frankly, you know? Yeah. Rise of Cobra was decent. It wasn't It wasn't bad, mm. but it, was, yeah, it wasn't what I wanted. And let's and not even was, go into Snake Eyes too much. Yeah, yeah I've read and raved enough about that on my own show. Oh, all, all I'm going to say is... <laughs> the only good thing about that movie was that it put a G.I. Joe product out there and for a second people were talking about G.I. Joe. That was the only thing, you know? Well, and I will say, I will give a compliment. I thought they did a great job with uh, the guy that played Storm Shadow. Yeah, he was good. He was I good. thought he was really good. He, he, I thought he carried it. If it wasn't for him, yeah, it may not have been watchable. But and that's why I go to a local restaurant here and the guy knows I'm a big geek, a big, you know, and mm. so he's asking, like, so what, what do you think about the Snake Eyes movie? I'm like, well, it's a good... I like good martial arts movie. Yeah. Action type movie, but it's a horrible GI Joe movie. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the best way to describe it to me. It's a good action, uh, uh martial arts type flick. Mm. But it's a horrible GI Joe. Oh, there's Joe so movie. much they could have done too. We won't yes. even get into it. Like one thing, and look, I love him to Larry Hummer to death, but they, they wheeled out Larry Hummer to give it praise. And I was just like, mm-hmm. it, it, it kind of hurt my ears. Cause I'm like, I, I doubt Larry Hummer really feels this was a great movie. You know, yeah, and I, yeah, I don't know how much of it he felt was a great movie and how much it was just I'm getting paid for this. So yeah, that's great. No, and, and I and dude, I get and believe you me, I get it. I'm never going to speak a bad word about the guy, but but I just felt that was on the nose. You know, yeah. you, well, but, I was, you know, I was friends with Larry on Hammond Facebook, but he, he defriended me because oh. I wasn't oh. quite liberal enough for him. <laughs> you, you weren't quite what liberal enough, right? They were talk- really? Black Lives Matter? Yeah, they were talking about black. It was during the whole Black Lives Matter thing, and I'm like, well, Black Lives Matter. <laughs> Honestly, it doesn't really do anything. Yeah. Every life matters. Yeah, yeah. You're brown, Asian. Yeah. Uh, whatever it is, especially at the time, you know, we had Trump saying, you know, uh, Mexicans are coming to attack America. Sure. Uh, calling the COVID virus the China virus. <laughs> he, he wasn't wrong. It did start in Wuhan. <laughs> right, but yeah, but people are attacking Asian people because of that. I'm like, yeah, that's crazy. That was crazy. And, yeah, and he defriended me because I, I wouldn't agree with him that Black Lives Matter. Oh, oh well, <laughs> Jesus. Like, he's a fucking legend. Um, you oh, know, I love his- he doesn't have to run his every view by me. But I, I just – look, I know – I look, I, I get it. He, Larry Hama is like the godfather of the G.I. Joe stuff, and, mm-hmm. and they want to get his blessing because there will be a certain percentage of the audience on the fence – that right. thinks, you know, like, and it might not even be a huge audience, but it's enough of an audience that they're hoping. But that movie, I mean, I looked at the receipts. It was, it, it bombed. It was a true bomb, you know? I, I gave it more of a chance than I would have because Larry Hama signed off on it. Yeah, yeah. Larry said it was going to be good. So, I, you know what? I'm going to give Larry the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. He's he said the godfather, the creator of the modern G.I. Joe. Yeah. He's what I, you know, I love his work. So I'm going to give him a bit. I'm going to, okay, I'm going to go into the movie with open mind. Yeah. Larry, it's good. So let's go for, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Larry, Larry, I hope that check cleared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> but anyway, uh, he, he's one of the guys we want to get on the show. He's a busy guy, lovely guy. Um, I, I, I chat to him a, just a little bit on Facebook, mostly to try to get him on the show, but it always seems like a nice guy. Very busy. Um, yeah. and you know, I don't, I, I'm not one of these guys. I, I'm not one of these guys. I'm not going to hound these guys. Like, you know, yeah, at a certain point, like you can come on or not, dude. Like it's not the end of the world. Like I tried to get him on my show, but yeah, he's, he told me he doesn't go, doesn't do it via 
Skype or anything. He, he only does it in person. That way, if you he, if he, if he piss him off, he can get up and walk away. Jesus, really? I don't know that's just what he told me, but that's what he's telling me, that he doesn't do <laughs> anything online. He can uh, always hang up. Yeah, that's, I don't know how much of this, that's what he was telling me or that's much as <laughs> like you could you know what I say it's easier you can just hang up and like the end yeah. like <laughs> I do have a brief interview with them on one of my episodes uh one of the guys involved with DC in the 80s the website yeah uh he caught him at a comic con right at one of the conventions and so he did a brief interview and, and sent it to me cool so I, I do have my episode right one of my guys did get a brief interview with Larry so Interesting, interesting guy. Very, very cool career. I love these guys with yeah. such a breadth of work, and you can really just dial into a few bits and pieces, see what they want to talk about. I mean, he he cameoed in Mash Man, like the TV yes, show. I, yeah, yes, yeah. I watched that episode here not too long ago. I'm a big, big Mash fan, so yeah. like, uh, I'd love to get you know, just give us the give us a day on the set. You know, like what was going on. Like before I, I cut cable, there one of the stations was always playing Mash. Yeah, that's uh, gotcha. Uh, like on Saturdays, they played all day long. It's on Hulu and Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we role play with my son on Saturday night via Skype, and it's usually playing in the background in the front room as I'm role playing in the kitchen. Beautiful. And yeah, the, yeah. One one day, one of the guys, you know, he started up the game. He's like, "Oh, well, I can hear Mash in the background. It's time to start the game." <laughs> Hilariously, when he said that for a second, I thought you were role playing Mash, and oh, no. that that'd be a fucking trip. Role playing as Hawkeye and stuff, you know. Yeah. Fun. It'd be a and, lot uh, of fun. Yeah, I have Mash playing in the back. He's like, oh, it's Saturday night. Aaron's watching Mash. <laughs> He's got it on. Um, I've got a question for you. Uh, we covered last week on the show the Frasier reboot is finally happening. Uh, Kelsey Grammer, who, by the way, ain't getting any younger. Um, <laughs> I saw a picture of Kelsey Grammer. A lot of work done. He's lost all weight. Uh, you know when people look too thin and too old? That's where he is. Okay. Uh, you, you know what I'm saying? You know when you lose too much weight and the age as well plus the work done and I'm yeah. like, whatever I'm looking at doesn't look, I don't natural. know, yeah, natural. Like, But anyway, I love Frasier. And I was just wondering, were you a fan of Frasier and are you excited for the reboot? And I actually said, why don't well, the reboot I really want is Cheers. That's what I really want, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I so yeah. I did. I didn't watch it when it was first out, but I did watch Frasier on uh, like Fox or one of these other channels when they showed it, like in reruns. Yeah. Uh, so I did watch a lot of Frasier. I, I wouldn't say I'm a Frasier fan, hmm. but I will probably check out the reboot. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, you know, I, I think it's a sequely kind of thing. Like the the father's dead in real life. Yeah. Um, but Niles is going to be in it, and I believe the British lady. Will be in it, um, whatever her name is. You know, you know the chick I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, she was like the carer, sort of, and she marries Niles, I think, from memory. Um, and Ross, I would assume, would be in it, like the the studio announcer, right? So you know, like uh, I don't uh, see. I think, like, think of this, like Howard Stern is still a thing, isn't he? You know. Yep. So you you know they, you could make it more internety, but you could still do Frasier. Like it's not like the world, you know, and it'd be. I think I think fun to do. Like they rebooted Will and Grace, I thought pretty successfully. Oh, did they say I haven't, I haven't seen that? It was if you liked Will and Grace, and I loved Will and Grace. Um, Michelle and I, we watched the new ones. It, it was good, you know. It was a worthy sort of follow up. Right. Yeah, so, I never got to that one, so I. But I was pitching, and I want to get this from you. I was saying, why not do Cheers? And so Sam still work in the bar, and imagine bringing everyone back to the bar, dude. Wouldn't that be cool? Now, now see, 
Cheers, on the other hand, that's a show I watched. It was on the air. Yeah. I, I enjoyed Cheers. Uh, yes, I, I would love to see a Cheers. Yeah, man. Uh, and Sam Malone could still work the bar. Like, fucking Ted Danson's never out of work. This guy's... <laughs> This guy has been on fucking camera. It feels like since 1978 or something. Like, I love him. He could still yeah. work the bar, couldn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not – working the bar is not a a very strenuous yeah. activity. So, yeah, no, he could definitely – He could do it. Yeah. I, I'm sort of surprised they haven't rebooted it because, you'd ha- you like, people are still – like, as far as I'm aware, uh, George Wen is still alive. Um, I, I, I don't see him doing a lot of stuff. Cliff Clavin is still right. alive. He does mostly voice work. Reed yeah. Perlman is still alive, married to Danny DeVito, possibly separated, but still alive. Uh, Sam Malone is still alive. So there's enough there of the basics that you can you can form a nucleus, you know? Woody's still alive. Yeah, but would Woody Harrison do it? But, he, but obviously he's still alive, yeah. It'd be fucking great. Coach is dead, sadly, you know? Yeah. Um, but there's enough, what I'm saying is there's enough people and this was never a show that was like, uh, Sam was the sex symbol of the show. You know, it was like George Went was not a sex symbol, you know? So an aged George Went like hunkering down on the bar would be kind of cool, I reckon, you know? So I'm just putting that out there. If we're rebooting Frasier, well, fuck it. Let's reboot Cheers, you know? Yeah. Oh no! I, I, yeah, yeah, that's one. I say Frasier. I'd, I'd probably watch just because I, I enjoy. You know, the episodes I did watch, I enjoyed. Sure. But Cheers, yeah, that's when I would definitely. I'm all about it. I'm trying to start yeah. a campaign, man. I, the signals. We we talked about it last show. Made a few waves, and and then now I'm starting to come back with a real nucleus of stars. Let's just start getting some offers out there. We know Ted Danson's available. Like, you 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 just got to meet his price, and he'll appear. You know. Yep. Um, so anyway, well, yeah, I, I'd never forget. Have you ever seen that Larry, uh, not Larry David, um, he is hilarious in Curb, but that Seinfeld episode where, where George is going, it really bothers him that Ted Danson's making so much more money than him. And Jerry's like, he's good. You're not. <laughs> he goes, I feel I'm as good. He goes, you're worse. Far, far worse. <laughs> he's good. You're not. <laughs> yeah. I, I love it. Love to see a Cheers. Oh yeah, either reboot or a like they did for Quantum Leap, an actual sequel. To Just it. a sequel. Hey, look, dude, it's it, they're at a fucking bar. That was the whole show. They rarely left the bar ever. They they did look. There are episodes where they leave the bar briefly, but mostly it's all inside the bar. Yeah, yeah it's the whole oh. point of the whole fucking show. Um, now, with some some claims came out. There's a bit of an anti-Bill Murray vibe going on in Hollywood at the moment. For some reason, it's Bill Murray's turn to get cancelled. I'm sure Bill Murray's like, gee, I bet Bill Murray can't sleep at night. Now, Seth Green claimed that Bill Murray dangled him over a trash can on the set of Saturday Night Live when he was about 12 or something. Um, he's digging this one up from the past. Um, yeah. I, and I, I don't want to say Seth's lying about it, but why wait? Yeah. 30 years? At least 30 years, yeah. 40 years, whatever it's been. <laughs> yeah. To come out and say, you know, and maybe, and yes, maybe it's just he didn't want to bring it up since other people brought other stuff. Oh, yeah, he did this too. And I could, from what I hear from Bill Murray, he can be a bit of an asshole. So sure, yeah. I could see him doing that as a joke or something. Yeah. But I think, yeah. And 
Well, it's not like he abused him or something. It, it was yeah. obviously a prank, and it was he was yeah he was probably being a bit of an asshole. Probably what was happening is Seth Green may have been running his mouth as well, yeah. and 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 Bill Murray's just reminding him who's the star and who's the big part kid actor. And yeah, I get it. Like the that, you know yeah, that's it. Forty years ago, it was forty I mean, years ago exactly. For you know, if it's not if it wasn't a big deal to bring it back then, why bother now? Yeah, it certainly didn't break on the fucking week it happened. You know. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's one thing I have with, you know, all of this. Well, so-and-so did this 10, 15, 20. Well, you know, I've done fucked up shit in the past. Sure. We all have we, been. Yeah. We've all done something that, you know, looking yeah. back. Uh, yeah. None of us none of us have lived lives where we're like, if, if a fucking camera was on every second, it wouldn't right. all be like, oh, yeah, great effort, you know. I got my first wife, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, first wife. Call the first <laughs> wife for evidence. You just leave the room. You're like, you know what, I'm done. Yeah. But, yeah, we've all done something, you know. So, yeah, bring it up. And to me, if, if it does come up, it's how the person reacts to it now. Like, you know, fuck, I did that. Yeah. But, you know, it depends on, you know, if they're, well, I'm sorry I should have done that. Okay, that's one thing. But Also, Bill Murray at this point, is he really, like, this, this attempt to sort of try to – I saw Rob Schneider was running his mouth as well, saying how Bill Murray hated the Saturday Night Live cast. And I'm like, well, so what? Like, you know, he came in as a guest host like 10 years after the show. He probably views these guys as interlopers on a show that he was a big part of, you know, way back in the day. Oh, yeah. You know, Rob Schneider, I'm sorry, like average is how I describe his work. You know, okay, but like not nothing yeah. fantastic. No, if you put Bill Murray and uh, Rob Schneider on a scale, yeah. Bill yeah. Murray's definitely going to be weighing it down more. What, heaps just, more. Yeah, heaps, heaps more. Like, Schneider, he, you know, he, he's got a career because he's friends of Adam Sandler. Yeah, yeah. In my opinion. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely helped him over the years. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. But uh, it's just it's just hilarious this stuff's coming out. They've tried to, I think Lucy Liu started the trend a few weeks ago. She said that Bill Murray was a prick to her on the set of Charlie's Angels or something. There was some long story about right. it. Like, it was almost like they were trying to go racial with it, but I, I'm not sure there was a racial component. But they were apparently he said... I know why you're here. I know why you're here. I don't know why you're here or something. You know, you can't act or something. And I was like, oh god. And again, digging it up, digging a story up from the early two thousands, man. You know. Yeah, that's twenty years. You know, twenty years ago. It's not like it she was, never worked again. I mean, I quite like Lucy Liu, but she's been in lots of shit since then. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it didn't hurt your career. It's twenty years ago. Why bother bringing? You know. Yeah. Now, if he did something illegal, you know, if he rapes somebody, okay, that's a different story. Totally, but but none of this stuff is that. It's it, it's yeah. I, to me. Could could Bill Murray be a prick? Yeah, sure. I, I'm 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 confident he could be. Could he be throwing his egotistical star power? Blah blah blah. Yeah, sure. N- none of this is. But this applied to so much of fucking Hollywood. It's not funny. But and you know that's that's part. You know he, he's free to do what he wants as long as it doesn't actually hurt somebody else. Yeah. He can be a prick. Like I say, you know, it was Rob Schneider saying, you know, he, uh, Bill Murray didn't like a lot of the people on Saturday Night Live. Well, you know what? Fuck, I don't like a lot of people I work with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I go work professional with them, but yeah, there's a lot of people work I don't like fucking dealing with. Yeah, yeah true, man. So it, it's true. Office politics, dude, you know? Yeah, the very nature of working is that, you know, yeah, you've got to work with people sometimes you don't fucking like, but you know so, what? Tough yeah. shit. Got to get the job done. Exactly. Yeah. And Bill Murray got the job done. It's exactly many, many fucking times as well. Like he's carried the water many fucking times on a lot of projects. Um, now there was a bit of 
Go ahead. My gripe about Bill Murray, from what I've heard, mm. is that uh, he's one of the reasons why we didn't get a Ghostbusters years ago. Oh, 100%. He was super resistant, I think. He was, yeah. he was super resistant to it. So, and that's why we, it, it, you know, I would have liked to see, I, again, I loved Afterlife. Yeah, me too. I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. But I would have liked to see a Ghostbuster earlier in, with, so they could have had Harold Ramis actually in it. Yeah. And yeah. that's my only thing with Bill Murray is that, mm. yeah, because of him, we didn't get a, a Harold Ramis in the actual Ghostbusters. That, it's so weird but, that it didn't happen because, I mean, I know Bill Murray's done a ton of good stuff over the years. Like, I love oh, yeah. Bill Murray, but, like, to me, that's one of his most iconic roles. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know, like... Why, so. but... That's only... That's only... I, I hate... The only hate I have for Bill Murray is that we didn't get that sooner, but... Sure. Otherwise, yeah, other, everything else, fuck it. He's, he's an actor doing a job. He's a person. What about that fucking great movie, Groundhog Day? That's a great oh, movie. Like, I love that one. That's... Yeah. It's, it, that may be one of my... It's certainly... In my comedies, it's in my top five. I fucking love that movie, man. Like, we... <laughs> We did it on Cinema of Doom, and and every time I watch, I feel like I get something different out of it. You know? Oh yeah, no, that's a great. I, I love. Yeah, whenever I when back when I had TV, when I had regular, you know, uh, cable and all that, yeah, we come on, I'd watch it. Oh, that's yeah, one of the it's, I wouldn't mind paying on just watching because I've seen it so many times. I don't have to. I don't sit there and watch it to see what's going on. I know what's going on with it. Yeah, that's a great film. Like, yeah, he's in a lot of good movies. Um, yeah. now there was a controversy that broke out. Bayonet. Three voice actress claims she was only offered four thousand dollars to voice the entire third game. Since she uh, is not voicing the protagonist, she is asking fans to boycott the third game. Uh, this seems to not be the full story. There's counterclaims that she that she wanted a back end and, and a and a six figure deal. Um, I do think it points to a problem that voice actors have in getting paid. Um, it, what do you think, man, in terms of video games? Because they do have to do a lot of heavy lifting. They do. I'm again. I'm I'm not familiar with Bayonet, so I'm not going to comment on that so issue. Specifics, so, yeah. I don't know. But and I know a lot of people will complain that well, they're not getting paid as much as so and so. Well, so and so does more of the job. So and so is a bit, you know, yeah. a bigger name than you are. So I I don't know uh, this voice actress offhand if she deserves <laughs> to have what yeah, she's asking yeah, for. Yeah. Yeah. Again, and we're, I think we're only getting one side of the story. So there's always. Three sides of the story. There's, you know, his side, her side, and the actual truth. That's it. Yeah, good Which one. So he's in the middle. So, yeah, it's true. Well, I mean, 4K seems like. Well, I guess she turned it down. 4K to voice the whole game doesn't sound like a lot. Uh, and she's, but she's doing the whole. I created the character. Well, slow down a second. You didn't write the script. You didn't right. create the visuals. You voiced it. Yeah, you brought something to the character, but you didn't create. Whoa, slow down. You know. Yeah. It, yeah, you voiced it, and yes, a lot of times the voice can make a lot, but it's just the voice. Yeah, like you say, she didn't write it. She didn't, you know, do the graphics on it. So exactly, didn't write the and, script. You know, and how long does it take her to do that? I mean, depends on how long it takes her to do that. If it takes a full year, well, yeah, that's not very much money. Sure, you knock it out in a month. Give me four thousand dollars, you know, for worth of work. <laughs> You're available. You're available for bayonet three voice acting. Hi. I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now, some big news, which which I've left late in the show, uh, taking over the role of gender, gender Thunderbolt Ross uh, from the late William Hurt, who sadly passed away. Harrison Ford is confirmed to be making his first appearance in the MCU as uh, General Thunderbolt Ross. Great yeah. news, I think. I, I'm not liking what I'm hearing about the Thunderbolt so far just because 
I was a fan of the original Thunderbolts comic, and this is kind of a different, it's, it's a later concept of the Thunderbolt. Kurt Busiak, I've got the Omnibus Man. Yeah. I love, I wish this was the original Thunderbolts. Sure. But again, they didn't confer with me. This but is this it, is the fucking ragtag uh, MCU Thunderbolts. Yes, but being a big Marvel fan, being a big Star Wars fan, Han Solo fan, mm. Andy Jones. Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to see what Harrison Ford can can do. Me I, too. I think they they just need to wake up the old man, you know, because like yeah. you know he's been busy doing his indie. Uh, frankly, he should be banned from flying planes um, yes. for for at least a year, just so he can get this in the tank. I love Harrison, as most of us do. And I'll be interested to see what he does. Um, always, I'm always interested in what he does. Yeah, I thought William Hurt was Thunderbolt or uh, yeah, Thunderbolt. He was good. You know, Thunder, Ross, he was but good, yeah. I think Harrison could do a good job at it. Totally. Yeah, There's a job. rumor that Sasha Baron Cohen is rumored to be cast as Mephisto. This came to me. Um, I was on uh, Capes and Lunatics with Phil and my pal Ray, um, and yeah, there's apparently a big rumor that. Um, uh, what was his that guy he played? What was the fucking, you know the you know you know the the Bort or Bort or what was it? Uh, I forget Bort. what it's called. Um, Borat. Yeah, Borat. Thank you for thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that guy uh, rumored to be cast as Mephisto. Um, I could sort of see it, you know. As long as they go, as long as they comedic. I haven't seen him. Yeah, I haven't seen anything serious. As long as they don't go the comedic route with it. I almost 100% think they will go the comedic route. <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid. That's the only thing I'm afraid of because I, I think Mephisto, he can have some comedy to him. Yeah. He shouldn't be a comedic character. Yeah, but, but from what I've seen of him in Marvel comics here and there over the last 20 years, that he right. is kind of played for comedy almost, you know? Well, I, I don't think he's so much a, a comedic character, but they do comedic stuff with it, with him. Yeah. And, just the, the fact that he, you know, he, he fails so much yeah. kind of makes him comedic, but I, I don't, he's not like a slapstick. No. Comedian type character. He's not slapstick. Like the DC, the, the Deadpool character slapstick is <laughs> literally called slapstick. <laughs> yes, yes. I remember slapstick. Yes. Have you, but, uh, did you ever read, um, I'm a big, big Jerry Duggan fan and he did a really good Deadpool run and he had all the different Deadpool, uh, not Deadpool's, but all the the sort of Deadpool core or whatever they were. They were like all these different crazy characters. Um, uh, not read that one. I oh, I like Deadpool. Yeah, I much like Harley Quinn. Sure. I, I like them, but I like them small doses. Yeah, I, whereas I'm the other. They've rotted my brain fully. I just guzzle down whatever they fucking put out. Like I have no critical threshold with Harley Quinn or Deadpool. They are my characters. You know what I mean? Right. I, I just long ago I've just realized I did a deal with the devil on the crossroads regarding these characters or something because I just I just guzzled down whatever they give me and I'm like did you like it I'm like yeah I liked it was it good I don't really know. <laughs> but you know I love the Deadpool the, the Deadpool movies oh, yeah. I thought they were fantastic but yeah as far as the comic goes I, I bits and pieces and it's sure. one that oh, okay, I'm done. Did Three you points. were you excited to say that um, Hugh Jackman who's a favor on Signal is going to be coming back for Deadpool three? Is yes, right? yes. I, I've i talked about this because, again, I get complaints to people on Facebook about race changes and oh. characters not being comic accurate. And so I was like, what did you complain about Hugh Jackman being? <laughs> well, yeah, I did. <laughs> I thought he was a great company had, but in my opinion, he's tall. Hey, I, I hope you're not still complaining. Hugh Jackman's a favorite uh, on single man. We want to get him on one day, you know? Oh, no. Don't get me wrong. I, I didn't like it originally just because he's too tall. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
having said that, I, I enjoyed what he did. I thought he brought a lot to the character. Oh, yeah. I still wish he wasn't as tall as he is, just sure. because Wolverine's short. But sure, sure. I, I know I love Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. So, like, we'll, we'll say this again on Signal for those who haven't heard before. We consider him one of the greatest actors of our generation and uh, a proud Australian as well. Um, and a great ambassador for Wolverine and the X Men. Um, and he can sing and dance. What what can't Hugh do? You know, him, Australians only hold against him. No, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. We're, we, we're all convicts originally, anyway. So what does it matter? You know, that's why I tell Hayden, my, my one of my co-hosts. Yeah. You know, we're basically and, escaped convicts. Australia made up of convicts. You know, shut up. <laughs> and we're proud of it. <laughs> we're not ashamed. <laughs> oh, there you go. No, you claim it. <laughs> now, um, there was some news here. EA shutting down servers uh, for lots of very old, very old games, including Mirror's Edge, which I can't believe was 14 years ago that that came out because I do recall that coming out. How time slips away. Um, this is kind of the, the double-edged sword of the online well, like back in the 80s, man, I remember I used to slot an uh, Atari cartridge into my Atari and I would just play. No no online, just me, the TV and the console. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, when you're playing all these games that require online support, somewhere there's a server ticking away, you know? Yes, yep. And that's the danger. Jesus Christ, I hope they don't touch Assassin's Creed servers anytime soon. I need, I need that shit. I, you know, seriously. Yeah, I played some of the EA Sports stuff and yeah. Yeah. stuff back in the day. I, like we talked about off show that you know, I I want to be a gamer. I just don't have the time between you know yeah, my pod, yeah. my yeah. comic, my books, and my TV shows and work and my kids, my grandkids and everything. I yeah, on, uh, I don't have enough time, but. I like to block out a period of time. I can't play like when I was in my twenties when I was single and I was just like play all the fucking time when you're not at work, but. Yeah, it does require you to have that block, you know. Yeah, well, it's one of my buddies at work. He, he's he's younger than I am. He's he's what I think he's in his thirties. Yeah. Uh, we were talking, and he's married, and you know, he's always playing. He likes he loves playing video games. He's always playing video games. Yeah. And his wife got pregnant. Right. I might don't do it, man. He's all his friends, or I guess before she got pregnant, all his friends say, "You guys need to get pregnant. You need to have a kid." You talk about don't do it, man. Don't get me wrong. I love my kids. Yeah. But if you love playing your video games, just get by to it. I'm extra money in your pocket. There goes that. You got some free time to just hang out and relax. There goes that. <laughs> He's like, oh, Aaron, that's one thing I love about you. You keep it real. You do keep it real, man. Hey, it is what it is, man. It's real life, you know. I love uh, my kids. But yeah, if you're if you're a gamer. And, and, yeah. And so his wife had a, they had a daughter. Yeah. And saw someone after my, hey, hey. So how's your gaming coming? Yeah, it's kind of not very much right now. <laughs> I yeah. Told you, yeah, you told me. <laughs> yeah, it's true, man. I mean, yeah, look, all, all you can do is a word in the year because a lot of people will just give him the the hype, you know. But yeah, no, again, I love my kids. Yes, sure. having kids is a great thing. Mm. But if you have kids, something's got to give. Hundred percent, because also like. You know, it's their their stuff as well. Like, you know, you've got to be involved in their lives and everything. Like, so it all takes time. So, yeah, it is what it is. Now, I am, I will say this, um, I don't have kids. And I don't have that much time either. So I don't play nearly as much as what I want. I do look back on the 20s when all I had was free time, you know? Right. And I oh, used yeah. just to fucking dominate. You know, like I, I come home from work, slap on Oblivion and be playing for like 10 hours, you know? <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, that was gold. And th- and and really, there was no one knocking on the door saying, you know, come on, time to do whatever. I'd be like, no, you know. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Assassin's Creed's one of my favourite franchises. Um, there's a Netflix Assassin's Creed show um, coming. Uh, still early in development, um, but the producer was talking. He's confirming that they're co-developing the Netflix series with Ubisoft um, and a, a talented showrunner, Jeb Stewart. It's going to be an epic, genre-bending, live-action adaptation of a video game series. That tells us nothing we haven't already known for two fucking years. Like, other than the showrunner, who doesn't... I mean, I'm sorry, Zeb, whoever, Jeb Stewart, never heard of him. Um, but I just hate... That. Look, this guy bothered to make an announcement. It was like, yeah, we're making an Assassin's Creed um, uh, TV show. Yes, we know that. That's why we're asking you about it. Like... Yeah, I hate when they give an announcement, but they don't really say anything. Yeah, it's like have an announcement. Fucking tell me something. It's going to be a TV show on TV on Netflix. It's going to be really exciting and Ben genres. Can you give me any information about casting? Fucking when the cameras start rolling, like anything at all, a release date maybe? You know anything? Oh, yeah. It's just going to be really exciting. Well, right now you're pissing me off. You know. (laughs) So here, I hear it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, now, this is something that I I honestly would not have seen this coming. They're doing a Twister sequel. You might remember the film with Helen Hunt. And I want to say, uh, God, what's the guy's name? He's in, like, um, Aliens and everything. Oh, God, what's his name? Bill Paxton. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, sadly, sadly passed away. Great actor. Um, they're doing uh, a sequel that Project reportedly aims to bring Helen Hunt back with the lead character being the daughter she had with the late Bill Paxton's character, a young woman who has caught the storm-chasing bug her parents had. Universal and Warner Brothers are co-financing the project, blah, 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 with Universal taking creative lead. Um, the original Twister grossed more than $494 million worldwide, which was an impressive number back in the mid-'90s. Um, I, remember, I remember when that was a thing. And I fucking loved it. I, we watched it maybe again about three years ago, and to be fair, it was still fun, you know? Watch it. Oh, I need. That's when I need to sit down and watch it. I haven't watched that in a while, but I enjoyed. Again, Twister's one of those. When I back in the '90s, it would be on HBO or Cinemax or yeah. Showtime, or wherever. Yeah, it would come on. Yeah, Twister. Nothing else. Let's watch it. It reminds me of that time period where we're talking about films like Independence Day would be. You know, mm-hmm. it was one of yeah. those kind of summer blockbusters. You know. Yes. So, oh, yeah. but I did not see a sequel coming. You know. That's that. that especially this this many years later. Yeah. I'm surprised. I, I, again, I love the first film, mm. but I don't see anyone out, you know, doing a Twister podcast. I'm sure there is. <laughs> That'd be funny. Again, that podcast where I go, but you know, you don't see Twister things out there. References of Twister. No. Um, it like, doesn't see the con- the public conscious at this point. So. Yeah, and the fact that Bill Paxton's passed away, but Helen Hunt was big in that movie. Uh, but oh, again, yeah. Helen Hunt, I know they did Mad About You. Sort mm-hmm. of a sort of a, I don't even know how to describe it. Like a revival a few years ago. I haven't seen it. I don't know what she was like in it. I mean, she doesn't act a lot anymore, does she? I don't. I haven't seen her anything in in years. Yeah, I've not. I've not I, seen her on on, on film. Like oh, clearly, she did the man about you thing. I tell you what, Paul Reiser is looking old, real yeah. old. Jesus, <laughs> he he was in something the other day, and I was like, that's Paul Reiser. I like Paul Reiser, and I was just like, well, hey, we all get old, you know. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. I was just looking real quick. Yeah, it looks like uh, yeah, she's done a few things here and there. But I wonder how much they'd be paying her to come back because I don't see her as like I can't see her getting more than four or five million. You know, really? Yeah, 
at this point, yeah, she's not, I don't think she's still a name per se. No. I don't think, yeah, she's, I don't think she's going to command big bucks. And the Mad About You revival did not cause big waves, you know? Yes, yeah, I don't, I don't remember that. I, I know it happened, but, but, but like, frankly, I wouldn't know where to find her or anything, you know? Right. Like, it, it, it kind of came and went. It was one of those revivals where they're still like, oh, maybe not, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, talking about Paul Reiser, he, he was in Stranger Things, and yeah, he, I saw my point out. Well, hey, that's Paul Reiser. Okay, he was in a. Oh yeah, he's been in a few things in recent years. Um, yeah. I saw him in something just the other day. Like he, look, he has sort of reestablished himself as a bit of a character a character actor in certain bits and pieces. Yeah. Um, I know. saw him in Stranger Things. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Like you said. Yeah. When I saw him, like, wow. He's aged. He's getting old. <laughs> Yeah, but if you think about it, mad about you, he probably wasn't that young. He was probably forty something, you know. Like I was, just, I was looking online. Apparently, he's sixty six right now. He's born in nineteen fifty six. Okay, well, I you know I'll I'll look old when I in twenty years. You know, I'll, I mean yeah. I look old now, but like I'll look older. Like I'm sure this is the thing. Some people, if you're a character actor, like God, back in the day. Uh, you did not need to be beautiful to be a character actor in Hollywood. Right. You know, you, you didn't. Like, look at all the character actors. Uh, but Paul Reiser, good actor, you know, knows how to punch a line, can can play serious, can do comedy. Uh, he, he can fill a niche, you know? In fact, I guess he's supposed to, they're doing a Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, fuck yeah. They're doing a Beverly Hills Cop 4, aren't they? Yeah, he's, he's supposed to be on that. Bring it on, frankly. I, I'm down for that. I am down for a new I Beverly Hills Cop. Cop movie. So, yeah, I definitely Axel can't Foley, wait to man. Axel Foley, dude. But, uh, give me more E. Murphy, frankly. You know? Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. please. I like E. Murphy. I liked the Coming to America 2 that he did. Um, I started watching them. We got sidetracked. I've never got, I need to get back and finish watching it. Them. It's fun. I, I'm not saying it's great. It's not as good as the original, but it's fun. You know? The original was great. I, I loved, yeah. Yeah. They. It, it, to be fair, it, it sort of. It plays like almost the greatest hits of the original, you know. Yeah, that's what that's what I've seen from when I started wa- when I started watching it. So yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah. Now I think Rich put some news in here. Uh, Netflix loses almost one million UK subscribers due to increased cost of living. Can I say Netflix, ironically, considering they were like one of the first big streamers, is a streamer that I barely watch now. I have it, but I barely am watching it. Yeah. I... I don't know if I should admit this on on air. Mm. Like, I don't have Netflix. My father in law does, and I use his. But that's you know, fine. I, you know, good. <laughs> I mean, maybe I should do that. My parents should use my parents. Like, but yeah. But yeah and, well, one thing that a lot of people say, you know, well, this company is you know losing subscribers. This company, loses, well, you got to keep in mind also the last couple of years they probably got a lot of subscribers because the world was in a fucking lockdown. That's true. We had a pandemic. A lot of you know, I know. I've talked with Hayden about Australia. You know, you guys keep getting in lockdowns over there. Yeah. We were locked down for quite a while. People are at home. And what the fuck are you going to do? That's it. Almost Netflix and watch all these crap shows on Netflix. Exactly. Now it's open back up. Yeah. They're going to lose. And again, I'm sure all the, the streaming services are losing subscribers. Yeah. Because again, a people are working. So now people are not as home as much to yeah. watch all this crap. Plus yeah. Yeah, with inflation and, and like I, you know, I argue people online. It's not Biden's fault because it's it's worldwide. Biden, blame Biden. It's like blame I, Obama. Remember, blame Obama. Not, yeah, <laughs> as much as I, I I like in quotes Biden, he not perfect. Sure, made a lot of mistakes. What politician is though, really? Right. But I, I can't. You can't blame a lot of the, these inflation and gas no. prices on on him because you got to keep in mind 
as I just said, we just came out of like a two year pandemic. Sure. People are traveling more. So prices are going to go. People are, you know, buying more. And also during that time, these people that were making, you know, seven, eight dollars an hour flipping burgers, mm. they were the ones that were still working. Yeah. They were considered essential personnel. So now they're saying, well, you know, fuck you. I don't want to flip a burger for eight dollars. You know, I'm essential. I yeah. want fifteen dollars now. Yeah. I want to, you know, they're paying, you know, McDonald workers fifteen to twenty dollars an hour. That money's gotta come from somewhere. Tell you what, you just mentioning it makes me feel like a fucking burger. <laughs> I'm like, he's 50 bucks, maybe a fucking burger. (laughs) So, yeah, so so we're coming out of a pandemic, plus prices are increasing to match, you know, people wanting more money to work for these crap jobs. So, yeah, you're going to lose subscribers. That's right, every business plateaus, basically, you know. Also, can I say this, with the um, competition in the streaming market, Yes. And also a lot of these uh, streamers trying to develop their own content, Netflix doesn't have the sort of monopoly that it had for a few years. You know, like that was sort of your go-stop shop of streaming. Yep. Now you've got Hulu, HBO Max, Disney Plus. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting Amazon Prime, um, although I think Amazon uh, one of the slowest to get going. I know they've got Lord of the Rings, but they don't have, you know, but there, there's a lot of competition. Um, you know, yeah, because I've got, my apps on my phone and yeah, there's Paramount, there's HBO max. There's, uh, do, do you have Paramount plus? Cause I'm considering upping my Amazon prime to get the Paramount, but I'm just, what do you think? Yeah, I, yes, I have Paramount plus. I, I was on the yearly. So when it came to this last time, I didn't have the money. So I dropped it and I'm like, well, I can find the things I want to watch online. Sure. But, it's got Star Trek. That's this big thing, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That, that's yeah. That's where I watched. I say, as I said earlier, I, I streamed, Mm. Or I ran through the entire original Star Trek run. That's where I watched it at. Sure. Uh, so yeah, the Paramount. They've got the uh, again. I'm I like Law and Order type shows, cop shows, lawyer uh, shows. Are they on Paramount Plus? The FBI shows are on Paramount Plus. Oh really? I did not know that. See, Michelle's a big, big, big FBI. Um, There's like three FBI shows. They're yeah, on most wanted, international, and regular FBI. Yep. Yeah, and then there's like I think CS I want to say CSI or one of those. I don't watch it, but I think it's on there. Right, is uh, NCIS on there? Or maybe that's what I'm thinking of. There's one of those shows that's on there. Yeah, okay. I know the Law and Order shows are over on Peacock, and they're on Hulu too. Law and Order. Yeah, okay. I, yeah. I I gotta be honest. I we watch um, Law and Order SVU. Love it. You know. See, I'm a big fan of the original Law and Order. Oh, that's great too. They brought that back, man. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. It's it's the second second fall. Oh. 22nd season, however you want to work it. Yeah. yeah. Is that back yet, though? Has that started yet? Or yeah. Not? Okay. Yeah, All no, right. it's on third, second or third episode of the second season. Okay, cool. We haven't checked it out. Yeah. Now, we watched the first season. Yeah, I love that Law and Order stuff, man. Yeah, the, the first the first episode uh, tied together all three Law and Order shows. Oh, the one with, what's his name, um, Christopher? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Melody, okay. whatever. Yeah. I, I saw, Jesus, I saw, I, I fucking almost ripped my eyes out of my sockets the other day. I came across this thing. Christopher Melanini, a sex symbol at 61. I was thinking, sex symbol of this guy? And then it was him, like, kind of naked, but, like, con- thankfully concealing his junk. Um, but I was but I was like, what the fuck am I looking at? Like, <laughs> it was just, it was just in some, like, like it was, it was like a pop-up ad uh, of just a regular news site. And I was like, 
I don't need this much naked Christopher Melanini in my life. Like, I don't know if I, I can say he's a sex symbol because again, I'm a guy. I don't judge. I'm a straight guy, so I don't judge yeah. these type of things. But I will tell you this: he, he's in his sixties. I'm in my fifties. I wish I looked like him. Oh yeah, like nothing against him, but I didn't need like a naked, like kind of. It was a very sexual picture. <laughs> and I think he was on, like, People magazine cover. Like, the big deal they were making is that he's in great shape for his 60s. But, like, right. when I think of him on SVU, I don't think, man, there's a guy, like, wow, Brad Pitt, like, slow down. Like, Christopher Melanini's coming through, you know, <laughs> with yeah. the receding hairline and all that shit he's got going on, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah, see, whenever I think of Chris, I always think of the Turtles, the first Turtles movie. Yeah, okay. But, you know, that's. He's a good actor. I love his work, but it was it was a lot of information to take in. Was I was just like casually flipping through like the you know Sydney Morning Herald website or something. Right. Um, now, final news item: uh, June Part Two uh, will arrive two weeks early. Its release date has moved up from November 17, twenty twenty three, up to November three, twenty twenty three. Uh, I was, as listeners know, I read all the two novels as a teenager, um, and was and so I watched the movie. I enjoyed it. Like, I did wonder. Look, to be fair, I, it's it's long, dude. It's like three hours, and it's like the first half of the first book. And and I've watched. You know, when you've read something so much as a kid, it is embedded in your brain. Like I knew the story beats as it was happening. I was like, oh, that's right. I remember all, I, I, every single bit of it. It's very faithful to the book. Um, have you checked any of this June stuff out ever, or is this something that's just in the no go zone? I watched, there was a Dune movie back in the 80s. David Lynch, very confusing film. I, I watched, and I, I, I want to say I enjoyed it, but again, it's been 40 years ago. It's so been I, a minute, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm lucky I'm already adjusted, let alone 40 years ago. But I, I, I remember Dune fondly for some reason, so I haven't had time to check out the new one yet, because again, I've got so much crap going on as it is. Yeah. But it's one that I plan on checking out at some point. I, oh, I do want to... Look, see. I think you'll enjoy it. This, this one's yeah. a lot more comprehensible, and it also... The first movie suffered because he put he tried as unsuccessfully to kind of put the whole dense novel into one movie, which was hard. Um, yeah. This movie takes its time. Uh, if anything, it's slow, but I it, I enjoyed it. Like you know, and I want to rewatch it because I kind of felt like I didn't hundred percent focus. You know? Yeah. No. No. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah. I watched it. It was okay, I guess. But I think maybe I missed something because I'm working and. Well, I, from memory, I, I like to watch a movie like that in the dark, kind of on the couch. Michelle, we had the lights on. She was working behind me. I was answering questions during, you know, like. Yeah, I could definitely. Yeah. So, and some movies you can do that, no problem. Other movies, yeah. you lose a bit of the plot. That's it. You don't focus on it entirely. Paul Atreides. Atreides. Trades, Paul Atreides is the lead character. Kyle McLaughlin played him in the original, and Sting was in the original too. Yes, I remember that now that you mentioned it. Yes, yes, the peroxide hair going strong back in about '84 for Sting. Um, yep. Now we always have our segment shopping with the gang, which I just we just plucked through. Kings Comics sends a weekly email. Um, biggest comic book shop in Sydney. Uh, they send a weekly email about the stuff coming up. I just wanted to put some stuff out there. Uh, not stuff that I'm purchasing because I'm on a buying ban. Uh, <laughs> basically, the girlfriend's looked at the expenditure and <laughs> that's slowed down. Um, but it is really for the for the listeners. The first one is the Miracle Man Omnibus hardcover, which I would say probably covers what the Alan Moore and Neil Gaiman Miracle Man um, stuff, which was a big UK comic in the 80s that I know they're bringing back now. Have you heard of this yeah. one? 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've read some miracle man. I wasn't a fan and not because it was bad. It just, yeah, it never really got picked up on my radar. I mean, I was more DC and Marvel. Yeah. Miracle and I, so I read some of it here and there. It wasn't bad. It, matter of time and money and sure. money. You know. <laughs> well, look, no, yeah, I mean, like, I know that it's beloved by fans. I have read a few issues, and I'm like, yeah, it's it's interesting, but I think I prefer, I tell you, uh, an Alan, I mean, Alan Moore, I mean, obviously, a lot of great fucking comics, his Supreme that he did. If you yeah. can ever get your hands on the Supreme run, it's available online, that yeah, he rest- did. Oh, my God, see. it's it's genius, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Oh, yep. you know, fantastic stuff. So, but yeah, Miracle Man Omnibus coming out there. I know that it, it does cover the Neil Gaiman picked it up um, after uh, Alan Moore. Then Ultimate X Men Omnibus Volume One. I have to be honest. I loved the Ultimate X Men. I, I I will say I've read the entire thing, <laughs> and it definitely drops off um, in quality towards the end. But like the original stuff with Mark Millar. Uh, right. And maybe Bendis, but definitely Mark Millar um, was was really. I think I think they did a really good uh, Ultimate X Men. You ever caught any of that? Yeah, I read the first several trade paperbacks I got from the library. Yeah, uh, big. I'm a big fan of libraries, so yeah. No, I, I picked. I didn't buy those books. I picked up the Ultimate Spider Man. In fact, my son has. He he's 28. Right. Uh, he's got almost the entire run of the Amazing Spider or the uh, Ultimate Spider Man run. Oh man, I love that. That's Bendis at back when he was actually really good, yeah. you know? But, yeah, the Ultimate X-Men, I, I read a, the first probably two, three, four trade paperbacks. Right. Of that. It, it wasn't bad. I, I enjoyed it. I thought they did a good job. I'm just, by the way, just going back to that Miracle Man stuff, I, it looks like it is the full Alan Moore run. Um, let's have a look here. Collects the Miracle Man books, one through three, blah, blah, blah. I think it's the full Alan Moore run. So I'm not sure if it covers the new game. It definitely covers the Alan Moore yeah. Uh, they've got this really irritating thing with um, Alan Moore where he refuses to be credited, so he's credited as the original writer. That's literally the credit. Like, I hate it so much. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> I just fucking hate it. Yeah, again, speaking of dicks. Uh, he's, a, he's a curmudgeon, like, let's face it. Like, his talent... Dude, honestly, I could do a top ten of my comics and he'd almost appear in, like, probably eight out of ten slots. He, he Even his stuff back in the UK, you've probably never heard of it. He did a comic called Halo Jones in 2000 AD. It's absolutely brilliant. You know what I mean? It's yeah. early masterpiece. Like, the guy is a legend. But, uh, you know, like, in all fairness to him, I think he gets his kicks out of being the elderly, sort of, you know, grumpy sort of yeah. statesman. I like a lot of his older stuff. Uh and I've read some, seen some articles where, you know, he's talking about how, you know, comics are for adults and da da da. You were the one that pioneered a lot of that crap. So shut the fuck up. Yeah, that's true. So. But I mean, yeah. you're the one, a lot of the stuff he wrote was very much. Like Watchmen adult. was pretty dark. It wasn't yes. for like nine year olds. Yeah. Know? So a lot of the stuff he wrote, you know, he's like, well, I feel bad that I started a lot of this because it's, it's not meant for adults. If someone enjoys it. But Shut like up. you write a book, dude. Like at the end of the day, you know, if you just if you if I sit down and write a book, doesn't necessarily mean it's just for kids. You know, it's it's however the author is shaping his fucking words. Yep. And it fits into a genre. Like comics are the same. You can write a comic book for little kids, like little 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 kids, like five year olds. You can write one that's like targeting like the YA market or ten year olds in the YA market, like twelve, thirteen. And then they start getting grittier. Suddenly it's 15, you know, you know what I mean? Like 
Right. There's a and, whole range. Yeah. Stuff. Oh, to me, I like the books that can transcend and, you know, a teenagers can read it, adults can read it. Sure. Those ones I like the best, you know, that, that can be, you know. Yeah, you all guess, ages. Movie, same way for some movies, you know, you got stuff in there that they, you little kids will laugh at, but then an adult watches it, they can take it a different way and they get even more enjoyment out of it, you know. Totally, man. But, um, but he's an old guy who doesn't. I, I I think he just likes taking an occasional shot. He's not he, all the stuff that he said. He said before many times, you know. Right. Oh yeah. It's a, it's all a bit of a rinse and repeat for Alan Moore. Uh, Fantastic Four by John Byrne, Omnibus. Now I know that there are a lot of John Byrne fans who love his Fantastic Four. I've never read it, but this this Omnibus um, is a reprint. Uh, so obviously it sold well. Although I did see a lot of clearances of John Byrne's Fantastic Four Omnibuses, which I would kind of hope that people would um, have picked up on. But regardless, um, it's out. Uh, then we've got Deadpool Epic Collection Mission Improbable. I'm going to do just a quick Google search to see what Deadpool that covers because being the Deadpool aficionado that I am, I think it's important that I stay abreast of this news. <laughs> um, I mean, it's an epic collection. Do you like the epic collections, Aaron? Have you, have you ever been to them? I haven't bought any, but I, I like them in concept. They're pretty um, cool. Um, again, I have an Omnibus 4. I got it for Christmas a year or two ago for my in-laws, uh, Zero Hour from DC. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got an Omnibus for Christmas one year, so I like the concept of them. They just they tend to run a bit more money than I have to spare. Oh, and... they, yeah, it's an expensive <laughs> habit. Um, Mission Improbable, okay. I believe this might be covering the Joe Kelly uh, run. Uh, da, da, da. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it, it's it's covering the start of the Joe Kelly run. Yeah, so it's been heavily reprinted before, um, but yeah, it's got a bit of Wolverine in there, a bit of X Force appearances, and then it's got the start of the Joe Kelly run. I've got the Joe Kelly Omnibus of Deadpool, which, um, frankly, is like I think is the best Deadpool of all time. I, I really think it's um, amazing, that Joe Kelly run. I'd love to get Joe Kelly on the show one day. They created Ben 10, man. I don't know if you're aware of that. I, I, yeah, I, I did remember that. Cause my, my, again, my 20-year-old son, uh, back in the day, he was he was a big Ben 10 fan. Yeah, yeah. So and the... I happened to be watching it one day, and I saw, oh, Joe Kelly, okay, I know him. Yeah, the, the men of action, man, like uh, the, the, the the trucks with the money turned up at their houses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah, I, I do know, actually, yeah, my son was a Ben 10 fan, so <laughs> watching the episodes with him. I know Joe Kelly, I know that writer. Yeah, he's good stuff, great Superman run as well. <laughs> You wired me awake and hit me with the hand of broken nail You tied my lead and pulled my chain to watch my blood begin to boil But I'm gonna break, I'm gonna break my, gonna break my rusty cage and run I'm gonna break, I'm gonna break my Gonna break my rusty cage and run. Too cold to start a fire, I'm burning diesel, burning dinosaur bones. I'll take the river down to still water and ride a pack of dogs. I'm gonna break. Gonna break my, gonna break my rusty cage and run. I'm gonna break, 
gonna break my, gonna break my rusty cage and run. When the forest burns along the road Like God's eyes in my headlights When the dogs are looking for their bones And it's raining ice picks on your steel shore I'm gonna break I'm gonna break my I'm gonna break my rusty cage and run Three slogs uh, today. Uh, Secret Origins 11. Um, can I just say, Power Girls Origin, and frankly, I'm still confused. This was a true slog. Um, something about Atlantis. Uh, I, like, wow, what's going on with Power Girl? Well, this was retconning Power Girls' origin because this yeah. was right after the crisis. And originally, she was Superman's cousin from Krypton. And after the Crisis on Infinite Earths, they had John Byrne's uh, Superman reboot. Yes. And the editors, they felt, and I kind of agree, that to a certain point pre-crisis, it seems like everybody except for <laughs> Jordan and Laura survived. Everyone else survived, just Jordan and Laura was the one that died. Everyone else seemed to live. The dog, uh, the, the super pets, everything. Yeah. They turned up. So DC editorial, or the Superman editorial at the time, wanted to get back to the roots Superman being the sole survivor. Yep. But they had power girl that survived the crisis uh. for two and they combined all those into one. So now power girl's here and she's from a crypto. Oh, I what see. do with this? So they kind of retconned it and made her Ryan, uh, pronounce that name, right? Ryan's granddaughter. Right, yeah, and between yeah. you, me, and the road, I, I knew not. I, I, I knew that they would did the. Rec- I knew that like DC stripped away all the super family, but I had no idea that she had Atlantis links. Um, and Power Girl was yeah. one of those that kind of got screwed up by the crisis because instead of wiping around and starting from scratch, they kind of tried to keep what they had. Yeah, and and that's part of my. I, I love the crisis, but that's part of the problem with the crisis that cause problems later on is that instead of doing a, a clean reboot, yeah, kept some characters around the ripple effect kind of thing, you and, know? Yeah. And power girl is one of those that, you know, at one point she's from Superman's related from Krypton. Mm. Then she's from the uh, Atlantis. Is she, was she always, I, I didn't even know power girl was from Krypton. This shows what an idiot I am. I, I she, didn't she's an early Supergirl, If I'm not mistaken. Right. If I'm right. not mistaken. So early, the original super, super I, I get what you say. The original Supergirl, like, you know, classic Supergirl, like the Maid of Might, she died in Crisis, yeah? 
Yes. Yeah, I remember yep. that. There's a famous scene where where Superman's holding her body on the cover, yeah? You are correct. And, but Power Girl was different to her. Yes. They, they, yes, Supergirl was from Earth-1, mm-hmm. which was... The regular standard DC Earth. The Just League Earth. Yes. Power Girl was basically the Supergirl from Earth-2. Right, so she would have yeah. been in the Justice Society and all that shit. Yes. Yeah, she was a member of the Justice Society and the All-Star Squadron, and she, she was involved with all of them. Gotcha. And, and then, then when they merged it all, like it is difficult then because, you know. They wanted Superman to be, that's why they, that's one reason that I think they killed off Supergirl. They wanted Superman to be the only survivor of Krypton for a while. Yeah. But now they left Super, uh, Power Girl alive. Mm. Well, her. So her origin kept changing. Uh, her, Hawkman, and Wonder Woman and Wonder Girl, mm. since they didn't restart the crisis properly, uh, or their origins were all screwed up because Wonder Girl they didn't restart her, they didn't restart her origin mm. crisis but Wonder Woman they had her coming to Man's Land mm. in Legends miniseries mm. so in Hawkman they tried rebooting but when they had the Hawkworld miniseries by Tim Truman love it love they set that a great series of books the only problem with it was they set it in modern time yeah. And he came to Earth in modern time instead of like five, ten years ago when everything else was forming. Mm. Hawkman may have not been as messed up if that Hawkworld series would have started with ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. Instead of asking them to come to Earth in the past. I, I must admit, I, I hear you. I, I totally hear you. And these things would have kept editors at DC up at night. But I, I part of me, I, I just give me the story. You know, like, yeah. like you, yeah, you, there's some great stories. Yeah, yeah Tim Truman's. Uh, yeah. Uh, Hawkworld, that was a three issue. I want to say oh, two it's issue brilliant. Series. We did it on the show. I loved it. And Ostrander I, continues with Hawk. Yes, the Hawk. Is it Hawkworld or Hawkman? I don't know what the title's uh, called. They had, but. Yeah, they had Hawkworld, and then they eventually oh. brought it back to Hawkman. I love it. I fucking love it. Um, Hawkworld. It's, yeah, it's, no, it's great. Fantastic. It's a great title. Uh, I love Hawkman. Um, but anyway, I, I, all joking aside, I found her origin a real slog to get through really hard work um and then we had roy thomas uh who i felt gave us an amateurish uh hawk man origin like and i know he's saying oh paying a lot of credit to the golden age well dude spruce it up for modern readers you know yeah and yeah I, i love the secret origins uh series for the most part but yeah some some of the stories was a slog to get through. And, and part of the problem I say was just due to the fact that after crisis, uh, the editors didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Some, they, some restarted, some didn't restart others. We started some later on. Yeah. So it got a bit of a, a mess and yeah, some stories, no matter how great of a writer Roy Thomas may be or may have been. Mm. Uh, yeah. Hot, that Hawkman story wasn't. Can I, I'm going to say something that it's going to, probably shock you i i actually think he's an overrated writer i've read a lot of roy thomas that's pretty fucking flabby and not that great um he's not my yeah. top 10 but i think he's i think he's a decent writer um, probably decent I, decent is but he gets more praise than a decent writer like yeah i'll agree with you on that i, I tell you what like he loves i love my conan but he all the conan he, he did some good conan but he's not my favorite conan writer that that, that only goes to Robert E. Howard followed by Chuck Dixon, you know? Right. Um, I, like, and Kurt Busiak. I, I, I feel there's something about Roy Thomas' writing style 
that a lot of the time I find it very expository and mm-hmm. very sort of slow and just, I don't know, it's old-fashioned, I think, you know, and not in a good way, you know? And he is a big fan of the JSA in that era, and uh, D, again, DC kind of, in quotes, screwed him over. Right. Because, again, with post-Christ, they got rid of the JSA. They got rid of all this other stuff that he loved writing. So yeah, so it's hard. And some of that didn't exist, and yeah, so it was just a state of flux at DC. Yeah, and you know what? That's true. Flux, but I, I'm, I'm giving this issue a 2 out of 10. I, I found it a true slog. Yeah, I, I reread it when we were talking about for the show, and yeah, I agree. Um, I next up, we <laughs> I really picked a hard one. Adam, sort of the Adam special. Firstly, the format itself was challenging, uh, kind of like almost wasn't. It was, it was more like he describing a comic book to you, um, and but but interesting nonetheless. Like all this stuff about like Gene and had the affair she was having. And um, I, am, I talked about that on my Head Speaks podcast. Um, I, I covered the Sword of the Atom miniseries uh, that referred to in there. Uh, and then I covered all three specials uh, before I started covering Power of the Atom. What did you think? What was I, your view? It, it was good. Uh, it wasn't my favorite. But yeah, the, part of the, I guess we'll say problem with that was that they were trying to recap the Adam's origin and what happened during the sword of the Adam. So it was interesting. Like, can I be I honest? I, 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 I found myself interested. Um, it, it was, was weird. Different. That was recapping a story in such detail. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's, I mean, I liked it. Cause again, I'm a big Adam fan. That's, that's one why of my, I picked one it, man. That's why I picked it, dude. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. That's one of my, my two favorite characters. In fact, I was just looking uh, episode 30 of oh. Head Speaks. Uh-huh. Back in May of 2017, I, I talked about it. Cool. Okay. Um, uh, but, like, Adam, you know what I'm remembering? I'm a little kid, and it must right. have been in Super Friends, or maybe it was in a Superman cartoon. I'm remembering Adam would go into the phone line, and I thought it was so damn cool. You know? Yeah, we traveled around. In fact, in the Power of the Adam series, what I'm covering right now on Head Speaks, uh, in the first issue, he uses the phone lines to Love it. Uh, before that for like six months, a year, whatever it's been. He's been in the Amazon rainforest, stuck at six inches high. Uh, he's able to regain control of his height and all that. And he goes to the phone lines. But he's been going so long that he's not used to this. This was being sent international. So it's set through satellite. Right. When he went through the phone line, he exploded out the other end because wow. he was being transmitted all that but yeah no yeah him traveling through the phone lines was his, that's how he traveled around that was his big thing he could have done that in like remember in the 90s like modems mm-hmm. you know what yeah. I'm saying like dial tone he could have rocked around in there I always thought as a little kid like I'm like you know under 10 I always thought it was so cool I you know just this little guy and also six inches that's big for the atom he can get smaller than that can't he he can get tiny microscopic yeah, he can go microscopic. In fact, yeah, he has. Yeah, he's gone microscopic to go inside people's bodies. Or love it. Love it. Yeah, I love that's one thing. I love the Adam. He's, he's a genius. He, he can shrink down. In fact, for a cool. while in the '90s, uh, during the uh, Dan Jurgens Titans run, he was a member of that team for a while. Right. Uh, he was de-aged. I think he was there in Zero Hour. He was de-aged to so a teenager. Really. <laughs> and he could actually grow. Really. Not, oh, so he could he could get big. Yeah, like Giant Man, yeah. 
Cool. Wow, that isn't that funny because in this one he's like truly almost like middle age dealing with like a bad marriage and suddenly he's a teenager again. Yeah, that's you know you're at zero hour if I'm not mistaken. He got de aged. Right. So yeah, so for Dan Jurgens, which was a completely different Titans run because it was totally new characters. Right. Uh, they were like part aliens or something like that. But yeah, Ray joined that team and if I'm not mistaken, he could grow taller in that book also. Is he in any of the Just League? Was he in Adam wasn't in like Just League movie, was he or anything? He didn't get a mention. Didn't get it run. He's in he's in Flash, I think. I think there's an Adam in the Flash TV show or something. Is yeah, it... there there is um in okay, so yeah, in the uh did he show up in Flash? I think he was in Legends of Tomorrow. Yes. No, you're right. Yes. Played by Brandon uh played terribly by Brandon Routh with a terrib- terrible terrible, terrible costume. Um, yeah, I hated that costume. I hated the, the they made him a millionaire in there, a billionaire or something like that. He yeah. flew first appearance. He landed a jet on uh, maybe it was the arrow he showed up in. Because yeah, he landed a, a jet on, or a, uh, a helicopter in someone's building, and yeah. that's not Ray Palmer. Ray Palmer's yeah. a scientist, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. You know, yeah, he's a scientist. Yeah, rumor has it they wanted to use Blue Beetle, but he was scraped. Right. We're gonna do a movie or something with him, so he substituted uh, the Atom. Yeah. And, like I said about the, he was in Legends Tomorrow, and Legends Tomorrow should have been my favorite show on Earth. It had Firestorm, it had the Atom. To be fair, Michelle and I watched that for three seasons. It wasn't too bad, you know? It wasn't bad, but it wasn't what I wanted. No, it's got a lot of your favorites in there. Yeah, and they misused Firestorm, they misused Atom. I didn't like the fact that they made Wave, uh, Rip Hunter, a British guy. The guy from Doctor Who. Yeah. Uh, the companion. I don't know right, what his yeah, name is. Right. Yeah, he was, he was yeah. decent. He was decent. You know, but yeah, it was decent. Don't get me wrong. I, I I watched the entire run. Yeah, just because I'm addicted like that. But it, yeah, it wasn't what I wanted. No, um, it was a bit of a throw together show. You know what yes. I mean? Uh, like, oh, like it was. Look, in fairness, it was kind of enjoyable, but it wasn't a classic. It was just kind of like it's okay. You know? Yeah. And from what I heard, originally it was supposed to have the, the group of heroes in the first season, and then it was supposed to be like a rotating cast. Yeah. But a lot of people like those characters in the first season, so they yeah. changed things around and kept them around, which I think kind of maybe. I have a I question know. for you. In now that you know, I know you've seen it, you know, well, you obviously know Firestorm is the professor and Ronnie, yeah. Yes. But in it, Legends of Tomorrow, I'm unless I'm fucking misremembering, the professor was just in it. Okay, so in Legends of Tomorrow, it, it was uh, the professor and. Well, it's okay. So when they started out in fire in uh, the Flash TV series, uh-huh. it was Ronnie the Professor. Okay. In there, uh, Ronnie was older. He was uh, he he was in fact he was uh, Caitlin Snow's fiance. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He was an old guy. I know the guy. Yeah. Well, yeah. He, he was uh, he was like in his twenties, and he he was a scientist. He was part of the project instead of being a dumb high school jock. Oh, you're talking about Which, Ronnie. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, Ronnie. Oh, yeah, I Ronnie. thought you were talking about the professor who was that old actor. I don't know what his name is, but yeah. Oh, no, I thought he did a fantastic job. As he did a great job. I agree. I think he's excellent. Yeah. But they, they ended up killing him off at the end of the first season. Oh. Uh, they had, Firestorm went up to stop this this portal, and Ronnie died, oh. and the professor lived. A recast then, was it? And then when well, they brought the professor back, and they had him merge with uh, a guy named Jax, mm-hmm. or Jackson, who mm-hmm. in the comics, he was one of Ronnie's friends in the first few issues right so he got it he got an upgrade yeah and well at the time in the in the comics uh they'd killed ronnie off in the comics and they had brought in jason rush a black kid 
that became the new Firestorm. Ah, uh, I see. And for a while, he would merge with whoever was nearby. And then, like, midway through the run... Whoever was nearby, really? Just anyone? Well, one time it was his dad. One time it was some bum. Wow, that's pretty so just, random. Yeah, and they want to do something different with it. And I, yeah. I, I can see they were going, it wasn't my favorite run. Yeah. But, and then, like, midway through the run, he hooked up with the professor, and they started becoming Firestorm. Okay. That's kind of what they were going for. But instead of using Jason Rush, they, they named the character Jackson. Right. Okay. Close. Yeah. So that's that's who that Firestorm was. I wonder if that's just to screw out a creator, you know? Possibly. A lot of times, yeah, they'll do that. Well, well it's not Jason Rush. So the creator of that crap, I forget who it was now. That creator doesn't get credit for it's it. It's Jackson Rush. <laughs> I don't know who this Jason Rush you're talking about is. This is Jackson Rush, though. I forget his name was Jackson something. He was he was but in the original comics, that character was actually friends with Ronnie. Which I, I see. Was well that's twist. so weird because I mean, look, and I'm no expert on Firestorm, but whenever I've seen him, it's Ronnie. You know? Yeah. Whenever he turns up normally, you know? Right. That's who I love, Ronnie and the Professor. I I, I yeah. thought the just and then they used So yeah, so they had Jason Rush as Firestorm for he his series ran like thirty some odd issues, thirty six issues or something like that. And he would pop up here and there. And then eventually during the Darkest Nights or Brightest Day, one of those yeah, big stories, yeah. see they brought Ronnie back to life. Gotcha. Right. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. After, yeah. Wow. Professor oh. as Firestorm. So he was really dead for a while. Firestorm. Yeah. No, wow. he, was, he was dead for, well, he died, he died in the 90s. I remember Firestorm turned up in a, a Justice League that Grant Morrison did turning up to audition for the JLA and Firestorm is just, there's like a panel with Firestorm. Yeah. You know? And he's, yeah. He's, yeah. He, he doesn't get in, but he's just kind of there. Um, that's interesting. Now, sort of the Adam special, I'm going to give it like a 7 out of 10. I thought it was enjoyable, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Um, now, I give it just because I'm a big Adam fan, but no, I, I can see that. Then we come to All-Star Squadron 31, which, by the way, was Richard's suggestion. He's like, oh, you've got to do All-Star Squadron, Dave. Um, he'll love it. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, Roy Thomas. And I'm like, oh, I bet it's going to be a grind. And it was. Um, kind of neat seeing everyone, though. Um, like, it was a big reunion party of just everyone. Fucking everyone turned up. Yeah. No, Cast yeah, of thousands. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and it, like, frankly, if I'd, like, if I'm a kid and I bought this comic... I'd, I'd be like, is this even a comic? Like, it's just like, there's page after page, just everyone like, hey, good to meet you. And um, I did like seeing, I'm a big fan of Uncle Sam. I love Uncle Sam. Yeah, I love Uncle Sam also. And it was course, great to see him. Was this his first appearance? Because he comes rocking in. No, no, I, uh, Uncle Sam, he was in the, uh, well, if I'm not mistaken, he was a quality comics character i want to say so he's an old-timey character which is yeah, he's an old-timey character okay. that dc acquired well i love him and and i mean obviously famously he's in the um you know all about it from the u.s he's on that recruitment poster and stuff yeah like um uncle sam wants you and all that stuff like he's a real uh not a real person but like a real merchandisable thing outside of dc yeah like it's like isn't he yeah. like a real like i'm sort of surprised they have the rights to him kind of thing because isn't he like a He's like a propaganda thing, you know, like... Oh, no, very much so, yeah. yeah. But anyway, so anyway, I just love him. I think he's cool. And it was great. To see, he perked the book up because up until then it was like, oh, look, it's like fucking Batman and Rowan and Speedy <laughs> and such and such. And people I've never heard of and just... But like Roy Thomas said he's most self-indulgent as far as I was concerned, you know? Yeah. 
And that this seemed, this didn't seem like a good standalone story. This seemed like part of a either the ending of something or the beginning of something. Well, it was I I did my research, and and it was recommended as kind of like you know it was a big meet up issue. I'm kind of glad I read it because it, it sort of weirdly, even though nothing happened, it sort of explained everyone being there. And I was kind of like, there's a part of me, just the comic book geek in me, that's kind of like, it's kind of cool. If only they'd done something interesting with it. Like Roy Thomas is just happy for everyone to meet up with everyone. It was kind of like, this is the Christmas, you know, drinks of the, the whole DC universe. Like every single team ever is going to just team up because, not even team up, just meet up. Uh, and Roy Thomas is just patting himself on the back for doing it. But, you know, as a curiosity, as a comic book geek, I'm going to give a 6 out of 10. I, I, I'm glad I read it, you know, because I can say I've been there, done it, seen it, you know? Yeah. No, I, I enjoyed it. I, I, I haven't read that one before, but I did enjoy it. And I thought it was funny you, you gave me that one to read because I don't know if you watched the Stargirl series on CW, the CW. I've seen some of it, yeah. But in the couple last couple of episodes... Uh, her her brother Mike mm. and Jakeem, who has mm. the Thunderbolts, uh, they're trying to start their own superhero group called the All Star Squadron. Cool. So I got a chuckle out of me because I, I know the Star All Star Squadron, so that got me a chuckle. Yeah, for for me though, uh, and this is not really a slam; it's just an observation. These are the comics that I didn't care about when I was growing up. This these always felt like Dad's comics, you know. Like it was yeah. it was it was another. It, this is kind of like the generation or two generations before still sort of, I'm, I, I'm sure there was a market for it, but it wasn't where I was, if you know what I mean. Like if I saw this, I would have just, my eyes would have glazed over as a kid. Way too many characters. I was double checking. Yeah, Uncle Sam, he first came out with quality comics in the 40s. Uncle Sam rocks. He's the best thing in this comic. When he when he comes in and people are like, well, I didn't know you were a real thing. And, you know, and he's like, yeah, goddamn I am and all this. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, Uncle Sam. Bring it back to basics for some of these guys who are just just sitting around like palling up and stuff. I do like some of the banter. There was a bit of banter that was going on, you know, and it was kind of cool. But like, unfortunately for me, Roy Thomas just unleashed, just doing his own thing. Um, and like I said, I think it may have been better if if, if it had been read as like maybe an ending with story, the beginning with story. But as a standalone issue, I agree with you. It was a bit. Of, I don't want to say necessarily a slog. But yeah, there was an awful lot of characters in that one book, and they, they wanted to sit in around. Yeah, and they wanted to give each character something to say. But yeah, it made it a little overwhelming, I think. Yeah, but then we come to our trade of the week. Now we did the first ten issues of, of Firestorm by John Ostrander. Now you were saying you've got a bit of history with Firestorm, and Ostrander comes in. Oh, I want to say it was issue fifty four. So there'd been a long run. Jerry Conway, I'm pretty confident, is creator. Yes, of Jerry Firestorm. Con- Created Firestorm, and I want to say Al Milgram was the artist. Excellent. Uh, he had five issue miniseries. Uh, there was a sixth issue that never got published officially. Mm-hmm. It was eventually published in a trade paperback and I think somewhere else, but it was canceled because due to the DC implosion. Oh, right. Back in the late 70s. Yeah. Because DC, you know, they were paying out a lot of books. They had the DC explosion where they had all these new characters, all the uh, Steel and Vixen. Yeah. So forth and so forth and so Claw, forth. Claw, Claw the Unconquered. Yes. Yeah, all these characters, that then all, you know, and, and the market's kind of drying up a little bit, so they're starting to cancel all these books. Yep. Firestorm was one of them. Wow. But he did show up after that in, Just, in Justice League. Okay. Because, and I think the main reason he showed up there is because of the writer. Jerry Conway. 
Yes, Jerry Conway was writing just like at the time. So he, yeah. well, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to put him in this book. That's clever, though. Good work, Jerry. And yeah, by the way, we had Jerry on the show. We did discuss his Just League run, which I love. And we did discuss Firestorm. And he was pretty proud of Firestorm, man. As well as he should be. Yeah, hell yeah. I keep saying he should come back and do a new series for him. But anyway, that's my love to see, Dude, would love to see it, you know? Yeah, Firestorm was a top seller for quite a while there. Because, again, it was kind of a Spider-Man type book, a young kid. Sure. Uh, learning the ropes. And he, great you know, visuals. Great visuals on Firestorm. I like about Firestorm. Besides, he's got a fantastic look. I mean, he's got his hair. Right. His head's on fire, so it helps like when he's flying. It can give you a sense of motion. But I did like the fact that it was a dumb jock, in quotes, yeah. teamed up with this older professor. Yeah. And, you know, the, 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 kid, the, the kid that, you know, doesn't have a lot of impulse control is controlling the body. And the professor's giving him suggestions. Yeah. And, and Austin, uh, Conway wrote that for 50-some-odd issues. And the uh, from what I read, sales on the title started s- slowing down quite a bit. Really? Okay. And, kind of, it kind of plateaued and then dipped. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and then Jerry, I think Jerry got was done with what he wanted to say. Uh-huh. So they brought John Ostrander on. They're like, well, we're going to cancel this series probably the next five, ten issues. Uh, do what you can with it. And Ostrander, I will say this, first issues credit as guest writer. Yes. Um, look, I've never read any. I, I have, I'm well aware of Firestorm um, as a character, but I've never read any solo Firestorm ever. I really felt this was a damn good read, you know? And... Yeah, I also felt like, wow, I'm finally getting underneath the hood with Firestorm because I remember remembering this. I'm like eight years old and Super Friends is on TV, yeah? And introducing the new Firestorm and he'd come bursting out of the screen and I was like, wow, who's this guy? And like with all the legends. And in my in my like life growing up, I've always thought of him as, 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 as the new gun in town, the young gun. And all because as a kid, that's how he was marketed and... He was a factor in Super Friends, like because he he had his own intro and everything. So I've always respected him because he hung out with the big boys back then, you know. Yeah, that's why I first found Firestorm was in the, the Super Friends cartoon. Yeah, and you remember there was introducing Firestorm. He, he got a he got a special little scene, and yes, uh, I know, and I and I remember they actually like it's so funny. You go back and watch one of those cartoons, you'll see the professor there talking to him in his head and stuff. Yeah, no, I thought that was fantastic. It's great. It's great. Like I said, I didn't get buying comics until the late 80s, so I missed the original run for sure. the most part. Sure, I, I picked up, the first issue I picked up was like issue 74, 75 or something so like that. So Will and Doll run, yeah. And I'm like, this is a little bit different than the cartoon, but I'm enjoying this. So I went back and I bought the entire run in the first five issues. Of the oh, that's cool. Series. So you just got them like the, the floppies, yeah? Yeah, trade paperbacks, yeah. Oh, sweet. And, now, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to put this out there right now. Uh, like, I've got a lot of comments about the Australia 10 issues, um, but I'd buy an omnibus in a fucking heartbeat, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. now, firstly, let's cover the rules of the join and the split. So, yeah. Freddie, what's his name? Ronnie, sorry. Ronnie, right. if he has right. to go, if he wants to become Firestorm, he, if, he, if, he's, if he's sitting here in Sydney, if Ronnie's here in Sydney... Can he join up with the professor if he's sitting where you are? In, you're in California, yes. yeah? Can can it merge? Or does he have to be in California and touch with the professor? Like, what's the no, rule? No, they, and I, th- I want to say at one time they had to touch, but they, they for the most part, they, they could merge wherever they were at. Okay, and, and how do they choose where they appear? Is it where Firestorm is? Is it where Ronnie is? 
It's uh, usually firestorm starts. It's uh, well, I just said uh, Ronnie usually starts initiates it, so it's wherever Ronnie's at. Gotcha. But okay. but the professor has initiated at times, okay. and so in fact, I think in the issue that we one of the issues we ran we read, uh, the professor started and Ronnie was at home in the shower. Yeah, you're right. So yeah, he he came to where the professor was at. And when he's firestorm. Ronnie's driving the bus, and the professor's just a voice in his head. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Ronnie, for the most part. I mean, they've changed it here and there over the years. Yeah. Back Ostender after some time after this tennis year run, you were talking. Let me see. This ran from a six to issue sixty four. Yeah. yeah. This led to the new Firestorm. Yep. Where uh, again, spoilers for a thirty four year old comic. <laughs> uh, again, Ostender wanted to mix it up a little bit more, so Ostender. Uh, was killing off fire. He during the run, we find out the professor has cancer. Yes, he's got yeah brain tumor. And so he he's Oshender is more of a I want to say global writer. He he likes taking on global issues and including Russia and things like, like that. nuclear war and stuff. Yes. So that was one thing that professor's like you know what before I die I want to do something good a firestorm. Firestorm's done good, but he's also been accused of bad. I want to do something good. I want to get rid of nuclear weapons. I want to, you know, make the world safe for future yeah, generations. Yeah, it's a pretty ambitious goal. He's like, I'm going to eliminate all nuclear weapons. I was like, really? And you're not going to get any blowback at all from anyone? Like, oh, he got a lot of blowback. He did. He got tons. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. The Suicide Squad showed up there. Um, Just League. Yeah. Um, every, everyone. And I was like, you didn't anticipate this at all. Like, Firestorm, I'd almost... You, he, but also the Professor... Like, he's so smart. You didn't anticipate this, Professor? Well, again, the, I'm, I'm going to get cut him some slack because, again, he was dying of cancer. Sure. And so I, I don't think his his mind was in the right spot. Gotcha. He wasn't worried about how he's perceived by others. True. He good do something good. And, again, he had a good point. Yeah, but, yeah no, definitely. Yeah, right after this trade paperback that we we're talking about, uh, they're, they're fighting against a Russian guy, uh, Pozar. Yep. Who's a uh, a Russian fire elemental guy, and they get struck by a nuclear bomb. Nuclear bomb. They're out wow. in Vegas, I want to say. Right. And uh, America's like, you know what? He's too powerful. We can't stop him. <laughs> Hit him with a nuclear bomb. So they launch a nuclear missile at him. Shit. And Professor's dying. He's weak. So they they transform back into Ronnie and the Professor. Yeah. Because the Professor's dying. He's too weak to to help make the merge. Right. And. Uh, Pozar was 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 taken out, but the Russian guy's name was Michael something or another. Uh. Forget name. But uh, so they end up using Michael, Michael, I guess you pronounce it because he's yeah. Russian. Or Mikhail, Mikhail um, probably. Yeah. Mikhail. There you go. There you go. That's about it. They use Mikhail to become Firestorm. Oh. At that point, John again, John's changing things up, and this takes place like right after this trade paperback. That's it's cool. a new Firestorm where is it Ronnie well, still? So it's Ronnie and Michael in the the background, uh-huh. and there's some unknown third entity controlling Firestorm. Really, that's interesting. And and eventually, and the Professor they think is dead because they they don't see the Professor. The professor they can't talk to the Professor. Oh. They never see him again. So they say, "Well, the Professor's dead." Fuck it. There's some third entity, if you will, controlling Firestorm. Uh, Firestorm at this point is kind of a blank slate. Yeah. Okay. He doesn't know much of anything. Uh, he encounters the Just League and stuff. Eventually, they find the professor in a – he's found, like, in a nursing home or something. Right. In Vegas and or somewhere. And come to find out that the professor 
even though he doesn't know it, he's becoming Firestorm. Right. Okay. When Ron and Cal form Firestorm, the professors disappear from wherever he's at, and the three of them are becoming Firestorm. That's cool. That's cool. With professor this is all Ostrander, yeah? Yeah, this is Ostrander. Oops. Yeah, this wow. is Ostrander's run. I'd check this out. I'd continue then, going. Wow, I didn't know any of this information. Like, I, I did not know that. Um, well, I will say this. Run, he becomes he becomes the fire elemental. Yeah. Uh, they, they have in the 90s, like 90 through 93 or something like that. They have the elemental war where Red Tornado shows up as the air elemental. And did anyone care by this point? Because I, I don't feel like Firestorm was a huge factor, but was he still rocking and rolling? He, at this point, I, I enjoyed it, but yeah, he, he wasn't, again, this was in the 90s when he became the Fire Elemental, yeah. and this he lost the traditional Firestorm look, uh-huh. and had the, I don't know if you've probably seen pictures of the brown costume, like completely brown, like a white. I'm going to Google it, because I, I, I haven't, I only know him as the regular Firestorm yeah. from like Super Friends. Yeah, he and, completely you know. changed his looks, and yeah, and they, it, the series ended with issue 100. Right. So, okay. And that's that's where um, Ostrander left. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the series ended there. They they ended up. Oh. Uh, Brimstone, who he fought early in the run, was in the sun, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm just bringing up an image here. I have never <laughs> ever. It's a bizarre looking. Wow. Yeah. Never seen it in my life. That's and crazy. I, I think the firestorm they we got in the Legends of Tomorrow was kind of a nod to this. Is that a hairstyle he's got? Like that massive like triangle of orange, or is that flames? I, I believe it's supposed to be flames. I was like, is that his hair? I was like, wow, if so. They took the flaming head concept and turned it into like a mane. I've got to say, I prefer the original. Yeah, me too. I, I liked what Roster did with this. I thought it was amazing. But yeah, yeah I prefer, my, my choice, if you ask me, is Ronnie the Professor as the original Firestorm. That's what I like. Yeah. Okay. So do I. But but you know what? I am a real Ostrander fan, and and he's one of these writers I haven't dipped my toe in to more than some of what I've read. I've loved. You know, I think yeah, he, I've read quite a lot of his Star Wars, and I really like it. Like, and this. So I've got some comments. These ten issues. I really thought. But my first comment was: Well, firstly, Bell Reeve made its first appearance. Um, the prison. Yes, and the base of um, Suicide Squad. I was like, "Wow, yeah, geez, like you just take it as a given that that exists now." And I'm like, "Wow, they, you know, someone built all this shit." Um, Ostrander made me care about a character I didn't really care about, Firestorm, and it's it's proof of how good he is at solid stories. So coming into this, I I like Firestorm. Like, fine, I like Firestorm. Fine, I I know who Firestorm is, and he's cool for me. But he's only been like a bit part player in anything I've ever read. You know, yeah. Um, you put the focus on him squarely here. Ten issues in, I'm like, wow, I'm really interested in knowing what's going on with Firestorm. And, like, all the shit with the Professor and the brain tumor and the fucking Professor's pulling a gun on Firestorm and then wants to turn the gun on himself. I'm like, I did not expect this from Firestorm, you know? I, I'm caring about Firestorm's, like, you know, thing at college. Like, he, he's a flunk, really. He's just a jock. Yeah. Like, he's a bit of an idiot, really. Like, I was say, Yeah, in the comics, yeah, he was more of the dumb jock. Yeah. Um, yeah, he picked up some of the professor's knowledge. Yeah, because during Jerry's run, Jerry Conway's run, there was an issue where he, he like aced a test, mm. and his teacher thought he cheated. Yeah, because he he showed Norm- some actual like some as a brick, and he he passed this test of flying colors, and he's like, "You're cheating." <laughs> and he realizes him and the professor's talking. He realized that their connection is giving him some intelligence, if you will. Yeah, 
he's getting some of the professor's knowledge by them joining together. So that's cool. I also really dug how Darkseid was playing with them as puppets or chess pieces. Yeah. That was interesting. Uh, it was more of a sort of metaphorical thing. Um, yeah, it's right around the time of Legends. Yeah. In fact, the Legends crossed over into the first couple of issues of this run, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And yeah, so Darkseid was a big player in the whole Legends thing. So yeah, so that's why he was. Always a challenge that a guest writer like Ostrander comes in, he has to tie up the previous guy, tie in Legends, and get the story moving on his own momentum. And I thought he did a good job. You know? Well, like I- I was saying earlier, like say this, he came in kind of to wrap the book up, basically. Yeah. But with his writing, like like you said, you know, you got he got you to love the character. Exactly. He turned things around, so Firestorm became somewhat popular again. Yeah, so and, they, and they give him a okay. We'll renew it. We'll keep going. Let's see how long we can keep this rolling. Yeah. So they they got another you know almost fifty issues out of it. Exactly. I I heard an interview with uh, Ostrander. Uh, it was an old interview on Web Balloon, and he mentioned Firestorm. He said when he left, he was just burnt out on Firestorm. He'd done. He, he'd kind of told his tale, you know, of Firestorm, and, and he went on to whatever else he was doing. But I think the impression I got was he gave, he gave Firestorm his absolute best, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it was fantastic, I think. In my I, opinion. I, I honestly can't think. He's one of these writers, like a Chuck Dixon. I can't think of an issue that, of Australians that I've ever read and not enjoyed. He's just a really solid writer, you know? I talked about a monthly on my Suicide Squad on my Task Force X podcast. So, yeah, yeah definitely. And and that's much more known, I think. Like, Firestorm is known to the fans, but Suicide Squad is, I mean, that broke him through, you know, in a big way. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, at the time, yeah, and a lot of his books, and that's one thing I liked about Ostrander, is that he, he connected a lot of his books. Yeah. A lot of side characters would show up in Firestorm, would show up in Suicide Squad. That's cool. Show up in Hector. Uh, I forget, there was another book he was writing at the time. Mm-hmm. They would show up in. So, yeah, and I, I loved the fact that he, he had a, a connected universe within the DC universe. That's really cool. Uh, it was pretty amusing to me to see Doreen suspicious that the professor and Ronnie have a gay relationship slash connection. That was yeah. that was funny. I, 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 when I read that, I was like, that's clever. He inserted that there so it's there if you want to see it, but you could easily not see it. Right. You're like, you know, it was. I, I thought it was, well, she's suspicious. She's like, maybe there's something, I, you know, I don't want to think it, but I think it, you know, and it's like, well, why yeah. is he running off with the professor all the time, you know? Yeah, and Ronnie and Doreen has had a very rocky... Tumultuous. ...relationship over the years. So, yeah, at <laughs> time, he didn't treat her the best, and she could be, uh, as Shag would say, a bit of a bitch at times. So. Did he slap around, or was it just verbal? No, it was, it was mainly well because he would keep disappearing on her and giving her yeah. lame excuses. Yeah, and she she was very verbally abusive to him, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So. Yeah. So it was an up and down relationship, basically. Yeah. So I say it was an up and down relationship, and it wasn't a good relationship. So. Yeah, but you did see the bit I saw where she suspects there's a gay relationship. I thought that was funny. Yeah. I was like, I I I was like, I like it, Australian, putting these kind of shit in here, like you know. Tucky in away for the fans. Um, funny about the iron suit that Ronnie puts on around Firestorm after he saw it in a comic book. Was that a nod to Colossus? I'm not quite sure what that was a nod to, because um, again, that was that was Firestorm's big stick, is he could change, cha- uh, transform one thing to another, transmutation. Yeah, y- you know what? I never understood that. I thought it was fire, but it's it's not, is it? He's not actually. He can't. Yeah. One at later on when we became the fire elemental, yes, it was more fire, but originally uh, it wasn't so much fire. 
Was, yeah, he could transform things. He did have some firepower, but not like uh, Firestar or uh, yeah. the Torch or anything. He could turn like the bullets to butterflies, that kind of yes. shit. How come he can't turn people into just water? He says he can't do that's, that. That's part of his powers right. is that he can't affect uh, humans. Or, or I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. He can't affect organic matter. Right. Oh, really? But, that's a, a weakness oh. they gave him. Oh, organic, so anything alive. Yeah. So, like, so he couldn't instance, turn a beetle into a dragon. Correct. Even going further than that, uh, Slipknot. Mm-hmm. Who was in the first Suicide Squad movie? He was in, you know, he was a Firestorm villain. Mm. The reason he was able to give Firestorm such a hard time is because he used hemp rope, right? And hemp organic. I see. So that's why he would, he would give him problems because yeah, he can't affect anything organic. I see. Uh, in the Jason Rush series, they changed that at some points, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And in the, uh, I don't want to mention this, but in the uh, Doomsday Clock. Oh god, I've no, I've not read it yet. I've still got it waiting on my shelf. Yeah, go ahead. They 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 ruined the they tried to ruin the professor in there for me, but um, in there he turned. There was a bunch of uh, I think it was in Russia, I want to say, mm. and he he lashed out and trying to do his powers, he accidentally turned a bunch of people to glass. Right. Okay. Wow. Oh. Wow. So it was like, let's get dark. Yeah, so but for the most part, yeah, and they they say the in that, in that book they said the professor caused Firestorm to become get created and kind of was trying to cast professor, the professor was a bad guy. Ugh, yeah, I hate that. Of, that's so lame. I say Doomsday Clock doesn't exist, but that's my own. But, but like, yeah, <laughs> I think we've even spoken about this before. It, it, it's almost like when they do that, like if you went back and read. I'm sure if you read the Jerry Conway stuff, and if you read this stuff, Professor's not a bad guy. He's 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 frustrated, you know, and he has this. He he kind of him and Ronnie have a troubled relationship due to Ronnie kind of being a bit of a dick at times. Um, but he's not evil, you know. Yeah, he would make mistakes. In yeah. fact, that was part of the in Conway's original run of the book. Uh, the Professor would remember when he was became Firestorm, right? He thought he had. He thought he was an alcoholic. He thought he had blackouts because he would. He'd be at one place. Next thing you know, he's, he's you know ten blocks away or somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't matter anything that happens. So he thought he had an alcohol. He thought he, so. He started drinking and. <laughs> so he started. He, he started alcohol. method acting. He's like, oh well, if I've got an alcohol problem, I'm really going to get into it. <laughs> but yeah, no, they they uh, had him. Yeah, they he started. Yeah, they, he thought he was having blackouts. So they. He started drinking, and, and that caused a problem with the relationship for a while because of Ronnie not quite telling him everything was going on. And gotcha. Professor Blanking out. So, yeah, Ronnie, well, I love Ronnie. I love Firestorm. Ronnie, he could be a bit of a dick at times. Yeah, sure. Uh, that's part of his character. Ronnie could be a bit of a dick at times. <laughs> yeah. Interesting to see the nuclear arm subplot. Like, that was very sort of ripped out of the headlines of the day. You know, like, you couldn't go anywhere in the mid to late 80s without hearing about the nuclear arms trees, the nuclear arms the conference, this, that, and the other. Um, Ostrander definitely playing into that. Oh, yeah. No, he was definitely, because he was big on, like, world events and trying to fit some real-world problems in. And let's face it, he's the nuclear man. You know, it's Feist on the nuclear man, so it makes sense, you know? Yep. Um, who was the guy in a wheelchair with a red eye patch? Yeah, I saw your question. I was looking through for trying to figure that was real quick. That is, 
and I'm probably mispronouncing his name, uh, Professor Magella. Mm-hmm. He was a Captain Adam side character. Oh, okay, because Captain Adam does turn up. Right, yeah. okay, right. That Because I was like, who is this guy? Like, they kept talking, we're going to unleash this guy. We're gonna, and it was just Parasite, who'd already been in it. I was expecting someone else. I was like, is well, Doomsday going to turn up? Who's going to turn up? Well, and this was Parasite's, in quotes, first appearance. Really? Uh, in the post-crisis. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah, he was a big Superman villain. That's how I know him. Yeah, yeah. Parasite, yeah. Crisis, he appeared here. And then eventually he would make his way back over to the Superman book. But this oh, is his- I see, because this is just after Crisis. Yes. That's, oh, excuse me. That's what I forgot. I was like, why is Parasite? Yeah, because okay, I always think of him as a Superman guy. But, right, this is a, a sort of awkward time period where they're just reintroducing him. Yes. It's kind of funny that they're like, let's reboot everything. And then they're like, and let's just do it again. <laughs> well, and that's part of the problem was they didn't reboot everything. That's why yeah. I was saying yeah. that was part of the problem with Crisis is they should have rebooted everything. Yeah. Okay. Crisis issue twelve. Let's and that's what the, I guess the original tent was. Yeah. When I read from Marv Wolfman, the original tent was like issue ten or whatever to reboot everything. Mm. And DC Batman and I want to say Green Lantern mm. top selling books at the time. And like, oh no, fuck that. We can't do that. These books are top selling. We got to keep them going. Yeah. They, they did partial reboots here and there, and that's kind of what messed up the DC universe for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, kind yeah. Of, Zero Hour was kind of supposed to help fix that, but again, they only did halfway fixes. Yeah. Uh, same, same thing with the New 52. Mm. They didn't reboot everything. They Because, again, Batman, Green Lantern were selling really oh, well. 100%, yeah. Let's keep those going. Let's keep the, you know, let's reboot this, reboot this. Uh, this one's set in the past. This one's set, you know, they... they it's a mess. In my opinion, they should have, for both Crisis and New 52, they should have stopped all books and started everything from scratch. Yeah, but they're never going to do that with Batman. No, it's but they, you know, maybe happen. set it five years in the future or something so they have some history to play with, but they should have. Yeah. Uh, yeah again, they didn't consult me. but They didn't consult you, and, but, like, I hear you. I mean, I, it, honestly, New 52 is its own thing. Yes. Dan today always said we didn't have any stories past a year. Well, that's a fucking problem. You know, yeah. you got to the second year and you had no stories planned. Like, really? That, to me, that's just unprofessional, you know? Another part of the problem with the New 52 is not to complain about the New 52, but I'm going to complain about it, is that with Superman. Uh, they had the current Superman book running. I forget who was writing it. George Perez. George Perez, thank you. But then they had uh, Grant Morrison, I want to say, writing. Action Comics, yeah. Comics, which was set in the past. But from what I understand, Grant Morrison didn't give them a timeline or a, this is where I'm going with this. No. He's like, fuck you, I'm doing what I want to do. Yeah, he and did so, his own thing. Yeah. Which in a shared universe and in the character's past that we're actually seeing current stories for, they need to have some sort of yeah. alignment. Yeah, very, very confusing. Like, I, I love his action comics run. It's 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 fantastic. But, yeah, super confusing if you're, if you're supposed to be running five years after that, you know? Yeah, so... At the same time that he's putting it out. Like, that's going to either take telepathy or literally talking to him every fucking month. You well, know? Yeah, of course. Well, even, you know, not even a month, but, you know, lay out. Well, this is what I plan on doing. This, this, and this. Yeah, I know. Just, you know, this is what I'm doing. But his now. action comics run is all over the place. Like, oh, it's yeah. quite, it's quite sort of epic. Um, all right. Now, interesting, speaking of Superman, to see the scene where Superman says he's not and never will be the president's enforcer, which is, I definitely think, a comment or a clap back at Superman's appearance in Dark Knight Returns, where he is Reagan's enforcer. Yes. 
Um, I think this, I mean, I'm sure I'm like the millionth person to say this, but it seems like it's Ostrander's sort of comment on that um, because a lot of Superman fans will say that, like, unfortunately in Dark Knight Returns, he's kind of, in some ways, a bit of a government stooge, you know? He's a bitch. Yeah, but but I fucking loved it as a kid when I read it. Can I say that as well? You know, no, it's it's a great story. Yeah, I, I love it. The original Dark Knight Returns was fantastic. Oh yeah, Frank Miller somewhere, as they say, like ordering orders. I think he lost the plot somewhere, and sure. the some of his later work uh, best not talk about. But Dark Knight Returns is fantastic. It's fantastic. And and I'll be honest, when I I bought Dark Knight Returns as a graphic novel, like you know, probably about a year after it came out. I right. brought it off the shelf, brought it home. When you in that like issue two or three, when you start seeing the hints of Superman, I was getting real excited. You know? I was yeah, like, I, shit, I Superman's it. turning up. Oh yeah, it's on. You know? I think I'm the same way. Yeah. I got the trade paperback because again I wasn't in comics at the time, but shortly after that, so yeah, I started picking it up and And that artwork where Superman's standing there with the eagle on him, it's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, it's pretty fucking cool. Like and I think that John was trying to do the same thing that they were doing over with Captain America. Mm. They had the whole Captain storyline where, you know, Captain America said basically the same thing. I'm not, I, I don't serve the president. I don't serve the government. Mm. I for the American people. He's loyal to the dream, as, he, yes. as they say in a comic somewhere along the way. Um, yeah. yeah, but like, fascinating. But, but, but Captain Adam was happy to play the role of the enforcer. That was actually, you know. Well, in Cap, funny thing, Captain Adam is kind of a, a firestorm equivalent, if you will. Yeah, because Captain Adam's a nuclear man, also. Yeah, no, it's a good matchup, and and like they had a bit of history; they'd fought before. It was a bit of a rematch. Yeah, I've talked with Jay Jones, who has a uh, a Captain Adam podcast, mm. Silver Podcast, and uh, yeah, we've talked. We did. We did. Uh, we hosted the uh, DC Presents. Uh-huh. Russell Bragg did a DC Presents podcast, and near the end. He had guest hosts come in, and me and Jason came in and talked about the DC Presents with Captain Adam, Firestorm, and Superman. Cool. And because yeah, I'm a big Firestorm fan, he's a big Captain Adam fan, and they're very similar type characters. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, we played that. Up. I like but, how Captain Adam is kind of like he's a military man. You know, he takes his orders. Like he's kind of he's a straighty one eighty kind of guy. You know. Yes, he's he's very military. Very yeah, very like you know. Like, like you said in the book, you know, I'm, I'm happy to play that role. Yeah. That's what I'm that's here cool. for. Uh, you know, overall, I, I just want to say this. These 10 issues, an absolute pleasure to read. I wasn't surprised because I really trust Ostrander. But right. it was a character that I've never read a, a solo issue of Firestorm ever. I've seen him appear. I, I got invested. I cared. I mean, I got to the end. It was kind of on a cliffhanger ending with the Justice League and um, Suicide Squad. Everyone getting involved. It was a raw rumble down there. <laughs> um, I, I'm giving it a 9 out of 10. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I would give it 9, 9.5 out of 10. Because, yeah, that, like I said, it was just after this run or this book is where I started picking it up at. And yeah. Again, I was a fan of Firestorm from the Super Friends comic or cartoon, as we talked about earlier. Oh, yeah. The Ostinger is what got me into buying. You know, so I went by these back issues, find out what happened. I bought, led me into Jerry Conway's issues. So I ended up picking up the entire Firestorm run. Have you and, spoken to Jerry Conway or Ostrander about this stuff? No, I have not. Mm. Um, I, I haven't done anything quite on Firestorm myself yet. Okay. Uh, I know. Uh, Feels like you're ready, I, man. Feels like you're fucking ready. 
Yeah, like I said, well, the Irredeemable Shag has a Firestorm podcast. He does. He, we, we know Shag. He's a friend of uh, one of my good pals, Stella. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, she, yeah, Stella. So, she, I love Stella. I love her. And uh, shout out to Shag as well. Yeah, getting a mention on Signal of Doom. <laughs> In fact, Sh- Shag, I blame my podcast addiction on a combination between Kevin Smith, Shag, <laughs> and Michael Bailey. Wow. Okay, yeah. Some heavy hitters. Cause, well, because I went to a uh, – Kevin Smith did the uh, groovy cartoon movie Yeah, up in San Francisco here in California. So I went with my boss and we went and watched it. And cool. during that, during the, the Q and a part, he's like, you know, he used to promote everyone go out and do a movie. Now he's like, go out and do a podcast. It's right now it's free. There's no one, you know, guarding it. There's no sure. gatekeepers. Sure. All he needs a mic, an internet connection. You can do a podcast. So I want everyone to go out and do a podcast. It's true. So that's it's very, that's it's why true. Thought, you know? Yeah. And the first podcast I listened to was, uh, uh, fire and water podcasts. Yep. Because of firestorm mm-hmm. and then Michael Bailey's from crisis to crisis. Oh yeah. Michael Bailey's done that, a lot of podcasts. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that from crisis to crisis, that is my era of Superman. Cool. Try era. And you know, the reboot of Superman, that's my era of Superman. That's what I really love. So cool. I started listening to those and those are what got me into podcasting myself. So that's pretty cool. Wow. All the dots are connecting, man. You know, so if people like what I do, you can give them the credit. If you think I'm an idiot for what I'm doing, blame them. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And I've talked to Shag a couple of times on my show. Yeah. In fact, I had Michael Bailey on my uh, Task Force X podcast. Right. Because Task uh, Checkmate first showed up in Action Comics. I see. Yes. It was a backup, uh, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. Him. So, yeah, I had Michael on my show to talk about that. And then I've talked to, uh, Shag several times. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're they're really nice guys. I'm I'm, I'm glad to hear it, man. Uh, it's so funny. It. Like the it's a small world, isn't it? Like I know Stella yeah. well, and um, yeah. uh, you know, only those guys sort of by extension, you know, like who they are more than anything. Yeah. But I uh, know very cool. Well, look, I mean, we're coming towards the end of our six hour show. Um, I want to say, Aaron, uh, thank you so much. Now, tell listeners again where they can find you in your shows. Uh, well, it's on most podcatchers, but my main uh, website is headcastnetwork.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm on Facebook. I have a Facebook group. I have two of them, actually. One, facebook.com slash group slash headcastnetwork. Mm-hmm. That's catch-all for all my shows. But then also have my uh, facebook.com slash groups slash G.I. Joe, mm. which is for my Real American Hero or Real American Headcast. So good stuff. And I'm also on uh, – I say I'm on Twitter and uh, – what's the other one? That's how bad Instagram? I Instagram? Maybe it's Instagram. Yeah. I'm, I'm really bad at posting on those though. Yeah. yeah. I'm terrible at <laughs> Instagram. My, I've got my Facebook now just goes to my Instagram automatically because I never ever go on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, I usually post things on Facebook. I'm more active on Facebook. Yeah. But yeah, I do, ha- I do show up on Instagram and face on uh, Twitter once in a while. Cool. I'll show up there and, and post links to the shows or make comments. Well, but yeah, the best way to find me is on one of the Facebook groups or like I said, headcastnetwork.com. Cool. And yeah, listeners, check us out. Check him out. Um, it's always great fun talking to Aaron. And I mean, it's such a pleasure to have you on. Now, obviously, for listeners, um, Signal and Doom next week, we're going to be doing the Star Trek Mirror Universe by Mike Barr, which covers the original series Mirror Universe comics. Um, Rich will be back. He had a week off. He's had a breather. Um, obviously, there's a Patreon. If you can join up the Patreon, much appreciated. Patreon.com slash Signal of Doom. So, 
Skidor can keep blazing into the into the far future. Um, you know, messages uh, with any comments and any people that you would like to have on the show. Uh, we'll do our best to make it happen. I want to say, Aaron, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you having me on the show. And yeah, right. four-hour show, you know. Oh man, we fucking brought it. That's the that's the that's the heart of the matter. We got there. You know what I mean? Yeah, we talked about earlier, yeah, you know, we talked about that earlier. After it was before show or on the show, that yeah, I, I have that problem. My own show sometimes is yeah. It's once you get talking about something. It's really hard to rein it in. Say, okay, let's stop talking about this. No, I'm enjoying this. Yeah, let's uh, let's get right to it. Let's get to the aliens and the birthing chambers. We'll get right to the the heart of the matter, please. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you and good night. Mm-hmm.